another episode of the Fake Nerd Podcast. I'm Ben Schindler. With me, as always, is Ben Magnet. I'm a sleepy. I drank a lot today. Alcohol makes me sleepy. Yeah. Sparks, witty. I don't know how like Ben being sleepy from alcohol is any different from Ben being sleepy every time you record. <laughs> and Ryan Eliopoulos. I'm just saying, he's not wrong. <laughs> but that's pretty- okay. I'm not sleepy all the time when we it record. Is, in oh. fairness, Ben, in fairness, Ben, it is it is later. It is, well, it's not that much later. It is a little later than we would normally. The Super Bowl has happened. Um, mm-hmm. I So I hear. Um, and we're yeah. back with another episode. That we are. As always. In, well, in fairness, Brandon, in fairness, Brandon, this is usually when Ben works. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> This is episode 272, and later on in the evening, we'll be talking about Nightmare Alley, uh, but we got a lot of stuff to get through before then. So, may I say some links first? Yes, I guess can. I guess we will allow it this time. Ryan! Hey. Smoke them if you got them. Like, right in front of all of them? <laughs> Downright annoyed with movies. Happened. It did. We talked about a little number called Batman, colon, Under the Red Hood. And that's a movie I've seen a couple times, uh, but rewatching it, uh, that still holds up real good, real good, solid uh, uh, look at like what Batman uh, represents, who he is and like how someone close to him can like challenge his 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 well-being and stuff. And it's like a uh, uh, real good shit. Jensen Knuckles is real good. Bruce Greenwood's real good. Joe DiMaggio. Yo, man, get that Bender money. You you don't don't you fight them until you get every dollar you deserve. He's a great joker. So so you're saying um, you checked under and the engine's still good. It doesn't need to be. Yeah, under the red hood. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, the red. The, right, yeah, cool. yeah, red is doing just great. Boy, um, yeah, I, I really enjoyed that movie. I watched a bit of your of your thing, and then and then your one of your co-hosts said some choice things about Robin. That we're getting a little annoying. Yeah, you know, sometimes like I'm just like, oh, let's just like no arms. Let's like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Ben, yeah, have two. You have two episodes of Grayson Live uh, uploaded this week. Yep, I did. Uh, yep. So go over to uh, Grayson Live's YouTube channel to watch it. We're still going through Super Mario 3D World. Uh, one of those episodes had quite possibly one of my favorite cold opens, just because it had a. I, we just I just said something and we both started laughing, and I, apparently I dropped some knowledge about the state of Montana. So there you go. All right, there you go. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's a, what is that? Super Mario World, 3D uh, World, 3D, Marty, 3D World, Party yeah. Kart, Super Mario 3D World, <laughs> Party Kart, right? Okay, we're going to be um, talking about Mario Kart much later in the night, right? Uh, yeah, so so check those out, those links below, as well as my screen rant work. Again, my author pages is still going to be linked below. Um, I put up a couple of a couple of what are they freaking called pieces articles. of articles, uh, of uh, some Oscars, some Oscar stuff, um because the Oscar nominations happened and I got to write about some, some of that stuff. And then I, a scream piece went up this week where I ranked them according to letterboxd. That was kind of fun. Um, scream cream. It was all, like all the scream movies ranked according to letterboxd. And I had to text sparks because once again, I forgot the plot of three. <laughs> like the third time. The yeah. first time Brandon couldn't even remember if we watched it. I'm like, bro, I watched it with you. Are you having trouble remembering the villain of Scream 3? No, no, no. I'm just like, you just Google it. You're on a computer. I know, but I wanted I wanted I wanted Sparks to to remember that I have forgotten again. Gotcha. Okay. 
Um, he and Megan are on a mission to prove to me that Scream 3 isn't very good because they both forget what happens. And I'm like, look, man, I'm not arguing. Like, I, it's definitely my least favorite of the series, but it has a solid story. I, I'm not... Yeah. I'm not. I'm not here to argue its quality. It's just weird to me that I have a hard time remembering it personally. Um, and and he forgets all our events together. Mm-hmm. What did you say? I said it's because you were with me and you forget everything we do together. I do not, unless it's on this podcast. I do not. I forget more about this podcast than I do anything else. Uh, all right. I don't like that look you're giving me, but there is a. Uh, a, a last week I had skipped it, but this week it is back. My revisiting the Infinity Saga. I took a mental health break last week, and I was able to kind of push through that this week and put up a new, um, a new part of my series of revisiting the Infinity Saga. Uh, this was uh, the moment where Steve says, um, "I don't want to kill anybody. I don't like bullies. I don't care where they're from." Um, I think that's a really powerful moment, and I want to talk about it. And that's all the links in the description. Take that, Zelda. Who wants to go first with their week? I will. I have the least to say because everything is uh, everything I did is pretty regularly predictable. Because aside from like the usual stuff of like I'm keeping up on my weeklies, I was busy working on a project that you will never see. So, um, <laughs> guess, but guess what? I saw it. Yeah, well, you live with them, so you kind of have like an act. Hey, on all hey for all you know, for all, for all you know, it's like be- the Beetlejuice house where the the front the, the stairs up upstairs are locked off. No one can go in my room forever, never. That's true. You never know. That's not the I case. I don't know though. how I get here. But no. um, <laughs> how I Met Your Father had another episode, and I liked it. In fact, I liked it a lot. It was the most How I Met Your Mother as far as like setting up good story bits and like good gimmicks and good like weird. Uh, repetitive but like character forming bits and i was like this feels the most like why like how i met your mother and so i was really happy to see it 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 was wild it was wild when she opened the door and her mother is there and it's paget brewster and i was like oh okay paget brewster's in the show now it was also wild when megan and i learned that that is um the girl that chandler uh, gets yes. to leave Joey for and I had not put that together in all the years I'd watched Community that that was the same person and I've seen Friends more times than I wish I ever had mm. so <laughs> wild um, anyway I love Patrick Brewster uh, watched another episode of Murderville no two episodes of Murderville I watched the Kumail Nanjani and Annie Murphy episodes guys that's a real good time it's just fun it's just like light fluff like go enjoy yourselves mm-hmm. Ben, yeah. ben Magnet just tweeted that we're doing this, guys. That's great. Um, Book of Boba Fett. I watched it. I talked about it. You'll hear about it on Tuesday. Go check that out. Fake Nerds Watch Tuesday. Um, Peacemaker. Watched it. Gonna talk more about it. Next week, more Peacemaker. <laughs> Love Peacemaker. I don't know. I can't really say anything because anything I would say is a spoiler. So um, I watched like two episodes of Mobile Suit Gundam. Uh, that's real cool. This particular recent episode I watched is one where after they like murdered a dude who was set up by Char, then the lady who loved him is like, uh, take me on this plane that I definitely shouldn't be on because I'm going to murder the mobile suit that did this to him Mm -hmm. because she loved him. And then, uh, she's like, for this, I take revenge. And Amaro's like me after he just like murdered, like no joke, 20 people on a plane. He's like me. Why would anybody want a revenge on me? 
I'm so good. Even and I'm better. like, bro, you're like literally standing in the wreckage of a plane of people you destroyed. I, I, why wouldn't anyone want to murder you? <laughs> anyway, it's cool because it like shows both. My favorite thing about Mobile Suit Gundam is that like your bad guys aren't just like bad guys. They're, they're also people and they, they're doing the things they believe are like good for their nation as a whole. And they're not all driven by just like bad power dynamics. They just happen to like, they're on the opposing sides of an ideological war and, and like that's reasonable and it's not just like uh zeon decepticons and federation autobots it, it's not that simple and i like it i love nice that's all i gotta Complexity. say because that's all i did everything Question. else was me working mm -hmm. are is the white base on earth at this point where you're at yeah but like they haven't officially touched down oh they, okay. they they literally touched the ground for the first time because they got shot out of the sky. Oh, uh, and that's what okay. just happened. Wow, so you're but really still, early. You're really yeah, they're early still, they're still not where they want to be. I think okay. they're getting close. They're getting close to where they actually stop somewhere on Earth. Uh, yeah, you're getting there. That's for sure. You're, oh, man, you got a lot of good stuff coming up. I'm excited, I'm excited for you. Thanks, Dan. Me too. Okay, it's my turn. Uh, I, I, I don't know if I did anything else with you besides Peacemaker. And Boba Fett. So those are two things that I watched. No, uh, I don't think I don't. Okay. I, don't I didn't do a lot this week either. Besides, like you know, whatever I watch on YouTube or whatever. Um, I did watch one episode of Murder Murderville, the first one with um, Conan O'Brien. Mm -hmm. Uh, really funny show. I love that premise. Oh, real quick, I was gonna say like now four episodes in, it's very funny to me. Like I enjoy all the episodes, but Marshawn Lynch, who's a football player mm -hmm. and is in the second episode, happens to be my favorite so far because. All of the others, and I like all these actors, all the others who come on, they're like people who do improv and people who are like, know they can be funny and they're funny actors. And they're like, you can feel them trying to find their bits and trying to find how they can like do something strong. Not that I'm like saying that's wrong, but you yeah. can just feel them trying to find the moment for the fun. Yeah. Marshawn Lynch isn't an actor. And so he just threw himself blindly into every scenario. <laughs> and that honestly made it very entertaining so like he kind of set the bar and i don't know Ooh. that anybody's been able to clear it that being said like kumail nanjani and annie murphy did a great job on their episodes i really like them but there is a different vibe between like knowing that an actor is trying to like find the way to play the scene yeah yeah and watching marshawn lynch know be totally out of his depth and just go for it I'm excited to watch the next, uh, next there's episode. One, there's yeah. one part where like they have to go interview a guy and he comes running out with a baseball bat and Marshawn Lynch just full blow tackles him. <laughs> <laughs> well, like fully knowing that he's doing the scene and everything, he just takes that dude down. Uh, when you so... hear athletes go do um, acting things, you kind of get a little scared because you're thinking, okay, maybe they're not going to be as... Because you, when you hear athlete turned actor... Yeah, he's been true. Yeah, it's like, mm, that's a little scary. You get a little scared because they might not be as good. But the fact that Marshawn Lynch, a former running back for the Seahawks and the Raiders, just like, F it, I'm going to have fun with this. Like, I kind of like that. He, that makes me happy. He's been showing up, though, in a lot of, like, like he's, like, showed up on SNL. And, like, like he's, mm -hmm. like, a big personality. He showed up, actually. He did, uh, like, a, like, a Clueless Gamer with Conan. He's, like, really? like a big personality. Yeah, yeah. So like, Oh, yeah, he did a, like, a Clueless Gamer with Conan during the Super Bowl one year. Yeah. I forgot, I forgot uh, so like, it. Yeah, it's cool. They, they try to come up with bits usually of like something related to either the victim or like the way they died that will really like trip up the actor and be like, wow, that's really ridiculous and silly. Mm -hmm. And they're just trying to get a laugh out of them. And like they describe something about the victim while Marshawn Lynch is in the room. He's like, oh my God, that's that's just messed up. <laughs> like he's just genuinely <laughs> just taking it. And like, if, wow, so if you, if, you didn't listen, if, you, if you didn't listen last week when we talked about Murderville and this is your first time, Murderville is a, is a TV show where it is a cop procedural 
but um, uh, they bring in someone random who doesn't have the script. So, and they're supposed to solve the mystery. And it's like a comedy show that's like in the, in the vein of like, you know, like a Dick Wolf, like law and order episode. Um, and it's just really funny to see like Conan, like have to improv with like, like Will Arnett, who's trying to bust his balls. And then like they bust each other's balls and certain actors who aren't supposed to break great character. And like yeah. all that stuff is just really funny. Uh, and like, uh, just highly recommended if Could, you're looking for a good time. Kumail yeah. Nanjani had a great moment where he made Will Arnett, like not be able to get back on track for a <laughs> solid, like 10 seconds. Will Arnett was just like, I'm just going to let this go. Yeah. Will Arnett's doing like, gotta like, his, like recover his, from this one. Like a weird detective Batman voice. It's really funny. Um, I don't think I did anything else besides I jumped back in the Ghost of Tsushima. Uh, I realized I'm just waiting because the next two weeks of gaming are going to be really insane and really cool because it's Horizon, the Forbidden West, a sequel to Horizon Zero Dawn, which comes out this Friday. And then a week later comes uh, Elden Ring. So I'm kind of just waiting for those games to come out because I don't want to start anything heavy because I know I'm just going to drop them in five days. So I got back in the Ghost to just, you know, it's a big open world game. It's fun. Um, I realize now that like now that I'm getting back into it, I am having the same problems that I had last year when I got into it. I have now the PS5 like upgraded edition, so it is a gorgeous, beautiful game. Like uh, the haptic controller is really cool. I gave it the sparks so we can see when the horses uh, run. Uh, it does the cloppity clop in the controller. It's insane. Um, but the gameplay is just it's a little too simplistic. It's a little too. I played Assassin's Creed. I played Far Cry. Like these open world, you know, clear an area of enemies missions. Like. I've done this a million times, and unfortunately, it's not doing enough to really satisfy me. So it's fun in the meantime, but I'm not really being grabbed by the story or any of the conflict. Uh, again, it is kind of like generic, like you're a samurai, like you're now a ronin trying to get revenge for the death of like your tribe or whatever. I'm like, I've seen that. Some Sometime we have to do a pause menu about video game bloat. Yeah. See, but I, I, the thing is, I, I feel like I still am like the lone wolf because like I look up reviews and this is like one of the highest reviewed games. It's like a god of war for a lot of people. And sure. I just don't, I just don't see that. Uh, so like, I'm just really, really excited for Horizon to come out on Friday. Hug those big pest monsters. So um, I read, I went to the comic store, and I kind of only read one comic that came out this week, and it's Secret X-Men. It's, uh, the X-Men had an election last year, and what if all of those losers got onto a team together? Um, and it's a pretty cool premise, and I like Teeny Howard, and the art's really great. Uh, Teeny Howard has a way of overcomplicating her stories um because she just likes to have a lot of stuff in her story so like if you read excalibur there's a lot of shit happening in excalibur this first issue of secret x-men it's it's overly complicated and i see the direction she's going it's just it's a really stuffed first issue um for for the idea uh it's a little overcomplicated. only issue at this point uh, right yeah, only yeah issue issue. at this point yeah it just came out oh is it a one shot yeah because there's no it's not a series it's a one shot you that can't that doesn't make any sense no way no way if that's true that doesn't make any sense because yeah, because we talked about it we talked about it when it when it was announced it was just the one the one thing well uh if that's true then i don't know what the hell they're setting up i guess a bunch of stuff in other stories uh i that seems really weird to make this a single issue but i still had fun still a lot of fun a lot of great character stuff um i got a bunch of other comics i'll eventually get into um um X Lives of Wolverine, they didn't get the shipment at my comic store. So that weekly event, I'm now like two weeks behind on. So yeah, <laughs> them's the breaks. And then that's it. Ben? Why um, don't you let's... talk about your PlayStation 5? You mother F. <laughs> <laughs> Was I wrong, Ben? No, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. Uh, yeah, so I got I got my PlayStation 5 this week. Um, I know you guys saw it and probably a whole apparently thousands of other people saw it because I posted it on Twitter and Instagram and everywhere, which quickly became my most my most like popular tweet ever made. Wholesome uh, wholesome plus Valentine's Day equals views. Yeah. 
Yeah, pretty much. Um, so yeah, Fanny, she got me a <laughs> my face. <laughs> go, yeah. go to Ben's socials and you'll be able to watch the video. Yeah. Yep. Uh so she hid my PlayStation 5 in my own closet for about like a month and I had no clue. I didn't even notice it. She hid it under a blanket. I was thought, so close I, to a PS5 for a month. Bro, yeah. you couldn't even know. You could have told me you hit a million dollars up there, and I, I, I never would know. I never would know. I definitely know. I could like the best place to hide a gift from you is oh, yeah. honestly anywhere that isn't your cabinet downstairs, <laughs> yeah. the kitchen, or the fridge. Because I know where my feta cheese is at all times. That's about it. I mean, if you were to look at my closet, because I really, would, I only go to like I go to my shirts, and then I go to my 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 pants, and then I go to like the laundry bed. That's it. I just toss my my dirty clothes in my laundry bin, and then I take a shirt, I take some shorts, and then I get dressed, and that's it. That's it. Ben, I ben, don't. I, I love what? you. This is a long episode. Tighten this story a little. <laughs> yeah. And then when we went to go celebrate Valentine's Day, my phone was constantly blowing up with like shit from Twitter, like so and so liked it, so and so retweeted, so and so did this. I'm like, damn, that's a lot. Yeah, it's very, very happy that. I'm very thing. happy that you finally got one. Yeah, but yeah, I got my PS5. I was playing a little bit of it last night. I got everything transferred over. Um, it's gorgeous. I got Demon Souls. That's the only game I have. Um, the only PS5 game I have for it. I haven't um, upgraded like Knockout City or Fortnite to the PS5 version yet. But oh god, it's so beautiful. It is okay, so great. gorgeous, and that's like the, that's the biggest thing that happened to me. And I watched the football game with my mom today. Had a bit to drink, but besides that, it's like it's been PS5 all day. <laughs> Hell yeah, baby! Yeah, definitely uh, get that extended storage so you can put all the just offload all that PS4 off, so you have plenty of room for PS5. It's so helpful. It's so necessary. Yeah, yeah. So that's it, Ben. That's it. All right. Um, I watched the assembled episode of Hawkeye. Oh yes. Um, that dropped this week. Uh, I really like the assembled episodes outside of the Loki one, which I constantly harp on. But uh, I think they're all pretty good. Um, this pretty much covered a lot of what I wanted them to cover with the show, with the show, such as the, is the can I say it? Can I say him? Yes. Kingpin. Because uh, yes. I don't want to spoil for anybody who hasn't seen it, but like Kingpin's inclusion is at the end of that special. And I felt like they kind of tackled it in the way that in just enough the, of the way that it should. Um, There's a lot of talk about casting some of the other characters and then how they filmed it. I, they filmed a lot on location, which I didn't realize like in New York, um, such as the, the beginning of the Rockefeller Plaza fight was shot at the Rockefeller Plaza. But as nice. soon as the, as soon as the tree is in frame, it's in, it's a, a set in Atlanta. Yeah. Um, but I thought that was really cool that they actually went out of the way to be like, no, let's get, let's get into New York. Let's film this in New York. If you wanted um, to have a New York feel, like it really does help to film there, even yeah. though it is insanely expensive and hard to do. Yeah. Um, and it paid off. Uh, I really enjoyed that. Uh, probably more than the show itself, but it does kind of make me appreciate some of the shows, even if I'm a little lukewarm on it. Like I, I, I see a bit more of what they were, what their thinking was. It, it's a little bit more candid than your generic Disney puff, puff piece. Um, not as, not as much as I would personally like, but it's, it's enough that gets me like, okay, cool. I see what you're going with. I started watching Dota Dragon's Blood season two, like three or four episodes in. Um, it's a very, it's a very good show, guys. Bad boy, do I wish Arcane didn't come out. <laughs> it did be screwed like, you up. It did be like that. Yeah, because it's it's good. It's a good show, but boy, it's the exact same type of show, which is you know like this this animated show based on this this uh, lore heavy 
but not really story heavy uh, uh, a video game. Um, so they kind of live in the same space, but they've done so differently. Um, and one of them is a cool fantasy show and one of them is a masterpiece. And it's like, oh, man, there's definitely Dota's not part of this necessarily, but there's definitely a line of like specifically 3D animation that I've hit that Arcane definitely crystallized for me where I'm like, doesn't really matter how good the story is. Like if the animation's too crude and poor, I'm like, it just doesn't need to be this bad. And like, yeah. I'm not knocking the animators behind it. Clearly they didn't get the resources they needed, but like, I don't know why you're making an animated show if you're not going to put at least the the proper amount of effort into it. Yeah. At a certain point with 3D animation, it becomes, uh, why are we doing this? Right. <laughs> Ugly. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, especially when you've got like incredible 2D animation out there for other things that are smaller budget. Like just go to 2D. If you can't make the 3D look good, don't do it. Uh, this is Studio Amir's show, uh, who I generally like. Um, so it, it's it's good animation. It's just it's just hard for me to go from one to the other so soon. Mm-hmm. Um, Arcane ruined I, art. <laughs> <laughs> thank God right. it only comes out once every six years. Yeah, thank God. <laughs> Honestly, because um, if it came out more frequently, it'd just be like, why what? does anybody bother making anything? <laughs> I can imagine this? like like even like a really good animator booing like, what am I even doing here? Yeah, look at this. <laughs> Just like they just have a picture of Arcane on the wall, like I mean, I'm never gonna do this. Yeah, their like application is like 10 million people. Yeah, um, I do want to actually talk about real quickly a, a piece I wrote for Kaiju Robin that's coming out in next month's issue. It's a uh, they appro- uh, a video game company called 13 AM Games approached Kaiju Robin about writing a video a piece about a new game coming out next month called Dawn of the Monsters. It's a kind of 2.5D platformer, um, so, kind of uh, kind of side scrolling monster f- monster beat 'em up. Um, you play as four different ki- four different monsters, and then you fight other kaiju. Um, and all the monsters are inspired by like Godzilla, um, Ultraman, Pacific Rim, the Jaegers, Pacific Rim, and um, Gamera. And it was one of the most difficult pieces I've ever had to write. But I think by the time I turned it in, it, turned, it was pretty good. So that's going to be in next month's issue. And check out Dawn of the Monsters. Um, we I it kind of flew under my radar. Um, video games just do. But now that I know about it, I'm actually really excited for it. Ben, it's my way forward. Yeah, I know. Um, Brandon asked me to check it out, and I saw it, and it's like Rampage, but instead of like destroying and eating civilians, you're trying to save the world, and I really dig it. Yeah, it looks cool. Yeah. I, I, I looked at it like, um, you know, it's also couch co-op. I don't know if it's online co-op. They didn't say. I hope it is. hope so. Um, but it does have couch co-op, so that's cool. Anyway, so stay tuned for that. Look forward to that. I'm excited about it. Cool. Mm-hmm. I, pl- I watched... Halo Nightfall and Halo 4 Forward Unto Dawn. One of them I very much liked. One of them I didn't. I thought Nightfall was boring. Um, Nightfall is the story of Colonel Locke. Not Colonel Locke. Yeah, Colonel Locke. No. Yeah, Spar- Dawn. No, no, no. no um, uh, Nightfall is the... Is, is, um, oh, Mike Coulter's character from Halo 5. It's his kind of like story oh, yeah. before he gets into the game. Then it is Locke, yeah. Yeah. Um, he goes on to like a halo fragment and it's, and it's kind of becomes this like, um, psychological, uh, uh, war story about like what the, what being hunted on this, on this halo, on this part of the halo ring. My cult is very good. There's two characters I really like in it. He's one of them. And that's about all I can say positive about it. It's really not very good. Not very well written. It's about maybe 30 minutes too long, honestly. Um, it's an hour and a half and it really shouldn't have been. But Halo Four: Forward Unto Dawn, I actually really enjoyed. Um, this is the this is the the one that leads into Halo Four. This is kind of like talking about what the captain of the Infinity, his origin story when we meet him in Halo Four. Um, 
we go back to like before the covenant launched a war on the on the on the humans and then master chief is in it not voiced by steve downs um and he and there's there's a lot of good stuff that i actually really enjoyed it it's a it's a really interesting war story i found the characters to be engaging and they hid their budget very well um and they made it kind of flow very very nicely even though you know they were constrained by the budget so they couldn't have these all out like covenant battles but i thought they hit him they hit the restrictions very well and i and i just found it to be a good time i watched that one not nightfall but uh the, the forward onto dawn one when it came yeah. out and i thought it was pretty good too yeah, yeah. um I have, I have a lot of the um extra halo stuff forward on dawn is is like one of the benchmarks of like halo media outside of the video games i don't know if i'd go that far but it was good I mean, people, um, people really enjoyed it. I remember when it was like just a web series, and it's like, yo, this is really good. It is I mean, weird. As far as, as far as live action Halo media, it's kind of been the golden crown up to this moment in time. Yes. Um, yeah, I, I, uh, it's still weird that it's not Steve Downs as, as Master Chief, though. He doesn't take off his helmet. What are we doing? Um, all right. I watched Dragon Ball Z Tree of Might. This is the one that introduces Turles, who looks like Goku. For no reason, um, you got my I, feet on that, right? Yeah, I did. Okay, I understand. It's like it's dumb. <laughs> I don't remember because I, I honestly haven't watched that dub in such a long time. But yeah. I'm pretty sure it's the. I, I guess it is the Pioneer dub because I. It's not in the Funimation dub. Yeah, so in the Pioneer dub, there's an implication that like Goku's the reason. This is the reason that like Bardock's haircut is the same as Goku's is that it's not necessarily a genetic thing of like parentage it's a it's a like power level thing and like saiyan's hairs are actually literally attached to their power levels when they're born so that's like the lower class warrior belief and that's why turles has that haircut now nah, i'm okay i think you now can, it's just you can keep that it's just generic ge- not genetic uh th- yes generic genet jesus <laughs> genetic i just always like assumed it's like multiverse we're just never gonna say it though it's just, uh, it's just genetic if you got you got your dad's hair you inherited your dad's hair yeah because Go Goten has Goku's hair. Raditz doesn't have Bardock's hair. I shut up. Yeah, because Raditz is a punk bitch. Maybe you're right. Was Raditz born with that hair? Saiyan hair doesn't yes. grow. Raditz yeah. was born with that hair. Yo, three feet long as a baby. Born oh, he got Raditz his mom's. He got his mom's hair. There you go. I don't know. Uh, I've seen. I've seen Broly. Isn't her hair like shorter? Called. I don't yeah, think it's that short. Ah, who was? Because Trunks got Bulma's hair. That's true. That's true. In some ways yeah 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 but right. since yeah, never mind we're going down a rabbit hole <laughs> this is this is a fun rabbit hole though um ultimately i kind of found it to be pretty boring i was falling asleep through it um it's it's got some good fights it's just it wasn't my favorite um cooler's next <laughs> no lord slug's next then cooler lord slug is next. Lord big slug. Boy. he's a big boy lord slug's um, a good one. and then because of a recent episode of book of boba fett i decided to watch solo a star wars story um this is a Star Wars movie that is growing on me every year. Um, I still think it's a lot of origin, um, but it's very well cast and it's a lot of fun. And like the more I watch it, the more I'm kind of like, yeah, this is a very good. This is a this is a good time. This is a good movie. Yeah, yeah. Do you see what Mag said? Yes, pull it up. Honestly, Gohan has Yamcha's hair. I, I don't want to go home that dirty. That's oh no, the that's the canon. Like a drunken night, Goku's off on another world. Yamcha stumbles in. Yeah, oh, except no. Gohan's half Saiyan. That's like, true. There's no way around that. It was a threesome. No, yeah, because the half Saiyans, they could... Oh, God. Ryan. Ryan. You think Ryan would know what that is? Not Ryan. Jesus, Goku! 
I'm too pure. Toriyama only knows how to draw so many hairstyles, guys. It's true. I've seen this in Dragon Quest, Final Fantasy, all of it, yeah. I was going to say earlier that because Trunks and Gohan are half Saiyan, their hair grows and they can cut it and it grows again when like Vegeta and Goku, theirs just stays the same. Uh, Yeah. So then why does Goten's hair doesn't seem to grow? Whatever. It doesn't matter. It does when he's older. It does. Oh, you're right. It does. GT, his hair is different, even though that's not technically canon. All right. I'm tired of talking about this. Uh, solo a Star Wars story. It's a fun time. I'm really glad I rewatched it. I really the like all the hair. Oh my god! From the style that it is, how come they can grow facial hair? Oh my they god! The writers allowed it. Yeah, <sighs> that's true. Alden Eric Alden Ehrenreich is great as Han Solo, and Donald Glover is great as Lando Calrissian. Yeah, that's it. Final I hope. That. I hope that Lando, if it is true that Lando series is like, yeah, young Lando. I'm like, cool. I also want. I want Han Solo back too. That kid deserves it. Yeah, I agree. I'm yeah. pretty sure when we reviewed Solo, I was pretty positive about it. I was positive because I I really was impressed with it in theaters. I wasn't right. negative, even on though it. even though like right up to the moment of watching it, I thought it was a mistake. I can't um, wait to go back and we're all like, "This is a piece of shit." <laughs> I would be I would be stunned because I'm yeah. pretty sure like I was won over by Alden's performance, and then I was won over even further. By we'll find out next week. Yeah. Um. And then I watched Murder and Dirt on the Orange Express. I am going to see that on the Nile eventually, so I wanted to kind of get myself back into a, get myself back into a Poirot mood. Um, I still like Kenneth Branagh as Poirot. I think he's a lot of fun. There's a bit where the train crashes and he just comes out and goes, "Did we die?" <laughs> I just thought that was very funny. <laughs> um, so I'm, look, I'll be excited for Death on the Nile, regardless of hey, man, cast. Someone's got to be. I'm glad for it. And then I read, I finished The Last Annihilation. And this is the last thing I'll talk about. This is the um, the end of uh, Al Ewing's Guardians run, uh, where Dormammu becomes Ego, the, li- Ego, the living planet becomes Dormammu and grows up. It's awesome. Really loved it. Um, it's a big cosmic fight scale that I'd love to see. Uh, I love this version of the Guardians. And uh, I also read the the tie-ins, which one, the, what, the Wiccan and Hulkling one, which I really loved. Um that has a lot to do with like Wiccan and Hulkling's prior relationship to joining the Young Avengers, and then after uh, their marriage, or no, just before their marriage, like just before they got married, um, and then the Wakanda, like the Space Emperor Wakanda one, which I also thought was really cool. But yeah, really awesome. I'm really sad that that series is over. Um, I really hope Al Ewing gets another crack at the Guardian someday. Uh, he's a little too busy uh, working with the X Men, so I doubt it. <laughs> I do too, but I'd like to see it. Oh, sure, yeah. Like, I like his Guardians Red so much. Uh, but his time is now with the Immortals. And that's it. Beautiful. Shall we get into our bread and butter, then? I had a calzone for, di- for dinner. Let's do it. All right, so we got some sad news up top. Douglas Trumbull, a VFX supervisor on Blade Runner, Close Encounters, The Third Kind, Star Trek, The Motion Picture, and many, many more, uh guys seriously look at it look at look up this guy's model work this is me talking to the audience uh look up this guy's model work it's stunning he passed away this week at the age of 79 and just this morning no just like it's a it's a long good career and a lot of incredible work yeah like real happy real happy that so much of his stuff has stood the test of time and it always and will. And it always look good. That's yeah. the thing, yeah. It always yeah. will. We're deep into the, the good-looking CGI era, and, like, his shit still holds up. Oh, yeah. 
think you see that I saw that picture of him worked with the with the model of the Blade Runner building. Yes, the um, building. Yeah. Oh, mm -hmm. so good. Even just oh. as a even just as looking at it as as a model and him there, it's awesome. That 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 quality of work in film will never ever tarnish. Like that's that's something that lasts forever. So that's incredible. Yeah. And then uh, just about an hour ago, it was reported that Ivan Reitman, director of Ghostbusters and many more comedy classics, passed away at the age of seventy-five. Wait, say that again. What happened? Ivan Reitman passed away. Today? Yeah. Today. What the? Where? Well, I, I didn't hear this yet. That this was. Awful. You texted us the Shin Godzilla news at the time that this dropped. Oh my god. Sorry, I'm just looking at this. No, Man, it's that's cool. awful. That's I honestly was crying. Um, he is a very important director to me. Ghostbusters is one of my favorite movies of all time. Um, really, really broke my heart to hear this. Dude, yeah, like I know he did Animal House. Yeah, Ghostbusters, Stripes. Tw oh, Twins has a he just directed tw a Twins remake, uh, uh, a sequel. Oh yeah, <laughs> Twins, Triplets is coming out because Arnold Schwarzenegger is talking about it right now. That's awful, man. That's a shame. Yeah. What a legacy. Yeah. He was a uh, he was the body double for Harold Ramis on Ghostbusters Afterlife, also. Yeah, 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 man. Yeah, crazy. I yeah, this this really, it really was it was a hard one for me. Yeah, I had I had to recover from this. Rest in power. All right, some Disney news. Star Wars Ahsoka uh, cast Ray Stevenson uh, as a villain, an admiral villain, but he's not Thrawn. I love this. THR did confirm that Thrawn will be the villain of the series. That makes sense. Which we already mm -hmm. kind of figured. Yeah. Uh, Ray Stevenson, who Plue was uh, Punisher in Punisher Warzone, also in Rome, also just a bad mother effer in general. And um, Thor and Thor really, the Dark World. Yes, he's one of yes, he's one of those guys. Volstag. Um, Volstag. Volstag. Big boy. He loves to eat. Um, this is awesome. I love him showing up and stuff. Couldn't, yeah. couldn't be happier. Yeah. And then it was revealed that uh, Rupert friend who has been cast as obi-wan kenobi which we knew about ha uh will play the the role of the grand inquisitor who we've last saw in rebels Ooh. that's really really good casting i don't know if you've seen yeah. what this guy looks like uh he's got no offense to him he's got a sneaky looking face he looks like he's a dude <laughs> who would murder some fools right um get put him like like in the white face paint or whatever like give him a one of those cool lightsabers that's what i'm most excited to see i just want to see that lightsaber the spinning we lightsabers we're already getting, I'm really excited because we're already getting an Inquisitor with Han from uh, Fast and Furious. Um, Sung Kang, I think his name is. Excuse me, say that again? What? He's an Inquisitor. Han from Fast and the Furious is an Inquisitor in the, sh in the show. Oh, oh, there's going to be more than one? Well, I guess yeah. that makes sense. So it's him and then and then uh, the Grand Inquisitor. Shit, this is exciting. Yeah, right? <laughs> uh, put my bottom dollar on it now. Vader kills that Grand Inquisitor before... Uh... Oh before this shows up. No, but this is before this is be this is before Rebels and he's in Rebels so he has to live. Wait, is this for Kenobi the show that comes out soon? Yes. Does he have to? I can't handle it. It's too good. <laughs> um yeah. Rebels, yeah, the Grand Inquisitor we we meet in Rebels. I love the Inquisitors. I'm so excited we're getting them in live action. They're some of my favorite additions to Star Wars canon. I'm just saying I bet we flash forward and he kills him. Maybe uh, we'll see Kanan and Ezra run away, and that's how we lead into. Oh my God, you're doing this to me! They're just going to do an Ahsoka episode in the middle of Obi Wan Kenobi, and it's going to be the the Grand Inquisitor flashback from Rebels. Look, I'm just saying that time travel exists in Star Wars, but we doesn't have to. It's not, it's not meant to be used that way. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Filoni himself won't let won't let it. I'm just 
Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, Grand Inquisitor's chasing down a rogue Jedi man who's Obi-Wan Kenobi sounds cool. I'm very into it. Yeah, I love the Inquisitors, like I said. Um I can't wait for I can't wait for this. Um how, because... how, dope, how dope was that that Super Bowl trailer that we got? Right? <laughs> <laughs> ben, because you never watched Rebels, so the Grand Inquisitor used to be a Jedi uh, Temple Guardian with a oh, yellow okay. lightsaber. Nice. Uh, he read the comic. So which one? The one, the one where he first shows up when Vader encounters him in the archives. Oh, oh and Charles oh, Soul. So he definitely knows him. Oh yeah, I did. I do. I do remember awesome. that guy. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. The librarian Jacosta um, knew. All right. So over on the Marvel side of things. Uh, the Defenders series. So all the series under the Defenders, uh, the Netflix Marvel shows are going to be leaving Netflix at the end of this month. And Disney is expected to said they're going to let everyone know their new streaming home as soon as they can. So probably Hulu. Any reality where it isn't Hulu? I don't think so. No. This is kind of interesting to me because like this would this marks the first time that Netflix has lost a show they produced from their service. You're right. Yeah. Yes, it is, but it's also it's weird because it's like it's 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 their own thing, but they don't own the, the, the well, no, I know. That's it's yeah. this is like this is like if Warner Brothers pulled Gilmore Girls Year in the Life. Yeah. Which is this it's the same situation, right? It's a, it it is a third it is a third studio produced uh Netflix co-production. So like this is the first time Netflix has lost one of those. I suppose I just I never thought that they could lose it. I just thought it would start appearing on other places. I didn't think yeah. they would lose it because again, like 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 they they made it, they own it. So this mm-hmm. is interesting that Marvel's like, uh-uh, we're taking back something that people love. It's gonna go on. Yeah. Cool, as long as it's still streamable, I think especially now with the with their um what's it called? Um their their uh popularity. On the rise now that they're going into the into like the main Marvel universe. A lot, yeah. of, pe- a lot of people watching Daredevil. Oh yeah. Right. Like, um, H- Go ahead. Real quick, like, is I don't know <clears throat> if it's news that that, that Kevin Feige said Moon Knight's going to be like mature. Is that that's not news, right? That's not I mean, necessarily news, but, okay, but that's like, cool. He's, he said that like he's not holding back, which means if they do want to make a a pushing RPG thirteen show. Then it could be on Disney Plus, and Daredevil could I'm just, tone it down a little bit. I, I want to recorrect. He did not say that they're not holding back. He said we're it's more mature than what we've done before. Yes. He, no, there's a quote that said we're not holding back, but for him means it's still PG-13. Yeah, but they it's this will be the most mature thing they've made so far. Yeah, which Doctor Strange Two is a horror movie. Speaking of Moon Knight, did you guys see the Moon Knight, uh, Super Bowl trailer? It is in the drive, Ben. ben. Are you kidding me? What kind of, what show is this? Just making sure. Real quick, hold on. I gotta leave. I gotta watch some trailers because I didn't do my homework. Yeah, it's definitely not on the bottom of this list. Um, also, Agents of Shield is leaving. That's what's the next thing I was gonna say. Oh. Well, I beat you to it. Yeah, screw you. <laughs> screw you. Ah, dad, mom. Uh, <laughs> oh, it makes sense. Like, yeah, all, Agents all of the Shield makes stuff. honestly. Agents of the Shield is probably going to Disney Plus. It it is not a Netflix produced show. So, isn't it... Shield still on Hulu? Also, it's just like a joint prop, both I, streaming. I'll tell you right now. I don't because know. that's an ABC show, so I'm pretty sure it's been on Hulu this whole time. It's just also been on Netflix. I have no idea. I thought so anyway. Um, it was on it, and it was on uh, I, Disney Plus. At hold on, it was it was on Disney Plus at launch, and then it left. Yeah, I don't think it's been a Netflix exclusive, so I'm pretty sure it was on Hulu, or it was definitely on Hulu at some point. I just thought it still was. Yeah. All right, uh, Ironheart. The upcoming show has cast Anthony Ramos. As an unknown character. Good for that dude. It's my favorite right. character in the Marvel and, Universe. 
Anthony Ramos uh, in the Heights and uh, upcoming Transformers. And Hamilton. Oh, he's, yes, him. He's awesome. Yes, cool. he's getting he's getting all the big cool, cool. work. I'm sorry. What what show is this for again? Iron Heart. Iron Heart. Cool. We don't know who he's playing, but he got cast. So it's it's somebody. It's oh, gonna be somebody don't that be matters. Be a bad guy. Oh no, I like you. They did say that he would ha- he would be a recurring Marvel character. Oh, that's good. Cool. Um, and who then Thor. Yeah. At this point, and then Thor: Love and Thunder. Um, this is a rumor, but considering all the other rumors for Marvel things are coming true, um, Thor: Love and Thunder has rumored to cast. Akosia Sabet as Bastet, aka Bast. Oh yeah, the Panther God. Yeah, the Panther God. Yeah, that that that's not like a crazy like it's Storm. Like no, it's the pan- yeah, that makes sense. But it's cool because like they're they're this is a this is a character that we that we've met kind of met in Black Panther, and now we're seeing this character because Gore the God Butcher is probably going to kill her. I hope not. Oh, that's. That's net more when you put it that way. That makes that sense. Be sad. <laughs> well, Russell Crowe's in it to die, I'm sure. No, no, that's actually that's actually a really cool point. That is like that is really cool that we are expanding like not just like the cosmic, but like the cosmos of like these are the elder gods and mm-hmm. Gore's gonna kill all of them. Like that's actually really cool to see like the Wakandan pantheon. That is a good for you, Taika. Hell yeah! <laughs> right, I'm excited for this movie. That movie's this year. Oh yeah, yeah. Sure. I like time chamber me. Dude, there's a lot of comic book movies this year. It's crazy. You and I were having the conversation. We'll get to it later oh, yeah. about the DC movies. Yeah. The Beauty and the Beast prequel series starring Josh Gad and uh, what's his name? You and McGregor. No, uh, Ronan the Accuser. Nope, not Pace? him either. Nope, not nope, him Lee either. <laughs> not Lee Pace. No, not, not Lee, Lee Pace. Pace. He was Ronan the Accuser. Yes, I know, but yeah, I was no, wrong. He, he misspoke. It wasn't Ronan. No, okay. Okay, do you know why I did this? Because they're both in The Hobbit. <laughs> Luke Evans? Um, Bard. Bard, yeah. the Bard, Bard. Bard the Bowman. Luke Evans. Mm-hmm. Luke Evans. Yeah. I, was yeah. Waiting for, I knew it. I was waiting for you guys. I, I said Luke Evans. Oh, I didn't hear you. You said Lee Pace. No, I said Luke Evans. Then you said no. Then I was like, oh, Lee Pace. You said, oh. I said Luke Evans. And then you're oh, like, okay. No, okay. No, okay. I love StreamYard. Nobody heard you say Luke Evans because of StreamYard. Yeah. Anyway, continue. Okay, it's not happening. Oh, oh. Well, it's 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 on hold indefinitely. It is so delayed indefinitely due to scheduling and and uh, uh, creative issues. So, so it doesn't happening. necessarily mean it's dead, but it's probably dead. I, we, I, I uh, we also found out its title. We did the little village. Mm-hmm. Oh, I didn't see that. Yep, that's cool. I have a feeling it is dead. National Treasure. This is the TV show on Disney Plus. Has cast little, Catherine Zeta Jones. Little town. Sorry. Sparks. Oh, sorry, Brandon. What? The N- National Treasure, the TV show on Disney Plus, has cast okay. Catherine Zeta Jones. Can't wait for that to get delayed indefinitely. I do love me some Catherine. And she's the lead, and will play Billy, a badass billionaire black market antiquities expert and treasure hunter who lives by her own code. She's Carmen San Diego. Oh yeah, <laughs> Gee, that's, uh, that that is Carmen San Diego. <laughs> Listen, that's great. I will watch that show. Like, I'm still gonna watch I, it. like again, like I still hope Nick Cage eventually reappears somewhere. But like, like Catherine Zeta Jones being like a globetrotting like Indiana Jones is awesome. I I just Damn want it. them to go after the stuff from the book from the Bad President from the Kingsman sequel. Too many. Bruce Greenwood. Um, yeah, he's a bad president in both. No, he's not a bad president. In National treasure. 
Uh, it didn't look like that was a really satisfying America in that movie. <laughs> Approval rating down. <laughs> look, I'm excited for more National Treasure. I love Catherine Zeta-Jones. I still think we're getting that fourth movie. I'm still holding that third movie. We're still holding that hope. Yeah. Um, I, uh, but uh, yeah, I'm into this. Like it sounds cool. Yeah. I'll, I wonder I'll that we're gonna get the the third movie. I wonder if she's it's... his cousin. Yeah, it's gonna be like a sister or something like that. Yeah. Uh, I wonder if it's gonna be like still like that tone, or they're gonna try something different. Cause like just make it like a fun PG thirteen adventure. You know, like I wonder if they're gonna try to deviate. Yeah. Just make, just make Carmen San Diego. Just do that. Bring back Sean Bean. Sure. Oh, <laughs> not he can. He didn't die in the first one. He just went to jail. He died in jail. He's off screen. Did he die? No, I remember. Not in none. All right, Blade Runner, twenty ninety nine. This is going to be the follow up to Blade Runner twenty forty nine. Uh, a sequel series at Amazon is in the works with Ridley Scott executive producing and potentially directing. He hasn't signed a deal yet. This is weird because generally when Ridley Scott returns to something he worked on, he likes to wipe away the work that everybody else did in between. Mm-hmm. Yes, so this is surprising because it's like. Ryan brought up that like he's mad that everybody really liked 2049, including himself. So now he needs to put his final stamp on it to say like I know what's good, um, and he even knows, though but he can't erase 2049 because he also liked it. Yeah, begrudgingly. and he knows anything he makes will not compete with 2049. So he's like, I'm not even gonna touch it. I'm gonna go 50 years more in the future. And I'm like, all right, but you, it's your universe, really do it. Fine. The other reason this is weird is because it's going to Amazon. Yeah, which like I just don't understand from a perspective of like wanting to get subscribers for hbo max why you weren't you as warner brothers would sell this out to amazon but i mean sure whatever I, I, I especially because raised by wolves by ridley scott is on hbo max maybe my thing was maybe they don't want two competing big sci-fi shows like uh, being on the same time maybe maybe yeah. that's the only thing i can think of but you just air them at different times no year, yeah no maybe. i know but like maybe they just don't want to like put too many eggs in that one sci-fi basket it's just weird it's weird to not only like not only not want to bolster your own service but also willingly help competition maybe they honestly said no what if they just said no and he's like i'll take it somewhere else then like honestly like what if they're like oh it's not good enough like that could be the reason it is nice that he's not wiping away 2049 that is a great movie true yeah all right uh, is, is Blade Runner because there's the Blade Runner anime on, out right now? So like Blade Runner is really have it getting a presence on TV. It it's is got those comics. Too. It, it yes, uh, from all accounts, from at least my coworker, the, the anime is not good. So it's on Adult Swim. Yeah, yeah. I think so. Yeah. Another future property. Sorry, it's okay. Futurama, a revival Futurama television series is happening. The table read is on Monday. They've ordered twenty episodes. At Hulu, I've never, seen, I've never seen a group of people go from excited to disappointed faster. Yeah, uh, because so David X. Cohen and Matt Groening are coming back to develop it. Um, Billy West, Katie Segal, Trash McNeil, Maurice Lamarche, Lauren Tom, Phil Lamar, and David Herman are all returning, and they are looking to recast Bender by the table read. Bender bending Rodriguez. So John DiMaggio is at this time not returning. It's because they don't. Although they, they were still in negotiations. Yeah, they they yes. they he wants more money. 
or, or or the other way around like they're not paying him enough and he does he thinks he deserves more money which he is one of the greatest and biggest voice actors of our time i think the reality so, like, is that they probably are offering to pay him probably the same they're paying the returning stars but the thing is like they're he, not the he is a voice actor who earns more on his projects yes. now than they do no offense either. no like, offense to them but he yeah. does yeah. and like on all the projects he does he earns more therefore he wants to keep earning the amount he is owed as a performer rather than like reducing it because also like so. this is the third time futurama's come back and i just don't care at this point <laughs> like i didn't very much care what like when it got rebooted like five ten years ago like i watched it but like it it was good but it just it wasn't the same uh and then like it was on fox and then they got canceled and moved to comedy central and then it got canceled for 10 years again like this is like the third time it's come back and i'm just like i especially without bender i don't care i don't think i care. yeah if it doesn't have you dimaggio know? i i well here's the thing like It'd be very. It'd be, it'll be weird if it does come back without him, Dimaggio, on the cast because, like, already it's got tons of people saying, like, we don't give a shit if he's not there. Yeah. And then uh, you also have voice actors coming on saying, like, we would never take work from Dimaggio, so we're not doing the audition. So I'm like, you're not going to get anybody like really high profile to fill in that role. So it's gonna it's gonna be lower class no matter what you do. No offense. And uh, both Dimaggio's people and Amazon uh, Hulu have said they want him. They want to come. He wants to come back. They want him back. It's just the money thing that they're stalling negotiations yeah, on. They'll, they'll have to figure that out. Uh, I'm all for it. I I did enjoy all of Futurama, so um, I did too. I, re- I actually watched, really enjoyed I'll the last match. Yeah. I once I heard that they were bringing it back Futurama, I'm like oh cool, that's a f- I I liked watching Futurama. And then I hear this, I'm like, mm, it's it's one of those things where it's it's not the same unless it's all they're all there, you know. Yeah. yeah, it's not it's like Dimaggio's dead. Yeah, I mean, Bender. it's true. It's not like Dimaggio's dead, but at the same time, Dimaggio and Bender's, respectively, Bender's the face of Futurama. He, he yeah. Like you he, say, Futurama, you think of Bender, you think of the ship, you think of the, those are like the top two things you think of. It they're on like ninety percent of the um, of the marketing material. Yeah, I mean, my mind jumps to Zap Brand again, but I get you. <laughs> <laughs> Who's doesn't? Uh, yeah, I hope. I, I I hope I'm sure they'll figure it out. I'm sure he'll come back. Um, I just hope it's I hope we, it's it's soon. It'll also be super weird because like it, like let's say like they don't get him for season one because it's too late. Then he does come back for season two. Then they shit on the first actor. Yeah. And that's not fair to that guy either. So it's like yeah, it's exactly. like a lose lose either way. I, feel I, mean, like. I also if they do find a, a voice actor to replace John DiMaggio and then they double back and they cast him for season two, I'm gonna feel bad for that first guy because that first guy he's damned if he does, damned if he doesn't. He's, whomever that person is going to be, they're screwed. I, I'm going to feel bad for him. Yeah. yeah, that's a good exploration of Ryan's point, Ben. Good job. I agree. <laughs> no, I agree. You, you no, I'm, never mind. Uh, uh, all right. Hey, ben, Megamont. I mean it. He says it with love. And if you didn't catch that, I was talking. I apologize. A Megamind sequel series is coming to Peacock. Never. This 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 is this is a dream come true. Uh, the series will follow Mega Mind learning to become a true superhero as his trusty brain bots record everything, making him the world's first superhero influencer. Oh my god! I've and wanted, it's a sequel show. <sighs> I've wanted more Mega Mind for forever. Ten years. Ten I'm years. So happy. A while. The only thing I'm waiting for is no. We're getting the voice cast back, specifically Will Ferrell. Listen. I mean, I can't imagine you doing it without him. But what's but. Is, what's what's they Brad, do this all the time. What's Brad Pitt's name? Plutonium Metro Man. Man. Metro Man. Does he die in that movie? Right. No. no. He retires. Okay. 
please give Brad Pitt back just because I want. Yes. I, just, I just love. I love, love retired Metro Man. I love. I love. I love. I, love him. I, I I get your 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 trepidation sparks because they constantly recast their voices for the TV shows. Yep. Uh, yeah. If you don't have Will Ferrell, it'll be a significant dip. But the creative team behind the scenes is coming back, and so I'm like, yeah, cool. I, I I Megamind's hardcore one of my favorite DreamWorks projects for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, like. It's kind of like How to Train Your Dragon and then that. Um, <laughs> and uh, I, I loved Megamind. I thought Megamind was a beautiful love letter to superhero as a, uh, like, superhero comics. Kind of ahead of its as time. A medium. Ahead of its time, honestly, yeah. because the boom hadn't happened, not really. Yeah. Um, and Megamind was, was really hitting at that sweet spot of a moment. And uh, unfortunately, I really don't think he would have gotten something as thoughtful as what it was uh, had it not been uh, made at the time it was that it did happen because if it was made now, I don't think it would get the same handle. It wouldn't be the same. yeah. Right. Um, But I really, I really love it. I think it's such an incredible piece. Uh, I think it's definitely gotten a lot of attention with the popularity of the, uh, the Megamind third act moment where he appears from the sky. That's uh, presentation. Yeah. It's a big meme for the past few years. And I think everyone's realized, Oh, everybody actually really loves Megamind. So they should come back to it. Hell yeah. Um, That, that one, that one is one that's held up really well over time. Mm -hmm. I did a list, I think last week, that I really enjoyed writing, which was a uh, a ranked list of all the, well, that like the top ten DreamWorks animated shows that are based on movies, um, and that was really fun, kind of exploring what people really like and how they and and what they thought of the like Kung Fu Panda first series or the Madagascar both Madagascar shows or both had a, the first two had a train of dragons. Like, I was about really to say, cool. there's ten shows. I couldn't even. I didn't even. There's a lot more than that. That's crazy. Like the Trolls show, Spirit. Um, there's two troll shows. Um, the there's tons of of of, the, of those shows. Like um, Turbo with Ryan Reynolds has a show. Um, the yeah, snail one? The snail? yeah, the snail one. Oh, yeah, the snail had a show. The home home movie, like the home show. Pretty much, pretty much everything that isn't Shrek that DreamWorks has made has had a spinoff. Aliens show. versus monsters. There's a puss in, There's a puss in boots. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Really? Yes. Get out of here, guys. Yes. Come on. What are we doing here? <laughs> there is a there is a, a a monsters versus aliens. I and... knew you said that being like 100. percent It does not, and I'm like, no, for sure, it does. That's fine. The, Everything's fine. Yeah. The puss in boots show. Um, sure yeah anyway so that was a lot of fun to write because there's so many of them and kind of like re-exploring these i've seen most of them uh um, yeah i'm i'm hoping for like something real special out of megamind because I'm me too some kind of follow, oh so. uh the Dream second Man. the second crudes show that is on peacock that didn't make the list but the first one did apparently people don't like the new one. Oh yeah 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 mm. oh god yeah right wow. that there's two crude shows too yeah there's the 2d those, and the 3d they're so good and those shows are too um, for me yeah, I I hope for the best. I, honestly, I would love for this to be the best of all the DreamWorks shows. That's that's, that's the ideal. Um, because I love I love Megamind too much. It's uh, rare. It's rare product. that like. Sorry, go ahead. Uh, this is very much a product of like, the we were in high school, ish when Megamind came out. So yeah. like, it hits differently for us. But this is I think very much speaking to a moment of like, specifically kids who came, who were young when Megamind came out and that they, they get to. The high school age that they're a decade on now and they're like you know what megamind still holds up really incredibly well where a lot of these other ones didn't same with like sky uh, high those are two like superhero centric it's, it's aged into the sky superhero high. boom rather than like uh getting surpassed by it yeah mm-hmm. uh yeah it's, it's rare that these shows have like the creative team for the movies yeah. with them so i'll that, be honest that's really cool 
if Will Ferrell isn't in it, I don't. I just don't know if that'll I be tough. Him and David Cross. I believe yeah. it's David Cross who is is his companion. Psychic yeah. guy. Yeah. Okay. Moving on to some comic book news. DC is coming out with a new crisis called Dark Crisis. So jumping off of the death of the Justice League, which I just found out takes place in the near future, and so does this. Dark Crisis takes place in the near future of the DC Comics universe and will be a seven-issue event written by Joshua Williamson and Daniel Samper, Sampier, who's doing the art. Um, Dark Crisis Zero will be out for the for Free Comic Book Day and has as Williamson and other writers and then Justice League Road's Dark Crisis. So actually, it's a nine-issue event series. <laughs> There's a zero, and then a road two, and then, and then a, a road two, and then the one, yeah. Get out of here. Anyway. Yeah, seven issues. Cough nine, cough. I'm going to, real quickly, this is just the brief synopsis of what it is. In the near future of the DC Universe, the Great Darkness, which has just been introduced, reintroduced in Justice League uh, Incarnate, was an Alan Moore creation, is being used by Pariah, the character from The First Crisis, uh, to destroy Earth Zero in a move that will bring back the infinite multiverse and his original world, which has now happened three times. <laughs> the infinite multiverse came back in Convergence and in Death Metal. Be happening. Hey, it's a time's a loop. Yeah. All right. Uh, this is all going to take place with like the the legacy heroes, the current legacy heroes. So like John and Yara and uh, all of them, and will be about finding. The original Justice League, so their death will be short-lived. Yeah, that's fine. Uh, I'm 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 super mixed, mostly negative on this. Uh, I'm really excited that we're finally getting to the five G of my dreams, where the young heroes are going to be the Justice League and get focused on. Clearly, just for maybe just this, this event, um, yeah. the Great Darkness being the great, the, the biggest any... evil of all, the real evil of all the evils. Boy, how does that sound stupid and generic? Do you, I do. You think there's some uh, where like this is turning into them just like testing the waters and pushing the boundary to see if they actually can just go full blown into moving the legacy characters up no. that's really optimistic thinking but i'm just curious if you think that's not possible. if they not if this is a search for the justice league i don't think there would be no no no. i, yeah. I get that like obviously like but but like that they're watching to see how all the titles are received during the interim yeah to see like you know could we could we really go for it i want to believe see, there's not but there's change? there's not an interim because it's going to be death of the justice league and then this event like right like boom boom so all the titles that have superman and batman and whatnot they won't be affected by this at all yeah um i i'd like to believe that like there will just be like a changeover but that's not that's not gonna be okay it's like we're still getting batman 1047 with bruce wayne like this is all still happening with all this I, I i do wish that they would keep the wait 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 is wait, it wait, yeah. wait 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 i'm playing catch up okay so death of the justice league will happen yeah. And they said when they announced Death of the Justice League that it's going to have the same impact as Superman, where like you went to the comic store and like these characters they weren't in the comics for a while. Yeah, that's yeah, what's yeah. going to happen. Okay. And you're saying now that's not going to happen. Yes. Why are we doing this? Right. It, well, again, this is why I'm saying like 5G was going to be this big set. This is not 5G, but in the same way, like it was going to be this big thing, and then it turns up it's not that thing anymore. Whereas like this was going to be a big thing and maybe they got well, like, why did they even like go out in the pressers and be like, yeah, you're going to go to the comic store and you're not going to see these characters in the titles. Cause, cause they, cause they don't think of marketing more than a week ahead of the next big marketing push. It, it, it is, it is a bummer because like as much as what I would like to see, I don't mind this event. Like that's fine. I haven't yeah. read the Justice Incarnate issue where this is set up yet. Um, I'm still behind, but like the, 
idea of leaving it to the legacy characters because none of the legacy characters have ever been left alone for more for 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 extended period except for maybe uh, Dick Grayson. Yeah. Um, so like having this new legacy characters take up the mantles and and do that and really like push it, like that's something I'm interested in. But they 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 keep using the language of this is the near future, so the books are going to catch up to this, skip this, and everything's going to be fine. Don't worry. It sounds about like it. future state now where they're like, this is what the future could look like. It, it's like, yeah. It is almost like they are testing the waters, but like they are too, they they're not confident to actually just do it. They're like, here's a maybe yeah. future. Like with everything they do, is a maybe future. Yeah. Which is kind of you know whatever. It's kind of a bummer. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm excited to read. I will probably at least check out the first issue because like I want I want this Justice League. And it's like, and it's really cool. It's really cool. Like you guys talked about like Empire, which is a, a whole event centered around a gay marriage. Like it's really cool that like this is a whole event that is centered. Like I know the Justice League are in it and they'll be back by the end of it, but like this is a whole event centered on those characters, on those legacy characters. Yeah. Um, and that's that's cool. Like what good I for them for doing this. Yeah. What I immediately thought of was just making this like, you know, like a six, seven, eight issue event. And then like the heroes will potentially be back right after. That's not really any time for me to have any real stakes. Like yeah. what this should have been is something like 52, where it's a weekly big ass event series where you are following a bunch of these side characters while the big guys are taken off the board. Yeah. This 52 is a weekly series. You followed like Monica Ram, the Monica Rambo. Um, sorry, the question, what's her name? Oh, um, Renee Montoya. Renee Montoya. Montoya. Yeah. Like she was like one of the main characters of that book and like for like 52 weeks. And like, that is a really cool idea. Um, this just feels like they had a cool idea. Then they got cold feet in the end. I, yeah. I definitely would have rather just a whole year where the justice league are dead. Absolutely. Me too. Oh my God. That's the dream. Me too. What if we get to the end of the event and like, it's supposed to be that they find the justice league and everything goes back to normal. And they're like, psych, you can't fix this. And then like they're just dead. And, and the then titles just... have caught up at that point. They're like, this is where you're and at. And then now. it's a picture of the DC offices with all the editors flipping you off. Like, <laughs> like Superman is John. Yeah, yeah. That's it's the dream. Like, God, it's gonna I... take way longer to find him. Oops. <laughs> Thanks for buying this event. I mean, I'm just saying you can cancel a or two one or two bat books and nobody's gonna nobody's gonna care. Dude, I was just at the store and I only had like two books in my pool. And I'm like, cool, I'm gonna check out some other stuff. So I was able to pick up some back issues of other stuff. And like there was like four brand new Batman number ones. Like there's a Zadarsky one, there's another one, there's another one. I'm like, I'm sure these are all good. Every bat book is somebody's favorite. But like seriously, there's like there's an entire section of just Batman books. And I'm like, uh, I it's never gonna happen. Yeah. <laughs> Too many. But you know what is gonna happen, Ryan? You'll be you'll happily pick up Thunderbolts by Zeb Wells and Sean Izoxi. You're 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 damn right because it's sorry, it's a sequel book to this comic right here, Villains for Hire, which is a Devil's Reign tie-in. Uh yeah. I was gonna so make a joke that they should just bite the bullet and make an event where all of DC is Batman, but they've already they've done, done that. They've it's done called that. Dark Knight's Metal. I know, I know. <laughs> Twice. I know. Yeah. Um the <laughs> This will be picking up the uh, the the seeds from from um, Devil's Reign. Um, we'll focus on a team consisting of Clint Barton as Hawkeye, America Chavez as Miss America, Monica Rambo as Spectrum, Victor Alvarez as Power Man, Kara Kilgrave as Persuasion, and we'll introduce a new character named Guts and Glory. I like that name, Guts and Glory. Me too. G U T S E N. Um, that's a really cool team, and a lot of people were confused. Because this is a, a very new take on the Thunderbolts. Because Thunderbolts are generally villains posing as heroes. And these are all heroes, right? Mm-hmm. Currently, right now, Devil's Reign. Uh, Kingpin is the ruler of New York and superheroes are outlawed. So the heroes right now are villains. So the Thunderbolts are doing the reverse. They are going to take back the mantle of Thunderbolts. We are going to be heroes taking back a, a evil New York from the people who are running amok. So like, I'm cool with it. Hawkeye's getting a big push. Um, I just love the Thunderbolts and I like Jim's up. So I'm, I'm about it. 
we're not we're not checking the comics and comments in the thread at all. Mag said a lot of stuff, but I I can no longer relate that what they were talking about. But real quick, um, fresh news: Rich Evans. Ooh. Um, uh, real quick, I will say that we did watch the Dr. Evil Super Bowl ad. It's the only celebrity one we watched. Oh, I really liked it because it brought back the whole team. That it was did. funny. Ben, yeah. pull it up. Yeah, yeah. It's like, well, yeah, <laughs> Dr. Evil Super Bowl ad. Funny, is it? It's like, yeah, yep, the, all the original actors came back. And I was like, yeah. I was like, yeah, that was, that was cute. It made me, I well, I, I love Awesome Powers. And I was like, oh, man, they still got it. I really... I don't think it. I would have liked it if it had just been Dr. Evil, but the fact that it was the whole bit and they were doing all the, like, him, <laughs> him disrespecting Scott stuff, I was like, man, they still got this it. is real good. This mm-hmm. is good energy. I like it. Yeah. Uh, who's Rich Evans? He's from Red Letter Media. He's a YouTube channel. Okay. Oh, no, um, I'm hurt. No. That's, you're, another, you're man. that's another comment that Ben didn't bring up that we referenced. That's okay. Uh, <laughs> no, I did bring it up. Because apparently okay. Fresh News thinks that Sparks look like Rich Evans. Okay. Moving on, a new collaboration that we just heard about today, Shin Japan Heroes Universe is coming. So it's some sort of collaboration between Toho, Studio Kara, Super 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 Aya Productions, and Toei, who own collective who own in this order Shin Godzilla, Shin Evangelion, Shin Ultraman, and Shin Kamen Rider, which are all done by Hideki Ono. Yes, so uh, basically this was just an announcement that there is a a Doctor Strange multiverse of madness happening between all the properties that Hideki Anno has now currently has now produced, which was first uh, uh, Shin Evangelion, which was just Evangelion Rebuild, the first one. Then yeah. it's Shin Godzilla. And then he's doing Shin Kamen Rider, which is coming out this year. And then after Ultraman, that... Ultraman is this year. Ultraman this year, Kamen Rider next year. And then after that, there's going to be some new project that he's going to be working on involving all of them. I don't even know what that could be because all of those universes are so drastically different. And like Ultraman is super like super god like, and Godzilla is very you know like like man versus like myth like. It's but it's Hideki Anno and like Toho is allowing it. I don't know, man. There's a story <sighs> to be told with that. What was going on with that tale, dude? I'm the, like is, Shin Godzilla right. and Evangelion like together blows my effing mind. And there's toys out that you can spend way too much money on. Right, it's not the end of the first time because there's that ri- there's that ride at Universal in in in, in Japan. <sighs> Yeah, which I, has uh, which has the the Ava's fighting Shin Godzilla. That's so cool. And this it's is like this is, this is years away. Oh god, this is years away. So like we need to see like two movies that haven't come out yet. But like this is the announcement of like, hey, everything you've ever wanted is coming true. Like this is like this about... is like. Hold on, Ben, real quickly. This, to put this in perspective, this is like if Universal, Warner Brothers, Disney, and and who's the fourth studio now? Sony, uh, collaborated on one thing. It, you know what? Yes, it, that's maybe Netflix. a little. It, it's but more like, like honestly, it is like a Marvel DC crossover would be happening. Something to that level. Mm-hmm. Um, not no, but I mean, like these, but these, like these, these four studios are big studios. That these are yeah. very big properties that they each collectively indiv- uh, own. It would be like if they finally dis- they finally let Daie and Toho team up to do Gamera versus Godzilla. Like this yeah. is this is wild that these companies are willing to be like, yeah, let's collaborate, let's do this, let's go, let's make this this whatever this this is going to be. This is, like the, this is like the uh, Shin Ultimate Showdown of Ultimate Destiny. I am not going yeah, to get oh too hype yet. Because, it's, it's years away. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah, you could just, I, I wouldn't be shocked if it just ends up being like a cool merchandise line, and that's the end of it, guys. I'll buy that shirt. I don't give a shit. Hey, if I could I'm buy a shirt with the like big media. Yeah, they I'll said the first thing in their announcement was like the first thing is is going to be just like merchandise. 
they did say that. So it's gonna be like like I think the first thing is like paintings and like yeah, they they already showed a logo of like the four. I'll I'll buy that sticker. It's cool as hell. Yeah, I think buy a thing with the Godzilla and Eva on it. That'd be freaking sweet. Uh, yeah, this is just I thought I just thought this was really cool. We've been we talked about like how it's cool that he's doing this type this type of rebooting throughout the different studios and now having them all under one kind of roof under him is is really neat. I'm excited to see what this what this is, no matter what it is. So would this be considered the Shin universe or the Ano universe? No, it's the Shin J- Japan uni- Heroes universe. Yeah. Interesting That's to call it Heroes Heroes universe. Yeah. Can I just call it the Shin Shuju. Universe to keep it short? <laughs> Shuju. Shuju. Rebel Moon. Still a better name than any of the Sony ones. So. Spunk. Rebel Moon has announced its full cast. This is the <laughs> Zack Snyder uh, Seven Samurai Star Wars space movie with uh, Sophia Batella. Charlie Hunnam, Jimon Hansu, uh, Bay Duna, Ray Fisher, Jenna Maloney, Stas Nair, E. Duffy, Charlotte Maggi, and Sky Yang have joined the cast of the film to round it out. Um, not a lot is known about the characters at this time, except for Hansu is playing General Titus. Bay is a nemesis proficient with a sword and, and, and with a sword, and Ray Fisher is playing a, a resistance fighter named Blood Axe. Blood Axe. I'm so, ready. I'm cool. I, I'm ready for a cool sci-fi action movie, baby. Me too. I'm, yeah. I'm glad uh, Ray Fisher uh, gets to team up with, with Zack Snyder again. Me yeah. too. Yeah. Um, also, the movie's going to be in two parts. That was also announced. It's a two-part film. Okay. That they're filming back-to-back uh, this summer. Right on. The Matrix Resurrections was in the news this week because Village Roadshow Entertainment Group, the main company who, produ- who pu- produced it, are suing Warner Brothers over the HBO Max day and date release uh, for, obviously, what they feel is lost revenue. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the, the suit claims, specifically... Uh, that the move was selfish and made without regard to the other subsidiaries, other subsidiaries, which they're right. I'm just confused why they didn't do this when everybody else was throwing up a fit about the HBO Max streaming dates. Probably had to wait till the movie to be released. I would doubt it. Did they? To. Because Denny Villeneuve was already kicking up a storm way before Dune came out. But, but he this was him, him, But he, he was wasn't suing about it. Yeah. Yes. I, I guess. Yeah. Maybe they like could like contractually they had to wait and like yeah I don't know. But yeah. like, yeah, man, just like Scarjo, like, if you deserve money, no matter how rich like a studio already is, like, get that money, yeah, like, you got screwed out of revenue because it went straight to straight to streaming, like, absolutely, well, even yeah. if it's a little bit. Dude like, even made though a lot. Resurrections wasn't the hypest movie ever, it still would lost money. Dude made money though, right? It made a yes. lot of money. Yeah, dude, dude did dude did pretty alright. It definitely did better than me. <laughs> there was, was to say, dude, there dude, was a dude. lot of real quickly, Ben. There was a there's a lot of talk about like Godzilla vs Kong and Dune, like those types of movies. I had a big push to be like, and mostly Legendary did this uh, to be like, you got to see this on, you got to see this on the big screen. It's got to be done on the big screen. So that was a major push for them. Whereas the Matrix was like, you could watch it on HBO Max. You don't even have to go to the theater. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I, I would see that. I would see Bill Drosho doing that during because it's like. Honestly, I'm glad it's not on the big screen. The bigger the screen, the better for that one. During during yeah, like um interviews with like Keanu Reeves and stuff, like Stephen Colbert, remember it was like so streaming on HBO Max, but also in theaters, guys, more importantly, because mm-hmm. like they gotta remind you that like they, they, they sent them like to say streaming in, in streaming. I'm like, man, that's annoying. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, get that money. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Movie pass has risen from the grave. I thought this was a joke. Which nope. necromancer out there decided to bring this thing back? The movie necromancer. 
Dan Merle, who loved MoviePass. Um, no, I don't know. So yeah, MoviePass, it, MoviePass is coming back. Uh, what we know is it's going to be launching in the summer. There are no price points at this time. It's going to be a tiered pricing system. Um, but however, it will run on tradable credits that will roll over every month. And when you, uh, you get those credits um, by viewing ads, you have the option of viewing ads uh, that your camera will track that you've watched it. Like it will make sure that you are, your camera will make sure that your eyes are on the screen. Yeah. And you can bring a friend, a friend. So movie pass, what it, it was the greatest deal on movies. What is it like? Was it five, five bucks a month? $10, movie? $10 a month. See any movie you want. Yeah, and that's then, stupid. and then quickly, quickly went, started going bankrupt. Uh, they locked people out of their accounts by changing people's passwords. Yeah. Uh, they the limited end, it to three movies a month. They end got real weird there. I'll tell you what, like if they can come back, and they can still offer me, because again, I don't have a close AMC. If there was one close to me, I would do AMC all access being bunk pass. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's, not that far. I'm not, it's more than I want to drive if I want to go to the movies every day. Sure. You got a movie uh, theater practically across the street. I get it. There you go. Uh, so if I can have a movie pass and go to the theater that is five minutes from me, I will do that. I will buy yeah. movie pass again. I'll watch a stupid ad on my camera. I'm on my phone friggin' 20 hours a day anyway. <laughs> who cares? Uh, the guy who, who bought movie pass. Uh, one of the guys who bought Movie Pass, um, he developed this technology for another company. I, I believe it was a video game company. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he's yeah. using it for this one. Yeah, look, if Movie Pass can can successfully make a comeback, do it. Whatever. Yeah, I mean, like, like again, make it cheap enough. Like, hey, even if it's like you could see two movies a week for for fifteen bucks, I'll do that. That's seven bucks yeah. a movie. That's like that's hella cheap. I'll do that. One hundred percent easy. I think the I think the AMC one model is very good. Three movies a week. Yeah. That's awesome. That's, and like that's more it, than I would do, and that's still a great deal. Yeah. Yeah. The the problem came from like people could just go see a movie anytime they wanted. Every single day. That's I that's yeah, you lose money. I get it. Yeah. So yeah, go for it. Be curious to know what that pricing is. Yes. Um what's what would be your limit, Brandon? I don't think I'm ever getting rid of AMC A list. But that's to right. to entice me, if AMC like accepted it. Probably fifteen bucks three movies a week. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I think I'd have to see what they what they give me first for yeah. a, a hard yes. Yeah, uh, and it's tiered, so there's gonna be like three options. So that's cool. oh yeah, they could do one three five. You pay more if you want. That actually could be really good for me. Actually, yeah. I wonder <laughs> if this is the responsible thing to do when theaters are trying to like recover from the pandemic. Yeah. Well, I'm a yeah. person, so I'm looking out for me. No, I get that. Like, look out for you. I just, you know, like... I'm not looking I, out for my local movies, like, for were this, Harkins. Were this to be successful, yeah. I don't know... Because they have to say yes to it, this too, might, so that's on them. Right, sure. Yeah. Uh, I don't know how beneficial this is long-term for the theater industry that's trying to recover. Sure. And they, they should could, sign up for it, then. And they they it probably... They might not. We don't know what theater chain has said okay to the movie pass at this point. They don't. They didn't say like not every either. theater because like Regal and AMC aren't going to accept it because they got their own. Uh, it's probably like yeah, like Harkins and Cinema or Cinemark. Is that a different one? Cinemark? Cinemark, yeah. Probably yeah. the other ones that aren't the yeah. big ones. Maybe. Well, Cinemark has one too, actually. So they probably oh, really oh, take okay. it. Cinemark. All right. All right. Should we get into our next topic? Welcome 
Welcome, gamers, to Base Arcade Pause Me, the show where we hit pause, sit back, and just chill. I am your host, Ben Magnet. We have invaded the Fake Nerd Podcast because we are talking about the Nintendo Direct that happened this week. I am joined by my bros, Brandon T. McClure, no. Ryan Eliopoulos, and hey. Sparks Witty. So, gentlemen, how'd you guys enjoy the Nintendo Direct? Because, uh, holy shit, my wallet and bank account are crying and they want to murder me. I legitimately thought he was going to end up with, gentlemen, start your engines. <laughs> uh no i like i'm cool like i'm nowhere near as hype as you i'm sorry well, I'm just, well let's get into I it why man i thought it was fantastic i was almost interested in everything that they showed me <laughs> um uh brandon did you want me to take the rings because i have the list up right here if you got the list do it i don't want to read this i got the list, list so um yeah so um let's start with uh nintendo switch sports as a bunch of us know Wii Sports is the most popular Wii title ever. It was a pack-in title. It was essentially the game that sold the Wii, and it's coming back in a way with the Switch. And we got a gameplay trailer. Um, there's a demo that's coming out that you can that you can play three of the games, and it's coming out in on April 29th. And I think this is going to sell so many more Switches, and so many people are going to get this game. I'm excited for this. If you didn't already have a Switch, like this will get all the casual people who had Wiis and made the Wii the most like highest selling console of its time like yeah. this is like uh sports is a very fun casual game like if you like bowling mm -hmm. and tennis like it's a really good time like it's a good party game to have with your friends absolutely yeah i was watching the direct and with the of course bowling was like i want to say bowling was the um the sports uh we sports bread and butter mm -hmm. but then now you have games like I was the, a tennis the sword, yeah you got the sword fighting one you have badminton you have so many others it's just like damn that i'm pretty sure yeah because the Switch actually surpassed the Wii in sales right now. Mm -hmm. It beat the Wii oh, in yeah. sales. And now this is this is probably just going to make it even more. Uh, Mag in the chat, he mentioned Strikers is a shockingly surprise upset. We got to save that one for later. Yeah, yeah we're, we're saving that one for later. I'm just going to go down the list. Uh, holy shit, this was a big one. Gentlemen, you may remember about one of my wishes this year from the holiday special. Yes. About Mario Kart 9. We're yeah. not technically getting Mario Kart 9, but at the same time, I don't think we need Mario Kart 9 because instead we're getting a DLC bundle that includes 48 brand new, or not brand new, but 48 new tracks, which doubles the original lineup on the game cart that you can put in right now. And it's only like uh, like 25 bucks. Or 25 if, you bucks. Have the, if you have the expansion pass, it's free. Uh, but that's, like less than two bucks a, that's less than two bucks a track. And uh, it's going to come out, in, and also before we keep going, it, these tracks are not going to come out all at once. They're going to come out in waves, so we won't have the complete set of tracks until 2023. But when they do release a wave, it's going to be eight tracks, so two brand new cups, essentially. Yeah, you're getting a, like you're getting them every couple months, but it's a lot of content. Um, this is, I think this is a better idea than, than making Mario Kart 9, because... I haven't mm -hmm. played as much recently Mario Kart 8, but that is a really good game. Mm -hmm. You don't need if it's not broke, don't fix they're it. They're going the Smash model. They're they're making it a platform yeah, absolutely, and that is the smartest thing they can do because they are going to make so much more money selling twenty five dollar expansions and trying to sell a new game a hundred percent. Yeah, because so many other people already own the game. It's it's, it's, it's the highest brilliant. Um, I was writing a piece for this for uh, GoNintendo.com because I honestly don't feel like we need a Mario Kart 9 at this moment. I mean, we might get one eventually, maybe when Nintendo makes a brand spanking new console, like that's the Switch 2 or whatever, the new next evolution. Of, not of for at least a couple of years. Exactly, not for a couple of years, but with this much content for that low of a price, because really all you need are just new tracks. The, the roster is a stacked roster already. 
-hmm. but $25 on a game that's actually pretty cheap, that's the best-selling Switch game in the world as of right now, that's a no-brainer. It's if five years old. Yeah, it's no, not only that, that the game originally came out on the Wii U in 2014. That's so crazy. And here's the here's a fun fact. Do you want to know how many how many copies that game sold for on the Wii U? 750 million. Eight million units around. So less, you want to know how many seven. how many units sold on the Switch? 10 million. 43.35. Holy shit, that's actually extremely high. Well, <laughs> well, it helps when it's a title that's sold with the console when you purchase. That's it still sure. a lot. That's how I bought my Switch. That's I still bought my a Switch lot. with Mario Party built in. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. That's a very lot true. Very What's true. next on the list? Uh, yeah, I'm next... all for this. I'm all for like have right. more Mario Party in one place. That's great. Uh, Brandon, but, if you have anything, just like shout it out. Are you excited for new tracks in Mario Kart? Not particularly. It sounds cool. I'm sure I'll play them. All right, probably. Uh, Next on the list is Xenoblade Chronicles 3 was announced. This was the big showstopper that ended the direct. It will follow the adventures of Noah and Mio amid turmoil between the hostile nations of Heaves and Agnes. Xenoblade Chronicles 3 also looks like it will connect to the futures of both the original Xenoblade game and Xenoblade Chronicles 2, and it's slated for a September 2022 release. So I know we haven't played these, Ben, but I I know you thought this trailer was dope because you said, so how can I play 1 and 2? Because I also thought this trailer looked really dope, but I'm like, oh shit, I want to get into this franchise now. Because this looks really cool. Good news is that you can find the definitive, the first one, Xenoblade, the definitive edition at Target, and you can also find it cheap on Amazon, but for some ungodly reason xenoblade chronicles 2 which came out a lot early in the switch's lifestyle is really mcfrickin hard to get and it's also stupid expensive on the secondhand market i don't know why ben well, mcfrickin do that to you i don't know why ben i've what? known you for a very long time but uh-huh. every single time you say mcfrickin i always do a double take because i'm like did he just no he did he does this it's it became one of my uh catchphrases now uh sparks any words on xenoblade or not so much nope okay Look, it's gonna. Here we go. Mario Strikers. This is after Fire Emblem. This is what this was a big showstopper because a a year ago, our friend of the show, uh, Patrick Brickhouse from the Retro Blast podcast, he was on the E3 episode with myself and Inga saying that he wants more Mario Strikers. The Mario sports games outside of golf and tennis have been silent. Oh, yeah. And we're getting a brand new one, and this looks gorgeous. So the thing that is so exciting about this one is because like there hasn't been another soccer game since the GameCube one, right, Ben? Is right. that correct? Okay. I want to say the Wii. I want to say the there, was, there was one that came out on the Wii, but no, like, there was definitely one that came out on the GameCube. Okay. No one talks about that one. But anyway, Strikers, what makes Strikers so cool is that like it is the one of the only Mario like offshoots that has its own really unique, cool like style. Like there's hard lines. They're all dressed like aesthetically, like they're punks and they're cool. And they they actually fight each other. It's a, it's like the, one of the most violent Mario yeah. games. You can just go punch people in that game. And thank God they are keeping that aesthetic. Like you're just gonna beat people up in this game. And you and they're all dressed like battle warriors. Looks awesome. Strikers yeah. is one of my favorites. This was my most hyped one yes! from Nintendo Direct. I love Mario Sports. I don't give a shit about real sports. I love Mario Sports. I'm not gonna. I've never played the original Strikers game. Both and and Mag is over here in the chat. He is confirming that there was another one on the Wii version on the cool. Wii as well. Okay. So we yes, had the Wii version Wii. was the one I played. I really like it. Okay. I love Strikers. I'm happy that it's coming to Switch. Hell yeah! I am going like like I said. The second they announced Strikers, I'm like, oh, first I, I listened to this to hear the joys, the the sound of joy all the way from our friend Patrick saying Hallelujah because he's been wanting this for a good long while. 
Uh, also, this is another big one. We, this has been rumored for a while. Chrono Cross, the Radical Dreamers Edition. It's a remaster of the original game that came out on the PlayStation. It's coming to the Nintendo Switch on April 7th, but it's also being bundled with a text adventure that never released, as far as I know, never released here in the United States. That's really nice. I love extra stuff. I don't know if I'll play this one because it's I long long JRPGs. Yeah, can't do it anymore. Yeah, I want to say Chrono Cross is a sequel to Chrono Trigger, but maybe not a direct sequel. But there's elements of Chrono Trigger that that hap- the events of Chrono Trigger affect the world of Chrono Cross. Um, so many uh, Chrono um, Chrono Trigger fans were stupid excited, and I'm happy for them. And I would like to play this, but I'm I'm gonna hold off on this one for a while because uh, I do have Chrono Trigger. I'm gonna play that first, and once I finally yes. do, if I'm like, luckily it's coming out on the Switch, and it's like cool i'll be able to snag it and i'm looking for and also i'm just happy that people get to there's like another we get the game yes but also we get something added that we never experienced before yeah a little little sweet treat yeah definitely uh let's see portal is coming to the switch portal one and two the or portal the official title is portal companion collection which i think is rad because hey Portal's i'll buy those again game. portal yeah. is one of the greatest games of all time and portal 2 is also one of the greatest games of all time and like those are portal 2 is such a good co-op game mm-hmm. um playing it like on a switch like with friends like that would be, that'd be great on online co-op and stuff too like that's mm-hmm. a good switch game i really like the online co-op for portal 2 i thought that was really fu- really cool oh yeah, yeah. The game's great. oh yeah and now you can play it on the go which so many people which is like one of the best things to have a switch and actually those are one of like the best feeling games too like just in general like i, I, I love those games yeah i still remember the when uh portal like that like the height of portal popularity people are around the oh around, brandy you might remember see some people were just saying the cake is a lie like anytime mm-hmm. someone mentioned cake it's, it's true let's see uh, Spl- uh splatoon 3 they uh showed off a new mode called salmon mode which is coming mm-hmm. to the game when it uh, releases later well, wait wait, wait i can correct you ha salmon oh. run mode salmon run mode thank you yeah so I mean, mode. um i'm not a big splatoon guy i i never Me really either. got into it i never haven't played it but it's uh, it's the creatures look interesting you gotta get these salmon eggs and you gotta throw them into a basket it looks creepy or not creepy but it looks interesting so cool it, new mode for splatoon fans yeah the, it has a it does have a huge fan base it's just not we're not in it yeah but hey you have they have it and that's great uh next up kurt a new gameplay trailer for kirby and the forgotten land sparked the memes all over the internet gentlemen what do we think about this because this i wanted to get this game hardcore but first now i want to get it even more oh you got a kirby hat i put it on my cat oh <laughs> i'm so excited for this game because i didn't realize they're just making mario odyssey but kirby yeah because that but that's what it looks like like him throwing it, like it's basically just the hat but like yeah like it's true it looks yeah. so good it looks so it looks so good not only that, I also love what they're doing with the power-ups. Because if you haven't played any a traditional... Tur- well, actually, this is the first true 3D Kirby game, if I if I remember correctly. Because even Kirby 64 was a 2.5 uh, side-scroller. Kirby's never been like a full 3D, wor- 3D uh, world like this. It's His games have always been side-scrollers or puzzle or other type of games. So right. the fact that they're changing the power-ups as you play through the game, I think that's a brilliant idea. Like, you rescue more people, you get better power-ups. Yeah, yeah. It was fun to see. Uh, this was we talked about last week as one of our hype games that we're looking forward to. So yeah, cool to see more of Kirby. Oh yeah, cannot wait. Uh, oh, also- Beck. 
bring up Mag's uh, comment real quick because like that's also the thing I'm like I'm most excited about. Love the idea of Kirby building a town for Waddle Doos. Yeah. yeah, like you're building up this town for the people you rescue, and I'm like mm -hmm. a town builder in my po post-apocalyptic Kirby game. What? You and what? it's a cool and it's a co-op game. Oh really? Did I miss yeah, that? Yeah, you one person plays as Kirby, the other person plays as a Waddle. Is it a Waddle Doo or Waddle D? No, whatever. Yes. Yeah, either one person plays as Kirby, the other plays as a little Waddle person. I love it. Yeah, moving down the list, um, a new Disney cart game is coming out, Disney Speedstorm. It's a free-to-play game that's coming later this year. Not a whole lot, um, just like a, a few screenshots of tracks. Designs also, not a, also not a Switch exclusive. Yeah, not a Switch this exclusive. This is the first time we've seen anything for it. Yeah, this is a free-to-play Mario Kart Disney clone. No, I'm okay, I'm okay. I mean, I got, we got Mario Kart DLC coming out, so I'm like, that one's getting all my time and attention. Disney, I love you. You have made some pretty good kart racers in the past, but not, uh, it, not this a, time. It's a free-to-play one where you like you buy the costumes and accessories for the characters you want. So, like, yeah, if you're into that, that's cool. I'm good. Uh, no, Ryan, this is for you. No Man's Sky. It's coming to the Nintendo Switch. You can play No Man's Sky portably. How cool! Oh yeah, that? I'm gonna play it on the literally worst looking version I possibly can. Yeah, right. That's kind of the bummer. It's like No Man's Sky is kind of a game built entirely around the aesthetic of enjoying what it looks like. That's the huge mm -hmm. problem because it is a massive game. So. If you're not playing the cloud version, that game's gonna look like shit. Yeah, I played Fortnite yeah. on my Switch, and it's really hard for me to do. Yeah, when I have it, the PS5. It, and this, it's surprising that it's like that. It's not the cloud version. It is a it is a Switch version. So I'm just like, that game's got to be limited in some way. Because there's like, I played mm -hmm. like the PS5 upgraded version, where like that's the prettiest game. Like you could you yeah. can see for thousands like, of miles. Like I'm all I'm I'm happy that No Man's Sky is there for like accessibility purposes of people who are like want yes. it on the Switch and like mm -hmm. that's cool. It is not even close if to the that way is I would prefer to play that the game. The only way right. to play the game then that is that do it. But otherwise play it on like an old gen play it on a PS4 if you have I'm, to instead. I mean I saw it I thought if people don't have No Man's Sky they maybe want to play casually or or just yeah. or, or they just want to play it here and there and they don't really care about the the visuals. Um they'll I was like cool get the Switch version. Um, to, but at the same time, though, no, well, like not might, caring about the visuals, it's like that's the whole point of the game. Yeah, it is a big part of like going to different worlds to experience like the different like how it looks, and, like what it right. is, right? And like seeing like the atmosphere and like more particles and like that stuff is important in like in a sci-fi space game. Like the for No Man's Sky, I mean, cool. The game is on Switch; people can play it on the go. That's great. But at the same time, I feel like with a game like No Man's Sky, especially with how it, how far it's come since its launch. I want that thing on my PS5. I just I, is, I don't see how that game runs on a Switch and it doesn't chug hard. That, yeah. That's yeah. the only that's the only thing. Yeah. This is one of those True. where I'm definitely interested when the Steam Deck comes forward. If uh, there you if go, that beats uh, the yeah, Switch yeah. version of the No Man's Sky. People that's like really five like switches. If you want it on the go, yeah. you get it on the Steam. That's deck. like five switches. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, definitely. So after that, um, one of my dreams came true. Oh, not one of my dreams, but one of my uh, hopes. My uh, um, what should I call it? My direct hopes came true. We are ha we actually have a. We actually have a release date. Come on, alcohol, calm the F down. We have a release date for Advance Wars 1 and 2 Reboot Camp. It is officially coming to Nintendo Switch April 8th. That's pretty much all I was really hoping for for this Direct. That's how soon. Like, like when the Direct came out, it's like, hey, we're having a Nintendo Direct in February. I'm like, I just would like a release date for uh, Advance Wars. Everything else is just uh, serendipity. And uh, yeah. Lori, I got a lot more than I asked for. I like the reason I like this direct so much is because like they said before it, it was it, they announced it as like hey this is going to be for all the stuff coming the first part of the year it's not it's not any of our big time players so it is a lot of like these smaller stuff and then like hey here's a Mario Strikers for fun uh, so like I'm happy that we're getting like oh Advance Wars and like all these other like smaller things mm -hmm. like they're finally getting announces and I'm like cool like not every 
not every direct has to be oh my god it's zelda you know like right. i i enjoy these smaller ones like no. I, i'm i'm going to play advanced wars oh no yeah. advanced advanced wars i'm i'm i've been i've been hyped for advanced wars ever since they announced it um but i at the same time going on your comment ryan i'm with you because a lot of people on my twitter when the, when the announcement came that hey we're having a direct in like x amount of days people are like oh there better be zelda news there better be news about this i'm like guys calm down this is all the big stuff is saved for june or for october e3 is right around the corner yeah it's you're they save the big stuff for e3 and they save the big uh, more big stuff for october for the holidays that's what that's for this is like here's the beginning of the year we got some stuff coming in the pipeline. Here's some some uh, updates. Here you go. The big stuff you gotta wait, and I'm yeah. fine with that. I'm totally hundred percent fine with that. Sparks. After all that said, what what made you disappointed in this? It's not that I was disappointed. That's not what I said. I said I'm just not as hype as Ben. Yeah. It, look, eighty percent of these games are like I I like. Yes, it's cool to hear the release dates, but I already saw the stuff for them, and I'm like I mm. I know I want them or I don't like Advance Wars. Like yes, I want it, but like I didn't. I didn't get like hype as hell about Advance Wars One and Two's trailer. It's it's cool to know the release date, but I I just wasn't hype, right? Yeah. Um, but then like there's a decent chunk of these that like I'm being realistic. Like I know I'm never gonna play the Xenoblade Chronicles. I yeah. know me, and I'm never gonna do it. So yeah. like there's nothing. It's not that it looks bad. It, I just know myself, and I'm not gonna play that game. And so there's nothing for me to get like super stoked about. I'm hot on Strikers. That's big. I know I want to play that Kirby game. This trailer was cool, but like I already knew that. And uh, still got more to talk about, and I'm too. happy to get the Mario Kart thing. Like yeah. that's yeah. that's that's me. Like I'm not disappointed. Yeah. I'm just like not crazy. Hot. Not as hot. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, not as hot because I was expecting it's like okay, cool, direct, and then all the stuff that came out I was like, and, holy shit. And like, is it, like the things like Portal, like that's cool, but I'm probably not gonna play that on my Switch because I still have it on my PlayStation and yeah. uh, Xbox. That I'm, you know, like No Man's Sky. That's not where I would prefer to play it. So it's just kind of things like that where I'm mm -hmm. like, yeah, it's cool that it's on Switch, but I'm not gonna do it there. Yeah. I mean, like there was another trailer for it's not on here, but they have a. The Kingdom Hearts uh, cloud version. I'm sitting there like I'm never gonna play Kingdom Hearts on my Switch because exactly. I have it on my PlayStation because I don't need exactly. to. Exactly, good, good example. Like I'm it, like great that it's on Switch. I'm never gonna touch it there. Exactly. Wait, Kingdom Hearts is getting a cloud version, but No Man's Sky isn't. Right. See, that's what weird. Is, what? Yeah. That's crazy. I feel like I mean, that's like also Square's Hearts 3, going. You have to, but like all of them are cloud. Yeah, I feel like I just need like, like the size of those games. I'm like, yes. I don't understand that part. Yeah, I don't sure. get it either. Yeah. Go ahead, then, go ahead. Uh, we got a few more left to go. Uh, the This opened up the show, or the direct, I'd say. Fire Emblem Warriors Three Hopes. It was an announcement trailer. This is based off, of course, um, Fire Emblem Warriors, which is the Dynasty Warriors clone, but with all Fire Emblem characters. And just like Hy um, Hyrule Warriors Age of Calamity before it, it takes place only in a certain uh, universe of the game. That game being... The highly popular Fire Emblem Three Houses, which there's new, um, there must be, there might be new story in. Um, I, it's weird. I'm glad there's new story and there's like more stuff for Fire Emblem Warriors fans. I've never been a, a Dynasty Warriors fan, and I have played uh, Age of Calamity. I'm just, I'm just not into that. To be that's, perfectly honest, that's I'm not, I'm not into Musos either. Like I, I dropped off the Dynasty Warrior train a long time ago. Uh, I honest to God think those games are only fun to play with another person, or just like extremely drunk. Uh, <laughs> It, again like they have a huge fan base and that's great like mm -hmm. it's just you know uh, it is a shame that like there probably will be story stuff because there is story stuff it, albeit it's not super big there is story stuff in in those those zelda uh, there was uh, yeah so like in, uh, there, probably calamity, will be story there was stuff. yeah in age of calamity there was some really good story stuff but as as i was playing through it i was like mm, it made me want to play breath of the wild more yeah and if i play this it's going to make me finish my other two runs of fireball three houses more sure. Whereas, I mean, 
this probably if it's gonna follow the, the formula as the other games it's gonna have a co-op mode but co-op mode when i was playing age of calamity of age of calamity it was very laggy like the frame rate was just especially with the, two the switch can't handle it man it's yeah like... the switch can't do it i think like that's the thing is like when i played the dynasty warriors games in the past and it's been a while um the i i liked only really like playing them doing couch play maybe online play would work too but like i it, it's it's all about to me like being able to what's engaging is like oh i'm clearing over here and i'm clearing over here if i'm just going mm-hmm. through it i feel like it gets repetitive and dull very quickly oh yeah, yeah absolutely yeah i mean i was having fun playing with fanny but once we got to a certain point i dropped it and i never touched it again and i'm like i don't well, want to maybe this one also, doesn't have to be for you. i also think yeah. that all of them are due for incorporating the the modern lego technology of how they do co-op split screen? with the split screen where like mm-hmm. it's the it's the base around where you are on the screen so and it rotates yeah uh, mm-hmm. i think those games desperately need that that is true that's a good idea I mean, hey, if you're excited for Fire Emblem Warriors, I am happy for you. I'm glad it's coming out. I love Three Houses, but it just might not be for me. But you know what? If someone, if I do somehow play it, I'm, I might change my mind. But moving on to something that, once again, never came out to the United States, Live Alive is it's finally one. coming to the West in July. Oh, cool. This is a RPG that takes place throughout time, and you play during certain eras of history going all the way to the caveman to the far future and in the middle you have like the old west you have um edo japan you have like the present day this game is it looks so cool and yeah, i am I mad say, that i've never heard about it before well because it never came out in america so they like we weren't allowed to know about it because like it didn't come out here like i'm pretty sure this is the guy who made chrono cross and this is a kind of similar game to chrono cross where it's like a time traveling epic but like it is so much more time traveling epic and like Mm-hmm. It, it it looks like a super unique game where it does a lot of like like uh, uh propri- proprietary weird stuff in it like like an undertale or like a like a earthbound or like a mother yeah um it looks super unique and super fun and like i definitely want to play it and like the fact that it never came out here and it's like so beloved mm-hmm. uh you can apparently because I, I i was listening to a podcast about it uh you can find like a third of it online in like a rom hack but the game was never like they never there was not a complete version in America. So like you can play it a third of it online in Japanese if you want. Um, this is this is one of the ones that looked interesting to me. I'm just not entirely convinced I'll ever actually get yeah, to it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm um, if it comes out somewhat soon, I probably can't play because I'm too busy with like bigger yeah. games. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Ryan, you mentioned uh, Earthbound. This direct also announced Earthbound and Earthbound Beginnings, which essentially it's Mother and Mother Two. Yep. are coming to the Nintendo Switch Online, SCS and NES, um, respectively. And Magazine of Chaka says, Mother 3, I'm okay waiting. Because everyone, man, everyone thought... was like, everyone 100% thought that there was going to be a Mother 3 announcement immediately after. Right. And like, a lot of people were disappointed. I'm like, I, I get why you'd think that, but I'm like, not yet. Not yet. Not yet. Sorry. Not yet. But moving on, Front Mission is coming to the Nintendo Switch, a tactical RPG that was famous on the play, on the PlayStation 1. It's getting a remaster, not just the first game, but both games are coming to the Switch. The first and the second one, I should say. They are announced, and it's got giant giant mechs, and it's a tactical RPG. Pretty much you're, sing, you're speaking my language here. It's, it's literally like... So I talked about... I was going to say a couple months ago, but it's the pandemic, so it's probably more like a year and a half ago. Uh, I was playing uh, uh, a BattleTech, which is a which is a mech RPG, and it is exactly Front Mission, just twenty years in the future. Uh, it is a it is a board game based tactical. You move your mech and you choose like where you attack. You can blow someone's arm off, and you can use their missile launcher afterwards, like that kind of stuff. Uh, uh, I am so excited to like to play this like new version of it because like this is literally like just like you but, like this is like my shit. Yeah, 
like this year is becoming like the year of tactical RPGs for the Nintendo Switch. Triangle Strategy, I have the, the demo I downloaded. I played a mission of it. We got Metal Slug Tactics coming out this year. We have Advanced Wars 1 and 2. Uh, not when Metal Slug Tactics come you out. Have let it. me tell you. You can have Metal Slug Tactics. Not when that one comes out. Yo, when, Metal Slug Tactics, Switch, when Metal Slug Tactics come, I'm probably, I'm probably going to be like, I'm going to be like, the second exactly. I find out when, if I either myself or Sparks finds out when that game comes out, we're going to message you. I was like, this is the date. This is when it comes out. But last, but, try, there was something for Triangle Strategy here, right? Briefly, I think yes, I just, uh, it was. Um, it's coming out in March, and there was it was the announcement of the demo that um can save your game up to three chapters, and so once you do get the game, you can transfer your save data over, so you don't have to that's restart. A lot of hours too does, of the game. That's a lot does, of hours, apparently. Again, like I'm, I'm loosely unconvinced I'll ever play it, but I also really do like the look of Triangle yeah. Strategy. I played the first mission. And I am in love with that art style. Mm-hmm. And yeah, the art style is what's making me want to actually hyper. Do it. What's it called? Like three D two D. It's like ultra. It's like ultra HD two D. It's yeah. it's pixel sprite. It's like a mix of uh, of sixteen bit SNES Genesis pixel sprites with a high res version of a of, of a Sega Saturn or a Sega Dreamcast background. Looks real good. I was, I talking, looks I was talking with a friend about the art of Triangle Strategy, and it's that they're like they're using um, consistent three-tier painting so that when they're painting the colors of something it's always consistent of like it's different shades so that makes it so that the pixels are easier to separate but it gives them like their 3d look even though yeah, they're yeah, yeah. two-dimensional and i'm like that's incredibly smart because it makes the shading very consistent and i love like i'm so excited for the game because like implementing different like elements into each other like oh you make this thing burn on fire to kill all your enemies or like using water and electricity and like that's again like strategy shit. I love that shit so much. Like taking oh, your time. And there is um when I was playing the first when I was playing the first combat stage, there was when I moved my cursor, I was on a dock and I moved it out to the ocean accidentally. And there was a thing up in the the corner of my HUD that said it was freezeable and the water was calm. So I'm like, wait, can I like cast Blizzard on it and freeze it and get more ground to move? That would that's be awesome. That's, that's awesome. I'm so it excited. Is. I mean Too it's the first that. it's the first battle, so it just gets you the, with the basics, but either way. I'm excited. This is another tactical RPG that I'm going to sink probably so many more hours in, and I just got my PS5. This is, my wallet's crying. Yeah, it wants to murder me. But last but not least, and this is actually something that caught me off guard, but I'm also super excited for, Klonoa Fantasy Revere series got mm-hmm. a gameplay trailer, and it's coming to the Nintendo Switch. For those of you who may not know, Klonoa is a puzzle platformer game from Bandai Namco, and it is amazing. I played this. I played Klonoa 2 on PS2 years ago. I loved it. Never rented it or beaten it, and I'm mad because I couldn't find it, and it's stupid expensive now. Right. I've never okay. played this, but I now recognize it as like, oh, I've seen this game before. Yeah. 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 So it's coming to the Switch, and Klonoa 2, which is the game I played on my PS2 originally, is getting is at is in this collection. So I'm like, I can finally beat this game that I just played it once for like five hours straight and i was like this game is awesome and then i took it back to blockbuster and never touched it again i i've definitely seen the design and i've never been invested in the game and and maybe this will be a time no idea we'll see so another platform uh a mascot platformer yeah yep so that's uh that's everything there ben that's everything all right well um why don't you take us out of this pause menu segment real quick (laughs) fun pause look you you said it Here, you're welcome. Uh, I'm back. Hi, guys. 
uh, Sparks and I were doing the Peacemaker dance for a second. Yeah, it was cute. I noticed. Um, all right. Real quickly, I do want to talk about... Um, we didn't talk about the Oscars, uh, but I just wanted to say I'm really glad that Andrew Garfield and the Mitchells vs. Machines were both nominated for the things I thought they should be nominated, and that's really all I cared about. So cool. Yeah. For, for reasons I know also that Mitchells vs. the Machines is nominated for Best Editing in an Animated Feature Film this year for the Eddie Awards. So from the American Cinema Editors, good for them. Hell yeah, Eddie. Yeah. I really hope they clinch it. They're up against three Disney movies and a very powerful docu-animated docu movie. It's weird. Uh, I think it's weird that Raya is up there. Oh, me too. Yeah. That movie is Luca good. Luca and Encanto and Mitchell's vs. Machines, I get all. Oh, Raya, man. Like, what, a good, come on, man. what a good list of movies, though. Yeah. If it's not Mitchell's vs. Machines, I want it to be Luca. Those are two, but I want it to be Mitchell's. Those are two good movies. Yeah. Oh, no, it's got to be Mitchell's, though. Yeah, Mitchell's is the one I'm, I'm rooting for. Mitchell's, yeah. Mitchell's is the one I want to win it. Luca is, in my opinion, the clear, like, secondary. That movie's gorgeous. The only reason I could see them not giving it to Mitchell's because, like, they just won one for Spider-Man, which is not a good excuse. No. It's not a good excuse. Disney wins every year. No, I know. I know. Like, but I'm just like, I'm like, some like, some like, oh, no, Sony. I don't know. Like, I could see them doing some bullshit. But it's Yeah, be. Pixar Pixar has won every year except for a few times where Happy, where Cars lost a Happy Feet. Uh, someone lost a Spider-Verse. And then one more. I forgot the other one. Um I really hope it's Mitchell's. Uh, Mag is right. in the chat. He goes, Mitchell's, I agree, but no in the Oscars. Maybe they'll, they'll do us right this year. Man. Uh -huh. right. One can hope. Okay. Let's get let's get into our trailers then. Trailer Park. What uh, what year of the Oscars is this, Brandon? Sorry. 2022. No, I know. Like the 87th? What 94th. 94th? 60th. I think so. You know, fool me 93 times. Shame on me. Yeah. <laughs> Legitimately, Sparks, I thought you were testing testing if I knew the year. And for a second, I didn't. You got there. <laughs> you think I'm too mean to you. <laughs> All right. Uh, the Wolf Among Us 2. Ben? Ow! Yeah? You hear that music? Yeah. I heard that music. Yeah. I heard that music, boy. That's the proto-man. The proto-man was in that trailer. Holy shit. Uh, he was like, yo, we got to listen to the song because it's dope. And then he showed me the track. Uh, that's a good song. That's a real good song. That song is about Dr. Light fighting Wiley, who became a fascist leader? He told me. Yeah. That is off an album based off the creator of Mega Man? Yeah. Brandon Light is the Night by the Proto-Man, which I also believe you are familiar with, is in the Wolf Among Us 2 trailer. I am familiar with the song. I think so. I guess not. But it's probably been a while since you heard it, but I'm pretty sure Michael shared it to you at the same time he shared it to me. I uh, am very excited for this because I like that first game a whole lot. Me and too. I really, really love the telltale, telltale model of games. Like when, when they are done perfectly, that is my perfect video game. It is a perfect merger of like storytelling and gaming. Um, sure. So like uh, if this can, if this can like be, be good, like I'm, I'm so excited. It looks Excuse me. Those Telltale games, like after a while, they just they started to chug and started to not look good because they didn't change their engine for ten years. And like this is a new studio, a new engine, and stuff. So like it looks like it looks really good. It it looks, it's unfortunate to be coming out after the Fables controversy, but like, that's the yes. But like it it's not tied. No, to, it's not. Which makes me feel better about yeah. it because it's not Bill Willingham like doing it himself or anything. Right. Um. Right. 
I'm really excited for this to come I mean, back, for real. I, you guys know, I was before. I mean, before I knew about the controversy, I was a huge fan of the Fables books. I have the entire uh, graphic novel, uh, graphic novel collection. I absolutely love those books, even though that Bill Willingham is a bit of a jerk. Hey, there's still there can still be good stuff in those books. Yeah, there's yeah. there's good stuff I, in those I, books. Yeah. But I was definitely getting nervous that this was going to get canned at one point there. Because we stopped hearing about we it. We stopped hearing yeah. about it, and I thought maybe that it's it's over. Maybe it's shelved. Maybe even after all the after all the stuff with Telltale, but with I feel like. Because the Wolf Among Us, the first one, was the only fable or not fables, the only Telltale game I played. Because to me, that just the the setting, the characters, the way the story is, that is a, a perfect scenario for this type of game. Not to say that the like the Walking, not to say the Walking Dead isn't a good one or the Guardians. The Walking of Dead is like the Batman. perfect example of, of choice and stuff mattering in a post apocalypse. The Walking Dead one yeah. probably is, is the best, best Walking Dead in anything. It, it's the but. it is the best piece of Walking Dead material, I think. Absolutely. There you go. Hey, that first game is a triumph. There you go. But I, the only the only one I played was the Jurassic Park one. There's a Jurassic Park bad. one. It's, it's it's from the earlier days. It's um, fine. It's pretty yeah. much like in the early days. There was like Back to the Future and that. Yeah. Um, oh, they were get, they were getting to they where were they were getting now. it. They're all right. I will always appreciate the Jurassic Park Telltale game for picking up the story of the the um, shaving cream yeah. can. Mm-hmm. I'm glad that's what the story is about. Uh, but yeah, it's it's not it, it's not bad. It's just not uh, on the level that Telltale got to later. Yeah. No, I I. I but I liked it when I played it, but that was like yeah, I ages too. ago. I did too. I'm not knocking it. I think it's an enjoyable one. I, I definitely think like Telltale perfected the model they were building well at the time. Yeah. 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 Either way, I'm excited. I'm looking forward to this. Oh, yeah. Okay. Uh, Atomic Heart. I'm surprised you put this on here, and I'm glad you did. This looks like nightmares. Because this game looks insane. This uh, it, it's it's like Russian Bioshock to be like to be reductive, but like it is a like cool open world like like dystopian weird cyberpunk robot monster game uh you have like you have like L- Dystop- dystopian in the sense that like it looks like you're in utopia and then the utopia yes. turns on you. yeah like 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 robots are like your servants stuff like that but things go really bad um there's like bioshock powers where like you know you have like thunder and like you can like free stuff in midair and like the game looks gorgeous and there's these enemies that are giant balls like the um the, like the enemy from incredibles the giant ball from incredibles on mm-hmm. the joy mm-hmm. This thing that can roll around really fast and then spring out their, its legs, and I'm like, that's horrifying. It's awesome. Uh, the enemies have faces that like come apart, like and go. Oh, the the, yeah. the, the 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 like many teeth on the faces flapping around. Yeah. And then there's also zombies in the game with like weird plant, parasite plant like being things. Yeah. Like there's so much cool shit. Like this is like a really cool like like Chernobyl like radioactive monster cyberpunk Russian. Game. And it looks like the intensity of the amount of enemies that can get on onto you is like doom level. Yeah. Uh and like and like uh, you have like a gravity uh, 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 a hand. You can like pick things up and slam them down with telekinetic power. People. Yeah, it looks like You got a power glove. You got a power glove. It's so bad. Uh it just looks really now really cool. We're playing with power. Wizard. <laughs> uh yeah, I just think it looks really cool and I hope it lives up to like the hype that it's warranted. Like that's getting. Yeah. It's getting a lot of serious hype because this trailer looks really cool. Yeah. It does, um, and I'm I would probably echo a lot of what Ryan said because honestly, when I saw the trailer, I was like, "This looks like Bioshock, but not and scarier." Because I really hate it when the robot's face goes back and you see the you know, exoskeleton. I'm oh, like, yeah. "Someone give me a shotgun!" Because I'm getting Five Nights at Freddy's uh, nightmares. I was about to say the same. Like Ben's getting his nights at Freddy's flash flashbacks. Yeah. Like, oh, 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 Freddy, <laughs> that stupid fox. Uh, I put this one on here for you, Ryan. Vikings Valhalla. Thank you. 
yeah, this looks like good. This looks really good. I need to finish Vikings because it's got a lot of seasons, but like following Leif Erickson, happy Leif Erickson day, everybody. Uh, I'm really excited. Uh, I just love Vikings. I love historical, uh, historical action, historical fiction. I'm all, I'm all about it. It looks yeah. cool. I'd like to watch it someday. Yeah. And like, I think it's uh, like, if you do want to jump into it, like it is, it is tied to Vikings, but it is a different like time period. Like, like not, not significant, but like, like, like Book of Boba Fett. Like Book of Boba Fett. Yeah. Uh, except I don't think two of the episodes will be focusing on the character from Vikings. Uh, spoilers. I mean, you don't think. I don't think I could be wrong. <laughs> Maybe a precedent will be set. Um, I mean, it's not really, it's not, um, I mean, it has to do with Vikings, but it doesn't have to do with Vikings. I've been hearing the song Valhalla Calling from Assassin's Creed Valhalla a lot around the internet recently. That song is rad. It makes me want to watch Viking shit. And now uh, it's like, cool, I have Viking also, shit to watch now. Uh, I didn't even watch it, but there was a trailer for the new Assassin's Creed Valhalla DLC, which is about Valhalla coming. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I saw that around. Yeah. yeah. Odin's there. When is it? <laughs> Am I right? Men. Am yeah, I right? What's up? <laughs> <laughs> I don't, the movie. I'm not sure what this is about, but so I definitely I looks cool quick, as shit. I got Garden of Eve vibes when we saw the tree, sure, and the guy standing next to it, and then they did the coming soon at the end, and you clearly like hear some hissing and you see snake scales. So I'm like, okay, this is probably some like slightly biblical uh, Adam and Eve paradigm kind of story. Uh, real uncomfortable imagery about like people just off in the distance, like uh, that always like unnerves me. Oh yeah, me. like um, doing an echo scream and then a scarier love, scream back. I love any trailer that uh, I, I I really love well made trailers when like they make the trailer itself a piece of art, and when you take a sound bite like her in the tunnel and turn that into something that creates a sense of growing ten intention and intensity throughout. Uh, the trailer, I thought that was really effective. I just love, I love uh, creative trailers. This looks really intriguing. I don't know what's happening, but yeah. I want to watch it. Well, I'm, more, I'm curious why it's called Men. Uh, Alex Garland is awesome. Uh, I know you guys haven't watched the TV series he did last year called Devs. But it's I think incredible. I think at least Brandon's seen Ex Machina. You've seen Ex Machina at least, so there you go. So you're familiar. Ben, have you seen Ex Machina? Oh boy. Ooh, gotta get to we gotta get you. We gotta get you into a party, man. Oscar Isaac dancing, baby. <laughs> I really like Ex Machina. I just, I just know the second uh, I saw the ben, A24 logo and I... Ben. Yeah? Ex Machina is the thing that made me realize my greatest fear is actually AI. <laughs> it's a spooky one. Um, I didn't know that's actually what my greatest fear was until I saw that movie and I'm like, oh, I'm afraid of AI. <laughs> oh, the future is now. We should stop. Yes. Um, oh, I hear Terminator music in the background. Uh, Alice. The first of our of our Kiki Palmer uh, duology. Yeah. This, this is based off a true real story. Our, so yeah. um, uh, just Wild. just to be clear, uh, there is no supernatural event or anything that happens. Uh, this was a section where they were able to be secluded and kind of run things their own way. Like in the uh, deep, like deep they south. They kept running yeah. things the way they ran in the 1800s, and she escapes. Yeah. So and like Annabellum? Like on the outside. Huh? Well, right, right. So Annabellum is why... Is why why spark said there's no supernatural anything happening because that right, was Annabellum had like a, a supernatural thing i'm saying like what he did is that he basically isolated and kept things running as if it was still the 1800s and isolated all these people out from the world so they didn't know like the amish what the modern yeah. world mm -hmm. was like anymore yeah. yeah they didn't know that they were free under the law right yeah yeah so so kind of like annabelle were but instead yeah, yeah. And people kidnapping him to take him to this plantation yes. they, Except they, this really happened happened <laughs> this really yeah. happened Oh, right. This is a true story. By true events, this really happened. Yeah. In our country, 
this really and then and then she uh, she goes and she gets revenge she meets a nice man who helps her out she gets a, a kick-ass new haircut and new new wardrobe she's like i'm gonna get some revenge on some other rappers yeah i do think this trailer is awesome i do think they showed us a little too much yes because sure. it's not like because yeah. like i didn't need to know that she made that she wins in the end that she puts like they show us like what she does to the dude i'm like i wish i would have like seen this in the movie but it's still mm-hmm. enough to be revealed i'm sure yeah, I, 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 I thought this there's was an really... amount of that. Sorry, real quick. I do think there's an amount of that just being a backlash to like bad reception for Annabelle and that they want you to know like everything you want to be satisfied by this, you're going to this see. This isn't like torture. Of like, yeah. yes, yeah, uh, yeah. of like you're going to see her get that. Yes. And uh, I That's think they're fair. wanting to like tell you like you can see this and you're going to be satisfied. That's fair. Uh, mm-hmm. And I think you kind of unfortunately just have to get the audience to know that for them to have the confidence that they're not going to, that this isn't going to be bad black exploitation like what we were talking about with that Amazon show where it's like black violence yes. for the sake of black them. violence. Yeah. Them. Yeah. 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 Uh, this looks, I really like how this is filmed um i think this looks looks like a really pretty movie um i'm glad that a movie like this is being made because i didn't know about this event and and now i do right so, it's another like a uh, tulsa situation yeah watchmen. Uh, yeah. With, uh, watchmen where like you know it's it is important that everybody knows and like it's it's unfortunate that it's very easy to kind of brush off the like oh yeah true events like that people will have to know like that this is a real story and, and i hope that it does deliver on that kind of weight by it I'm really excited for johnny lee miller that he's playing the bad guy God, he looks great. so spooky uh, he oh. looks he looks real uncomfortable yeah um is he also I'm sorry i apologize for interrupting but is he also playing joe exotic in the peacock original joe versus carol i don't know Ooh, no, no, I, I don't, don't think, think so. so. Okay, that's not okay. him. Uh, he would have been. He would have been a really good one. But if, actually, if you were yeah. playing uh, him, I think I'd want to watch that too because I really like John watch Lee it. Be I'm pretty mouth. sure it's not because I know because I know Kate McKinnon is playing Carol Baskin because they were showing clips of it throughout the Super Bowl today. No, you're. It's John Cameron Mitchell. That's okay. 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 Either way, he looks good as Joe Exotic. He is funny. Good. He's not. He's not enough to make me want to like go watch that show. Whereas like Johnny Lee Miller. That would be weird. I, I really wonder how he. It's like that's unexpected. Jo, Joe Exotic, yeah, that, that he's would, not like a. Comedian. That would pull me in because that's an unusual stance for him to do. I was more interested in the Nicolas Cage Joe Exotic project that they canceled. Oh yeah, so I mean, was who I. wasn't? Who yeah. wasn't? Who I? Who isn't interested in anything Nick Cage does? Honestly, <laughs> on some level. Truly. So like, um, yeah, I'm I'm really glad that they're making this movie. I I hope that it lands. I hope that I I do hope that there's a lot to value in it. I, I does seem like they're trying to make it very clear that this is going to be like a satisfying story that this isn't going to again, like feature that kind of um, black violence uh, utilized poorly, but yeah. uh, t- trying to actually tell something important. And I hope that that lands. Cause that's a lot of the problems that were there with them and, and antebellum. Yeah. Yeah. Firestarter. Firestarter, twisted uh, Firestarter. I didn't, I didn't want this remake when I'd heard about it because I thought the original Firestarter was perfectly good. But now, but I am really pleased to see that this in no way looks like just a remake of the original, but something wholly like new as far as the imagination of how it is being presented. I, and I'm yeah. all for it. I love the premise. It's like a secret X Men story. Uh, it's about like the parents dealing with the child coming to terms with their muta- mutation. But like, it, like the the kid looks so good. And like the fire looks really good, and like I love Zac Efron so in much. The, in the context of the Stephen King things, this is supposed to be another kid with the shine. The shine, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's just coming. It's being adapted and brought out of her in a different way than it, it's been with like um, uh, the other characters we've seen Danny. in film. Yeah, uh, same thing with um, Carrie. Carrie's also supposed to have the shine, and it yep. kind of comes through differently. So this is oh this yeah, is Chloe Grace Moritz. Yes, this is for this girl her version of what's happening, and uh, 
Carrie being a good comparison when the Carrie remake came out, as much as I love Julianne Moore and I love Chloe Grace Moritz. And I, I went and saw that movie and I was happy to see it. And I'm glad that it had a female director and everything. Like it still kind of just was doing the movie again and having read, the book. Original. Having read yeah. the book. I'm like, there's a lot more you could have done that the original movie didn't do. Mm-hmm. This looks like this is actually taking a lot of strides to not just do the original movie again. And I'm very thankful for and it. And like, in, in like, they make it feel like it's like a superhero movie. They even say like she could be the first superhero. Yeah. So they're definitely posing it as not the shining. But she's um, but she kind of is moving she's kind of moving into a super villain role with all that anger mm-hmm. because um but you mentioned the fire way back and I've been trying to say that that the, the reason why the fire to me looks very good is because it's mostly practical. Right. That's amazing. Yeah. And that's I really think. cool. Some of the, some of it like on the arms you can tell, but I'm like, man, is that little girl really on fire? Holy shit. There's just you know, the when the original was made, they had no way to do like a lot of the effects of like the the low level heat intensity rising, like your things are in an oven around you. They're uh, so good. That, in the that trailer. is being done in like the heat waves, like yeah. that, just the visualization and a lot of the sequences. It's it's just not like the door that they bubbling. did in the original uh, at all. So I am grateful that like this is this feels like a complete new reimagining of what this like what the, the story was. You can see like the heat waves like attack people. Yes, like, yeah. attack that one guy. Awesome. Yeah, I'm I'm all for it. It and looks like, really good, and I like this cast. Like there's like you know producer of Invisible Man can mean a lot of things, but like like. Like Blumhouse, like this feels like like this is the right move for them to make like Firestarter like in this way, like like the Invisible Man new approach, like for sure. It, I think this looks really good. Like surprisingly, I'm super into this. Yeah. Uh, again, I'll watch anything with with Mr. Ephraim. And this is a Stephen King one, right? Yeah. This is a Stephen King book. Yeah. So this is this is uh, a new adaptation, and I I haven't read this one, so I can't say if it's like bringing more pieces in from the book. Well, Ben uh, has. Ben, could you tell me? Um, is this bringing more pieces? I feel like it's been way film? too long for that joke to. It's been too long since that joke's made an appearance on the show. <laughs> it has. It's, it's, it's due long. for a resurgence. Uh, ben Magnus, Stephen King's best friend. Can you tell me? Does this look like it's bringing in more elements that are original to the book than the original film did? Firestarter, mm-hmm. twisted Firestarter. Yeah, let's huh? find out. All right, all right. Thanks, Ben. He <laughs> doesn't want to spoil it for you. We need sport. to make a logo and music cue for this. Um, <laughs> <laughs> what's next? Oh, uh, I, I'm doing this. The Atom Project. Oh, yeah. Uh, definitely looks like it has money behind it. I Wait, hold on. Uh, they didn't say Firestarter fast enough, sorry. Yeah. It's a, <laughs> it's a good prodigy. Um the, what is this? The Adam the project? project. I really, I really like what I'm being shown, but I haven't had enough to full blown like hype me yet. Yes, if that makes mm-hmm. sense. I the thing that's most got me right now is the concept of the young boy version and the adult version reencountering the dad, mm-hmm. and I'm like, so, okay, cool. So I know there's a good heart at this movie. I'm sure that's like the focus and what this movie's going to do a lot of storytelling with. Yeah, and then just be in all these time travel sci fi trappings. I'm like, well, cool. I'm I'm yeah. in for that. So for me, this is actually one of my most anticipated and it, not like top five, but like it's up there. Like the idea that like, for me, this is Sean Levy, right? He's done, he's done date night, real steel, uh, free guy just last year. I love all these movies. So I'm very much looking forward to, it's got his name on, he's directing. I'm very much looking forward to another Sean Levy film. Um, and I, I did, I did really like what we're seeing. I agree with Sparks seeing that heart, but like his name, directing this is the one that's got me like yes i want to see another sean levy movie sure and yeah I, like uh, i'm i am happy because it is sean levy behind the wheel i'm just saying like what's what's been shown to me so far hasn't got me to like full-blown hype i'm definitely yeah. interested i do want to see it um there's there's an element i'm not seeing yet in this trailer which is fine because it's the first trailer yeah, yeah, yeah that that's not quite 
hooking me yet. Yeah, there's yeah. yeah, like I'm liking all the elements that are presented, but like it's not giving me enough. And like the trailer, it's it's trying really hard to sell you on like this is a big epic movie because the music is going so hard, mm-hmm. uh, like really hard, Look, really just, hard. Thought, more than anything, I'm just really happy that the couple from Thirteen Going on Thirty made it and had a kid. It's a it's a it's a slide sequel to Thirteen <laughs> Going on Thirty, so I'll always accept it for that. Um, yeah, like it looks cool. I just like. I need to know that this isn't just like another Netflix, Netflix, Netflix. Yes, Netflix. It, it just another. Oh, it, they got a bunch of famous people to be in this Netflix movie, which it looks like more than that. But I need to see a second. I, I think I think Sparks is I think what Sparks is hitting on is something that Sean Levy has proven very very good. Is like the heart of the of the film is there, and we see it in this trailer. And so like yeah. the uh, if that's there, then it will be something. It's probably not as big or grand or epic as the trailers are trying to make you think it is. Probably I hope much so, more, yeah. much more like uh folk like character focused um kind of in the same way that free guy was even though the free guy was very much kind of this big epic no, but there's ab- still a like, ab- character focused absolutely like free guy was a smaller movie than the trailers even let on but like yeah. but like there's specifically a, sh- a shot where it's like the music's going so hard and he's doing a thing with his double lightsaber i'm like they're really trying to sell you on this movie really hard mm-hmm. um as like big action trailers do so like again like i do uh, the heart is there. I will need to see the second trailer to see like, yeah. but is everything else there for me? Because for so far, I don't know. Not sure. Sure. Ben Jurassic World. Um, no, no, I'm just gonna echo what pretty much what you guys said. I mean, okay, I just I am, wanted I'm to go. No, no, I'm looking forward to. I'm looking forward to um to the Adam Project. It looks good. I really like. I like the scene where it's like, it's like, wait, you're me. Is like, I was you. It's like, I'm, for some reason, like, I, I like that part. It looks like a calmer turn for I, Ryan Reynolds I will too. say the thing that the thing that it did convince me of this trailer is that um Ryan Reynolds and that kid already have very good chemistry. Yeah. They they yeah. very clearly play off each other well and I'm happy for that. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Jurassic World Dominion. The third okay. Jurassic Park. Uh, uh Ryan ain't happy. I'll let you know that right now. Um, I, I can tell. I'd like yeah. to know why. Uh I'll I'll go first. We can get to Ryan. Um Drew <laughs> I like the concepts on display as far as like, you know, we got dinosaurs in the real world. This was the, the promise of Fallen Kingdom. And so like now we're yeah. doing it and I'm like, get the visualization of that. The fact that we're not just back on the island, a lot of the dinosaurs that we're seeing, I'm like, I'm all for these things. I think that's cool. I don't know what the story is. So it's hard for me to get into it because I don't know what's actually happening. Um, they showed me a lot of flashy things and not every flashy thing works for me because like just showing me Chris Pratt in these movies anymore does nothing for me. Um, I've seen two movies of him and I still don't give a shit about that character. Uh, Bryce Dallas Howard a little bit more, but, but mostly because I like Bryce Dallas Howard more, not because that character has left a big impact on me. Um, I, I'm excited to see new dinosaur designs. That's always cool. Um, especially these ones that are trying to incorporate a lot of like the, 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 like now more scientific understanding of what we believe dinosaurs look like. Uh, I'm all for it. There's some really cool action pieces and it's undeniably nice to see the trio from the original Jurassic Park back together. Uh, Same clubs and everything. That part maybe threw me off a little bit. I'm a little irked that they're all just kind of in their exact same costumes again somehow. You don't, you don't change your clothing trailer. 30 years after, you know. Well, I guess that's a fair point. But no, um, <laughs> I'm, 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 that's a joke. Uh, it, but, but really, end of the day, like what it comes down to is that I... I'm definitely intrigued because I'm intrigued by the concept, but I don't know what the story is right now. And so it's not 100%. I'm going to see it. So like it's dinosaurs. It doesn't really matter, I guess. Yeah, I guess it doesn't really matter. (laughs) Really? We're all going to see it anyway. Right? 
Well, you, I still. So you're you're the you're not into. This I just don't think it looks like this is like there's no color. Um, oh, f- famous character from the franchise. It's me, famous character for the franchise. Let's go do this thing on a green screen real quick. Cool. That's how you choose your characters by saying their names. Um, I don't care about the main characters of this franchise. Um, there are some cool shots in this movie, but every Jurassic Park movie has cool shots because dinosaurs are inherently cool. I was talking to Sparks about this. It really bums me out that Jurassic Park is the only franchise that has dinosaurs. We don't get any other dinosaur movies. So we are forced to accept these movies for what they are instead of asking for better movies. Because we get a thousand dragon movies, a thousand vampire movies, but we only get these movies because Jurassic Park somehow has a stranglehold on the dinosaur franchise. So uh, I'm happy for everyone who gets to see more dinosaurs. Uh, this the story here. Cool. It's they've made another bigger T-Rex. Cool. Cool. Are you guys happy about a bigger T-Rex? Well, it's not a it's not a hybrid this time because they they said they're not doing the hybrids oh. again. Oh, that makes me feel better about it then. Um, that's me. No, I like a lot of people are super <laughs> excited. Like I just I know this franchise left me uh, two movies ago, which is fine. I really like this. I'm that, I, I'm, I'm, I'm very like honestly. I'm very excited. It's one of my most anticipated at this point. I really liked what I was seeing. Uh, I, I I personally get a sense of what they're doing with the story, and that's all I really need from a teaser, which is that someone is making these new dinosaurs for some reason. And then that, what that is will probably be revealed a little easier in the next trailer, and then we'll see it fully in the movie. I, I get that. Um, but when Alan and Ellie saw each other, uh, I shed some tears. I was so excited to see those two back together again. Um, and I'm looking forward to this one. I, 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 I'm, I'm, uh, I, I really like what I'm seeing. And Blue, specifically having like a kid, like Blue's the best character in the franchise, which is strange. That's a, a raptor. Because um, she was the best part of Fallen Kingdom, I feel. I kind of look at like either, either it's bad like Fallen Kingdom, in which case I have a good time because it's bad. Or it's good, like the first Jurassic World, which I do, I do genuinely like. So, like, it's a win-win for me. I, I'll enjoy it either way. Yeah, that's I'm, great. I'm, I, I'm on Brandon's camp with this one because I that's saw fine. a trailer and I was like, "This is this looks great. This looks fun. I, I'm looking forward to it." That's dinosaurs out in the real world. What's the consequences of that? What like seeing a T-Rex at a drive-in theater? Shit's gonna hit the fan. And yeah, just like Brandon, I I cracked a smile. I mean, I'm didn't cry but i cracked a smile seeing uh sam neill and laura dern on screen together again i was like they're there there's yeah. something nice about I, that but yes. like i'm gold bloom already showed up once so like i know he'll show up for any paycheck so like i i don't i i don't want to yuck the yum no um, I, I i never want to it's just how i feel i just i just know that like for me right now i'm going because i want to see dinosaurs and yeah. i'm going because i want to see that trio and like that's yeah. nice but like I don't know that I'm. I don't know if I. I got care Rise about... of Skywalker vibes off this movie I- I- immediately. Like they're calling it the end of the franchise, the end of the Jurassic saga, or whatever. I'm like, okay. 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 I I don't know. I don't know if I'm uh, sold by the concept of what I think the story is. Which if it's just Doctor Wu is somewhere on. He's a rogue scientist making evil dinosaurs. Okay. And flooding the world with dinosaurs, I'm like, is is, is he making millions be, of them to take over the world? Is that going to be a satisfying story? I don't mm-hmm. know. I don't know if that's a sad like, like can you can you make me as much as I want to see them? Can you make me believe that there's a good enough reason to rope the original trio into the adventure with these other characters and make them go catch Doctor Wu 
if that is indeed the plot. Like, I don't know. Can you sell me on that story? I'm not sure. Uh, we'll see. You were talking about- I'm sure I'll have fun. I'm sure I'll have yeah, fun. You were talking about directors and like Sean Levy has made a lot of really good movies recently. Uh, you guys should watch Colin Trevorrow's last movie if you want any indication of how his next movie will be because it's one of the worst things ever made, <laughs> truly. Um, but dinosaurs are cool, y'all. I'm still probably going to see this too because I'm a shell for dinosaurs because again, no one else is giving me dinosaurs anywhere else. So I'm going to, I'll see this movie. Well, isn't a question about that last movie because I haven't seen it, but I, I, I heard I, it's 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 you know it's legendary. Um, it lost him. It lost him. Star Wars Nine. Um, is real? Is one movie really enough to put him in director jail? Because like Safety Not Guaranteed and Jurassic World are both, in my opinion, very good movies. Well, Jurassic I will, World's a I good movie. I disagree on both of those movies. You don't like Safety Not Guaranteed? Uh, it's based off a true story of someone's real life drama that killed somebody. So I think that movie is really insensitive. Oh. I don't know that. I'm sorry. Yeah. Well, I mean, of course, like you don't know these things until until you know them. So, like, I that was a movie that you never should have got made, in my opinion. Hmm. Yeah. Lightyear. I did my most anticipated movie of the year <laughs> because we saw Zerg, baby. I'm all here for this it. This movie looks so sick. You saw Zerg. Um, like it's it's we don't get like besides that it's like a good looking Pixar movie. We don't just get any animated sci-fi movies of this like of this scale. Like the closest thing is something like like a Star Wars because that's like all CGI, right? Like we don't get big like Wally. Wally, yeah, that's Pixar. Mm-hmm. Uh, like this just looks super fun, and it's like, uh, uh, yeah, like Zerg robots and like uh, Chris Evans sounds awesome. Like he's doing like he's not doing he has a Tim cadence. Allen, but he's, he's got doing, the cadence of Lightyear. He's got like the tone. Like he says one line of like, "It's a really big robot." I'm like, "Oh my god!" It's like almost just, like Tim Allen, just a massive robot. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> very Tim Allen. I'm like, "Oh my god!" Like. I like that first trailer, but like I knew I like, but like this trailer really sold me hard. Like, uh, I don't like socks. I don't like the cat robot, but like everything else about this trailer, like just ruled for me. I love. I it. actually do like socks. <laughs> I thought socks is funny. That's great. Yeah, socks. Is, um, socks is, is another. I was side I was really it. intrigued because both Megan and I, the first time we watched it, that first line that socks says, we both went, "Is that Tom Hanks?" <laughs> are they making tom hanks his companion and it isn't but for a moment we both heard, and every time i've heard that trailer socks doesn't sound like tom hanks in the rest of the trailer but that first line i'm like is that isn't tom hanks is he in the What's movie and we don't know it yeah right that'd be wild um uh but it's not i will he do you think he'll he, he and Anton Mellon make a cameo somewhere no i don't oh, okay. i don't think they'll ask i i I I would I could believe Tim Allen, but I could also believe it not. But I I yeah. could definitely believe like him as like if if like if Buzz has a CO, it's Tim Allen or something. <laughs> that if you have a, is it, if he has a flashback to his dad and his dad, dad is like, his Allen. dad's a cowboy. Yeah, yeah. Or you can have uh, Tom Hanks like it's like what do you like? Someone walk goes in his room is like what do you watch that old cowboy show? It's like ah, I like the yeah. and you, and it's like the Adventures of Woody or something like Woody's that. Roundup. The, the, the premise of the movie like i i i didn't know i don't know if it was released like they're stranded on an alien planet right. i thought they were like we humans going to space for the first time like no they're they're colonizing like this is they're in the future future and, and like they're stuck and they're stuck like that's awesome that's like a cool premise love it love it i can't i cannot wait to see this movie in theaters um if it's on imax even better i it looks gorgeous i've I it's got I me it the second i heard that chris evans was lightyear and the second they're making a lightyear movie that's about like Buzz Lightyear and actual space. I'm like, I'm in. You got me. It's kind of it's kind of silly to say given like the context, but 
I want the toys. <laughs> the new, the new toys. No, the, like, the, like, like the new, of like, course I'm going to want it. That big Zerg, dumb Zerg robot. Yes, I'm going to want that. Holy shit. Do I already have Zerg? Of course Yeah, I but do. you don't have this Zerg. No, I don't. Don't make, oh my God, he's going to look so cool. Oh my God. Sparks, you're not the only one. I really want the his, toys. He's got his triple blaster, y'all. Y'all. I, I didn't think we were going to see Zerg before the movie. I really didn't. I thought they were going to keep it like very vague, but the fact that we got like a full good look at him more than once in this, I'm like, oh boy. This looks like a really, again, like outside of the, of the like Pixar, like uh, uh, IP of it, like, like it's just a dope looking space movie. And there's like a cool sci-fi movie. And it's got solid comedy. You got like uh, the guy who's like, we're all counting on you. He's ah! <laughs> like, yeah, right. Gotcha. <laughs> uh, Brandon, you haven't really said much about this one yet. Oh, I wish it was. I was hoping you would ask that question, but a different phrase because of the next trailer. Um, no, I, I, yeah, I'm very excited for this one. This is probably my most anticipated of the year. Uh, like you guys said, uh, the this I love science fiction. I love big, crazy science fiction, and this just looks like a science fiction movie. Pixar movies always look gorgeous, but this looks like beautiful. Yeah. And like again, like they've been like doing different styles for all like the newer newer movies too. All the stuff, all like. the different environments. Like yeah. this might be one of the most like insane amount of like different locations we're gonna get in a Pixar movie ever. I'm yeah, because really again, like it's mostly to... like Earth based stuff. There was right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. This is, I, I saw this trailer a couple times, and at the end of it, I said, "This is the, this is exactly the movie I wanted." When you're saying we're like we're gonna do a light year spin-off movie that's just going to be the movie within the the movie i'm like yes and it has to be da 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 and like it's da 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 it's everything yeah. i wanted from this movie <laughs> the next net they're gonna make like a like an animated woody movie but it's gonna be django unchained but with woody <laughs> or something weird crazy it's gonna be the woody reboot it'll be what the, the gritty woody reboot yeah, yeah, yeah. I, there's I'm a just, snake in my boot i'm so pleased i think it looks so good yeah i think it yeah, i'm I'm so I'm so happy. That ship design, I'm gonna want that ship. Oh, I'm gonna change the order of these. Uh, we're in the Super Bowl trailers now. Oh shit! Which uh, a, a, at least one of them like actually didn't come out with the Super Bowl. Came out earlier this week. Just yeah. Like Jurassic World. Uh, and the Adam Project. Yep. Um. So the DC movies trailer. Yeah, that's the one. Uh, it wasn't. It wasn't until this Snippets. was released that I went. Holy shit! There's actually we talked about it last week, but I'm like, there's four DC movies this year. That's bananas. <laughs> Jesus, one's very, like less than a month. Yeah, I'll we be our... I'll, I'll be honest with y'all. I'm ex like I'm not excited for one of them, but all of these got me hyped more for all of the movies. Yeah, even the bad one. All even, the one scene of the Flash with the goggles. I'm like, I kind of liked it. That looked cool. That looked I cool. I was the the man. The, the Black Adam one surprised me the most because, like, I thought Ooh. I'd be, like, super excited for, like, Aquaman, which I am. But, yeah. like, the Black Adam one was, like, Hawkman, Dr. Fate, Pierce Brosnan looking fine it's as just Dr. A Fate. J it's just a JSA movie. In the and I'm the Adam Smasher in his that iconic costume. Oh, man, I'm so like, excited. Growing bigger in the buildings, like, that's a good shot. This looks like a well-shot movie. Handsome yeah. people everywhere. Really cool. Really cool. I didn't expect them to, so like, good. to show all those people. I will say I'm a little nervous already that we're going to make Black Adam a hero immediately. Me too. They are, oh, Me too. The way that Dr. Fate's talking to him, I'm like... Well, I don't know if you know it, guys, but the hierarchy of, of the DC universe is about, about to change. change. Yeah, but I always thought that meant that he was just going to beat the shit out of the universe. No, no, what it means is it's about drive. It's about power. <laughs> um, <laughs> he is going to be, yeah, unfortunately, like an anti-hero. He will be still be like, I'm aggressive, but like, I'm when a hero. I when I saw this, when I saw this 
trailer dropped. It was with The Rock's tweet, and I was like, did he? Oh, he did say, and the hierarchy of the DC, the hierarchy of power in the DC universe will change. I go, you got it. You had to do it. You had to do it. He needs you to know about the hierarchy. Um, so Batman's coming out soon. Like I didn't need to see any pretty, more. pretty bold to make threats for a bunch of actors that aren't even present in that franchise anymore. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> uh, right. so Batman, where are you at? Superman is like, we, nobody knows. Henry Cavill just in his Witcher uniform. Like yeah. I, I want to be there. That's right. Uh, so we got Batman coming soon. Obviously looks great. Super excited. After that, it's flash. Yes, I believe so. Um, yeah. Michael Keaton still being there. I think. Is it is Black Adam before? I don't remember anymore. No, I don't think Black Adam's before Flash. I think it's after. I think it's after, and then it's Aquaman. I thought it yeah. was before because we definitely got more Black Adam footage so far than we, we got did. Flash. We did. Yeah, there is a Flash. Black there is Adam? a Flash. There is a Flash trailer though. Well, because right, but Flash was still filming when Black Adam was done. So I'll tell you right now. I'll tell you right now, baby. Uh, anyway, um, Black Adam, July, the Flash, November. Mm. Crazy. But yeah, and, then and then Aquaman, and then right back to back, and then Aquaman in December, mm-hmm. and then Avatar too. So I'm going to ask you guys a question I asked Ryan, which is: If Flash does reset the universe, does Aquaman two take place in the reset universe or the pre-reset universe? No, I can't. I got to zip, zip back up. I don't want to. I don't want to. Guys, we know changes are coming because Batgirl is also set with J.K. Simmons, Commissioner Gordon, but it has Michael and Keaton Michael now. Keaton as Batman. Uh, this wow. universe gives me a headache. Um. <laughs> Um, if they're gonna do, if they're gonna do it right, they're gonna do it chronological, so it will take place in a new universe. But it won't. It bold, won't. Bold. Here's my answer. My answer is Aquaman two. The whole entire movie takes place before the Flash reset. However, the post credit scene establishes the Flash reset. No, <laughs> because because nothing in Aquaman will really change. Well, no, they'll just be like, wait, what happened? <laughs> It'll be like a wave, and like the green will turn to like a darker green. Like, oh, okay, cool. And Amber Heard will change to Johnny Depp before our eyes. <laughs> <laughs> Why are you looking at me, Way Arthur? What's wrong? All right. I'm excited. Like, even again, like I know we're all like not excited for the Flash, but like, I I did four DC movies are coming out this year, and like three of them look pretty sweet. The hypest of the hype I got was it when Hawkman stretched those oh, big ass wings. Oh sh- shit, dude! Aldous Hodge. Oh, dude, I'm so worked, happy for he him. worked out so hard. I'm so happy for him. Oh, yeah. He didn't the have most to do that working out. I saw that butt in the Invisible Man. <laughs> Good workout <laughs> butt. I just, I just, I saw Doctor Fate. Like both shots of Doctor Fate, like the Pierce Brosnan one, and then him, him in the costume. I was like, oh man, yeah, oh man. Doctor, like Adam Smasher is a guy who grows, and like uh, 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 a Cyclone is a person who makes Cyclones. Like Doctor Fate is a Doctor Strange where he does crazy magical shit. So like the guys, Lord the of hierarchy, Order, the hierarchy of the DC universe is about to change. Yeah, it's gonna be. It's going to be Superman and Batman are down here now. It's Black Adam. And then right up here is Peacemaker. Yeah! The hierarchy. Uh, Sonic the Hedgehog. I didn't even see him. Sorry, what? Sonic the Hedgehog too. Yeah, baby. Big robot. Big robot. Ben. The big robot at the end, which is the final boss fight of Sonic 2. You got Sonic and Knuckles fighting for the Master Emerald in the middle, which yeah, is a classic saw, Sonic the Hedgehog. You see the master album. You see him clashing heads, which is just like a couple, which is like. Uh, Guys, this is this is how I feel like I would have felt if when Dragon Ball Evolution was being marketed, it had actually looked like Dragon oh, Ball. Oh well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like I'm like, yo, you just like did it. You just did it. Does, you did the thing. Does he turn into Supersonic in this? No. Yes. Mm, I'm gonna say yes. I'm gonna say yes. I'm gonna I say they're not gonna wait till my my instinct says no. My mind's telling me no. But but, but I'm thinking body. a little bit more about it. I'm like maybe 
I'm gonna One. I'm gonna go middle of the road. Oh. I'm gonna say he grabs You centrist. I'm gonna say he grabs an emerald to help boost his power, but he doesn't become So he goes Kaioken. Right. Okay. I'm super saying he's Kaioken. Okay, all right. I'm gonna say I right. do Kaioken first because you gotta like tease up what's No, I coming. get it. I get it. But, so... but I will say it's him and Knuckles. They both like they both like taking emerald piece, they both get superpowers, both fight big big robot stuff. Oh, no, they man. do. Or or in the Sonic games, <laughs> okay, so fun fact. Sonic the Hedgehog 2, the actual Genesis game, first game to have supersonic. If you collect all seven emeralds and you get 50 rings, you hit a button, you become supersonic. I'm sorry, are you explaining it to me or are you explaining it to him? To the audience. Yeah, okay, not No, me. he's explaining it to Willem Dafoe. <laughs> yeah, to Willem Dafoe. To Willem Dafoe. So Tell I'm me more, honey. I'm also trying to, to uh, give my reason as to why I think Sonic is going to go supersonic in this movie. Because yeah, because if, if we're having like the robot, we're I mean we're also having Gun, which is from the Adventure series. But if they're so if far, our making... world, if our world ever turns into Ready Player One, I'm teaming up with Ben. Oh, he yeah. Oh, I, I guess I guess here's my reasoning because I'm not entirely convinced the Chaos Emeralds are in this movie. We do see I the Master Emerald. Exactly. Yeah, I think yeah, we yeah. might just get the Master Emerald. That, that's okay. yeah. But, 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 but I could see them channeling the power of the Master Emerald, Kaioken style, not getting super formed yet, but getting teased like, mm -hmm. yo, now there's seven Chaos Emeralds out there. Something that's could happen. The, that's okay. the cliffhanger. That's, that's the that. next one. And, I'm uh, excited for this movie. All right, so question, all right, yeah, question two. It hasn't been in any of the marketing, real but... Quick, real quick, sorry, Ben, real quick. The only reason I think that is because I think it, they do want to keep this movie relatively simple and straightforward as much as they are trying to put stuff in it. The Master Home World is already a MacGuffin. I don't think they're going to introduce seven more MacGuffins. That's, yeah, true. that's true. Okay, I understand. Yeah. yeah, the thing, and Eggman needs, or Robotnik needs, he goes after the, the Emeralds, which is what gets Sonic, Knuckles, and Tails, their super forms anyway. And that'll be the next movie, and they'll bring in even more of the Sonic characters, and it's a big and Emerald Infinity War hunt. You see me. So, you see me. I see it. So, question. Metal Sonic, this movie or next movie? Because that's been a rumor that's also, been floating around oh, for a while. That I believe more than Super Sonic, to be honest. But I honestly, I honestly would not be surprised if that's also only teased this movie. I'm okay with the what tease. If, what if the villain? Because I'm not convinced. This I'm, we're talking about this longer than I thought, which makes me really excited. I'm not too excited for it. The the big robot. I'm not convinced that's the final boss. Of oh, the it's movie. not. I so, don't yeah. think it is at all. I think Metal Sonic might actually. That might make sense. And then Knuckles him and have to team up because Robotnik will throw Knuckles out because like, oh, you're not as good as I as I made a new guy. And Knuckles will be so mad he to team up. With Sonic. I could definitely see Knuckles and Sonic teaming up to fight Metal Sonic. Oh, I think yeah. that is far more likely than we get Super Sonic. That's a, that's a three. That's a three thing. Um, I'm excited for this movie. <laughs> I think the locations look really great. I was I was uh, really surprised and happy that we've gone away from the urban locations of the Dude, first movie. Like seeing the the giant robot was like seeing Azaru in live action, <laughs> which has never happened. Yeah. But it's like that's what it felt like. I'm like, oh man, this is like if I saw Big Eight Vegeta in a live action trailer. Like they really, really did it. They yeah. really, <laughs> really did it. This is not a full that. blown 180 from how I felt about the original Sonic trailers. Mm -hmm. Like Sports, this is not like nothing. no. Like, what if They're we just embraced? In. What if we just embraced everything about the games? And I'm like, yo, yo, Sparks. <laughs> not only that, it looks just like it. It's got the mustache. It's got the eyes. The nose. It's everything. It looks exactly like the game. It's like, oh my god, they freaking did it. My my concerns when the first one came out was that I was like, it feels like they think that the designs from the games would look too stupid in person for like most of Robotnik's bots or Robotnik himself and all this kind of stuff. And now we're here, and I'm like, no, they know. They know they can just go crazy. Like, what came first, 
Dragon Ball Z or Sonic? Uh, Dragon Ball Z. Okay. Okay. So Sonic, so Sonic has been was the, the written manga by. chapter where Goku becomes Super Saiyan comes before Sonic the Hedgehog goes Super Sonic. Because I didn't realize there's thing the seven emeralds, seven Dragon Balls, Super Sonic, Super Saiyan. Uh, yeah, it's all connected, baby. The 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 bit of like Super Form Golden Dragon Ball takes the claim on the originating that. Nice. All right, moving on. Moving on. Yeah. Real happy to be happy about it. Yeah, for real. You should have seen my face. The Lord of the Rings, rings the Rings of Power. Oh, interesting. Not a lot shown, uh, but looks good. It definitely looks expensive. It's a, definitely a teaser. Like it's it's hard to parse like because there's no like character stories. It's like these are what people look like and how expensive it looks. Yes, it does look the expensive. world. The world looks like the world. Yes. The armor looks like the armor. That's all I could ask for. Honestly, mm-hmm. like in a teaser, like right now, yeah. I'm right now, I'm happy. I am bummed that when they were doing like before the king, before they didn't do the two towers, that they didn't say when they said before the ring that it didn't go t big t h e the ring before the, before the ring, um, or like underline it, yeah. Otherwise, no complaints. <laughs> I thought, yeah, I really like how this is shaping up. Um, hopeful for the we won't get another trailer for a all, while all eyes will be on that show man yeah. and it's young Ned Stark it in there baby wild to see if it succeeds or fails yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. young Ned love him and Moon Knight Moon Knight 30 second it's teaser not, it's not in the spot but did you want to talk about Mr. Knight oh for some reason they released yeah I no I'm not going to spoil it okay I don't want to spoil it just in case anyone hasn't I never watched. sure yeah so they released a, a 30 second Super Bowl spot I've seen a lot of opinions, and I also saw your opinion, so I was curious if you just wanted to weigh in on that or just leave it. There is another costume reveal that I think was for Entertainment Weekly or something that I think looks really cool. I'm questioning why it's so early in the show, because it's a costume that he doesn't get for like 30 years after his first appearance. But that's besides the point. Uh, Could be different personalities. Different personalities have different Moon Knights. That's not how... That doesn't matter. Uh, Yeah. could could be that'd be that'd be a different take on it. Um, it's just more more of the trailer, like him flip flopping between like dreams and waking up, like a lot more of the Egyptian stuff. Like they are definitely doing the the Mark Specter is a mercenary in Egypt and gets like some bad shit happens in Egypt. I like there's that sh- tattoo. Yeah, the moving tattoo. There's a shot in this that I really liked. It's when Oscar Isaac has like the the Rubik's cube and then it, it snaps to a field and you just see Conchu behind him for just briefly. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, uh, all of that like like waking up stuff and you're in a different place is like really scary and like like done really well in that first trailer and in this one too. Yeah. Um, I'm I, I'm I'm really excited. I I don't know why, but one thing that got me just super giddy was when he does his cape and the cape goes into the form of the moon. Oh yeah, bro, that, that was a big cape. Like everything else, like the costume, the fighting, you see Khonshu and the stuff in Egypt is like, oh man, I'm I'm ready for this. And I'm he like, his, I, he matches his moonerang. Yeah, yeah, he catches that. Like when I downloaded a Mar- uh, Marvel Unlimited on my phone, I once like characters three Moon Knight. You got that yeah. shit in there, ready to go. Yeah, and I, now I'm... I'm very excited for the show. Um, I hope Next it delivers. Month. Me too. It's it better or else. Yeah, mm-hmm. I will. Yeah, I'll be sad. Sad times. Uh, do you want to do the Marvel one or the Jordan Peele one? Yes, Jordan Peele. Nope. Oh, okay. I guess <laughs> not. <laughs> a, not a planet Earth. Yeah, so. uh, I I think Ryan said it really well, where he's like, you know, it's aliens, but you also know that there's something else. 
Yeah. It's not. It's not something more is going on. It's not. It's never just that. <laughs> uh, I said, and after he said that, I was like, you know, Jordan Peele really has become like the the anti JJ Abrams, where he's the master of the mystery. Yeah. Um, he knows how to satisfy with like setting you up for like what's going on, and he's gonna like deliver that punch one way or another. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I really loved how this trailer played out. I love. Um, kind of what we see we only get like hints of the alien design and like the uh, like you know there's the girl with like the the face is all messed up and uh you kind of see the top of one's head like moving around the thing like uh, that go ahead oh there's, there's like there's like a there's like a bunch of faces of they look like owls almost like a bunch yeah of, like, they're almost owl looking yeah um so like that all that imagery is really cool and then there's another aspect of it where it's like it 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 looks like it's filmed in a way that makes an alien invasion look like you hear you like would hurt here during like roswell was happening and like oh they they did this it, it looks like how they would describe the terror they felt of being shoved up into a space into a spaceship yeah uh yeah there's a lot of really clearly like tense and uncomfortable moments that we're only getting glimpse of uh, i had no worries going into it i know jordan peele's gonna deliver yeah. somebody said like this mother effort is about to make me scared of the wacky waving inflatable arm flying like two minutes. <laughs> <laughs> like that's yeah. going to be the, when they all go. Ooh. So the fear of 2022 oh. is going to be these guys. Mag's like, I have so quick, so many questions, but nope. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. It, it just like, you just like us and uh, uh, get out. Like, like, what is it? What is it like really going on about? Like, uh, yeah, the shot at the end where like she gets abducted, literally straight out of the air. Uh, there's not many movies that like just do that. There's a there's a movie from the 2000s called The Forgotten. You saw the Patrick Willem suite. Yes, but like yeah. I saw that movie in theaters yeah, when yeah. I was a kid. And that yeah, movie's gotcha. not very good, but it re- reminded but me of, like sequence, yeah. there, that movie is really cool because it just yanks people out of the air in mid scene, and it's really scary. It's like the only thing memorable about that movie. But like they're doing it here too, and it's like, oh my god, that is so scary. There, there's like, a shot. Ah! There's a shot that I really liked where it's at like at nighttime and and they and someone's in like a phone booth I think and they look up and like the like almost like twirling like wind or water around them and then you just see that the edge of the ship kind of like with the thing it's terrifying terrifying a, it's like the Independence Day shot of like of like the shadow moving yeah with the ship and it's like how just overwhelmingly big it is so like very curious what the clearly it's aliens but like what's the weird thing about these aliens uh that I that I can't wait to see it's us from the future us from yeah. All right. It's Lapita with the scissors, but in space. <laughs> God. All right. Once upon a time, once upon a planet. Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. Guys, real quick, hold on. We've talked so much shit about like this movie being a lot of things and like what could it mean? And we did the same thing before Spider Man came out. But let me tell you guys, I just watched this trailer for this movie. It looks so good. <laughs> it looks so sick. Oh uh, my god, I'm so mad that I'm going to probably love this movie. After I think, everything I I think the most important thing to me is that this looks like a Sam Raimi-directed movie. Yes. With a big budget, and I'm like, I'm so relieved and grateful that it looks so good. It, like, this movie's going to be a treat to watch one way or another, and yeah. I'm happy to know that already. Yeah. And then there's all the other factors that are like, Yo, what? Like, um, the fact that they showed some stuff in this means that a lot of those things that we probably heard about are true, which makes it mean like this movie is going to be insane. Wanda, <laughs> holy shit! Wanda facing Wanda in what looks like her home from Wanda. Yes. I'm like, oh man, baby, and yeah. get some of those shots. The shot where it's coming in on her eye. I'm like, oh, oh, oh the, god, the spinning, <laughs> the spinning Doctor Strange shot. I'm like, oh my god. There's really the. 
there's the shot where where he's with America going through like the different dimensions, like breaking through, and you just see like the blocks come out, like forming in his face. And oh my god! I thought I, the I, first Doctor Strange was a visual feast for the eyes. This yeah. one looks like yeah. By the way, so we cranked that up to eleven last time. Let's crank it up to thirteen now. Just break this dial. By the way, I I told it's totally interesting to me that like what was what was like really cool to watch in Doctor Strange, like the first Doctor Strange, is just now kind of like, oh yeah, it's Doctor Strange. That's what Doctor Strange does. Oh, mm-hmm. he just like he warps reality out of whim, no big deal. Like that's just normal for us. Cause like we saw it right. in Spider-Man, right? But yeah. like and but like he saw it in Spider-Man and Infinity War. And it's like, oh yeah, yeah, that's just what that's he what he does. But this one like ups like what was what Ben is saying also like ups it a lot. There's a lot of really cool visual uh, uh visual stuff in this. But uh, to to echo what Sparks said, the thing that made me very excited was that this felt like a Sam Raimi movie. His voice is all over this trailer, and yeah. I was concerned that he would be nerfed by the Marvel formula. I I, I was getting that this way, thing, but this, but hmm? this, just real quick, adding to it that like this combined with Eternals, like it the MCU might be taking baby steps, but it does look like it's moving in the direction I want it to at last. Yeah, um, I I am still worried about all those cameos. Um, but now I kind of have an idea with where we saw. It. Look, it's it's in the trailer. Professor Xavier. It's it's yeah. it's it's uh, Patrick Stewart. Professor Xavier. I think that scene is where all the cameos we've been hearing of are. Yes, yes. I agree with you, and I think that then it makes sense. So, yes. so uh, it's weird talking about rumors that are probably going to be true because then you're just talking about what's happening in the movie. But yeah. that's just like that's the state of this job. But also, this is something from the comics, but it's radically different. Tom Cruise, Iron Man. Tom Let's Cruise, get there. Hold Iron on. Man. Yes. Uh, besides the fact that we did see a universe with a bunch of Ultron-looking Iron Man bots, which is something that the Superior Iron Man did in the comics uh, when he moved to San Francisco and was evil. Um, there's so much. Oh, I lost my train of thought because I was so excited about. It. Oh, Illuminati. That's the multiverse me. Illuminati. Oh, the multiverse Illuminati. Uh, Charles Xavier is a member of the Illuminati. I. I would do not think that the Fox X-Men version that we got would be a member of that. A multiverse version of Professor Xavier that is Patrick Stewart on the Illuminati makes sense. The mm-hmm. the the Brian Singer uh Professor X is not someone I think who would be doing multiverse saving. So I think mm-hmm. it is Patrick Stewart in just in a different it's me but from another universe cuz Honestly, I'm happy that it's Patrick Stewart and yeah. not James McAvoy. No offense, James McAvoy, who I desperately love. But like, yeah. if you're gonna do this, if you're gonna do what I think is happening with this Illuminati, with this multiverse Illuminati, I'm glad it's Patrick Stewart. Me too. Yeah. yeah um, right. And, and, and well, it is a worry. Again, before seeing the trailer and getting kind of what the context is like, his last performance was Logan, and like that is a really great thing to go on on. But if he's not playing that same exact character, which, uh, which you have to believe, he which is. you have to believe, like he's yeah. playing a multiverse. Like this, he, this is the this is the Xavier who he's went just on playing the team. An Xavier who probably might not even have anything to do with any of the X-Men movies we watched him in like and that's okay. Absolutely, yeah. Which would which would solve a big mutant problem which a lot of people are currently facing with him being in this trailer, which is a whole other bag of worms that I really don't want to get into about mutants. Um, I Max said below. Yeah, my, it's it's great. Um there is yeah. a poster that got released and on the poster there is a fragment that has that has Captain Britain's shield on it. She is in the movie. Like the poster confirms it itself. Like, well, like Captain the, Carter, yeah, who, Captain Carter. Sorry, yes, yeah, thank God it's not Cat. That's yeah. the that's the easiest one to. Yeah. kind of like she's in what if she's it. in what if. Like th- it is even more confirmation that we think that that the, the, this Doctor Strange probably is still the, the, the what if Doctor Strange, even though the optics might not work. Well, there's there's um, a few Doctor Stranges in this. There's I counted four different Doctor Stranges in this trailer. Yes, I yeah I'm I I can't even speculate. Like it's hard to even know where to begin. So like, yeah. there's, yeah. there's going to be a lot thrown at us, and it's it's not something I want to run like the whole gamut on. I, I'm I am sold 
by the visual storytelling that is on display here. I am sold by like knowing at the heart of this story is Wanda and Steven. Yeah. And yeah. and like what's going on in for both of them and who they are and who they've become because of the choices they've made and how that's going to affect them. And like this, it's unfortunate, but I do think this is kind of going to be the epilogue capstone for Wanda's development through WandaVision. Yeah. That this is where we're actually going to get like her turnaround on how she faces herself and processes who she's yeah. become and what choices she's made and, and, and what that leaves us with. Because like when we left WandaVision, it's kind of like an ambivalent, like I did a bad thing and like, that's whatever, but I'm yeah. going to leave now. Goodbye. Uh, and they, now it's like, we get that Wanda thinks like, I don't think what I did was that bad. And, not, and Wanda maybe having to face like, mm, maybe what so I did was bad. They, well, they did a, they did a real quick, they did a beautiful thing by giving us the line of like, you know, like when I do something, uh, when I do something, when you break the rules, you're a hero. When I do it, I'm a bad yes. guy. So that is that is beautiful because that's misdirect. Because now everyone thinks Wanda's the villain of this movie. Right. And Stephen Strange told you who the villain of this movie is in the first minute of dialogue. He says, "I keep having the same repeating nightmares." Nightmare is the villain of this movie. He's a huge Marvel like evil dimension cosmic villain. Um, I don't know how they're going to incorporate all of this stuff into there with the multiverse and um, Shimagorath. And Shumagorath, like, well, Shumagor like, I have to imagine that Nightmare is, is utilizing the, the broken multiverse to feed off Nightmares. The presence of the Illuminati has actually put me much more at ease. Me too. Because it makes me feel like a lot of these big, like, oh, these could really derail the film cameos, are most of them confined to one point of story and not yeah. like just elaborately strewn about all throughout the film so like we get still our big like it's just a setup of the concept of like what is going on in the larger multiverse and what steven has stepped into yeah and i think that's a perfect way in to a... use these kinds of cameos i hope we get eon uh Grufford back as reed richards yeah from oh, the yeah. old all fantastic of, oh my God. movies Bring and, him back. and like like characters like ghost rider who might be in this film are not on the Illuminati, but there is a broken multiverse where they can just show up and they have to be dealt with. Like that is the kind of, now that I've seen the trailer, like that's the kind of fun stuff that I'm okay with. Like it's not big. It's not a huge, like it's not a huge thing in the plot. It's like the multiverse is broken. Shit's going to happen. Like I would expect it. If it didn't happen, I'd be mad. You know what I mean? If I'm reading a I, multiverse comic, I expect so, that. So the Illuminati thing I'm, I'm, I'm very on board with, but I, I believe that the Illuminati thing also also deconfirmed some rumors i think once the once the once the line that this is going to be a celebration of marvel uh, uh thing dropped people started running with anything they would hear like oh this character i don't actually think blade and ghost rider are in this movie yeah. i do think because i do think that all the illuminati are characters that are actually that are either rumored to be like um tom cruise or uh jim from the office as reed richards i forgot his name um John Krasinski as Reed Richards. I believe that the Illuminati are just our cameos. And then yeah. the rest is just strange and, and other strangers with America outside Chavez of, and Wanda. Outside of Captain Carter and then whoever that other, other world Captain Marvel is, whether that's Monica yeah. or Maria. Yeah, so because like there's Wanda fights somebody in this trailer mm -hmm. and a lot of people are like, is that is that Monica Rambeau? Is that Captain Marvel from another universe? Is a it lot Maria of people, Rambo? A lot of people have looked at it and think it looks a lot like Lashana Lynch. Yeah, so it might be like people are speculating it's it's some type of Marvel, Captain Marvel binary spectrum. Yeah. Someone, <laughs> I mean, there's also people are also speculating that it's Superior Iron Man, which I thought was funny. I, <laughs> if you look at if you look in high detail, like no offense to Tom Cruise, but that's a that's lady thighs. He is Don't he is these thighs. <laughs> he is. Uh, Superior Iron Man was trending today because of that, yeah. which I thought oh, was cool. Oh, the trending topics are, dude, Namor is trending, and Namor yeah. is not even in this movie, because he's on the Illuminati, but he's not in this movie. Uh, Namor is trending, and I'm like, we think. That's, he's in Wakanda forever. Um, 
Okay, <laughs> but but real quickly, Ben. Sorry, I just want to say one last thing on Doctor Strange: The Multiverse Madness. I do not think this is how we're getting mutants into the universe. I just think we're just getting to Professor X, and we will get mutants somewhere down the line. I, with Wanda being here, I don't know. I I I I I, I feel I, like I, it could, I feel like it could go either way. And honestly, I'm like, it has to happen at some point. Yeah. And I trust them to find the right way to figure it out when they decide to do it. Yeah. I'm not speculating one way or another. Like, I'm just like, whenever they decide that they're ready to incorporate mutants is whenever they decide they're ready to incorporate yeah. mutants. And I will come along for the ride. It could be this and it could not be. And I, I, I could see both avenues for why and why not. I just keep going back to, I don't think it's a good idea to bring in a multiverse uh, mutants as you're like, that's oh, how mutants so exist now. Here's the thing. It wouldn't be multiverse. Uh, they were hiding the mutants on Earth the entire time from the public. Well, that's what I'm talking about. But Professor Xavier is a multiverse character in this. Yes. Uh, I don't know why he'd be the one to do it. It's just, that's just one of the things people brought online. Like, of all, like, yeah, like this might not be the best way to bring mutants in, but of all the properties and ways to do it, like this, this kind of lines up and like, I guess this is the one to do it. Like, it wouldn't be Ant Man. Uh, I mean, you would just make an X Men movie. That's true, but I just like, do they want to do the groundwork early as well? But you still have to establish, like, did mutants suddenly appear or have mutants yeah. been here? Like, what's going on? I, I, I do think they will establish that before the movie comes out. Yeah. Ben, you were trying to say something. Um, I don't know if I don't think, because I did watch this trailer before we started recording, um, but they did have like a little thing in the Super Bowl before kickoff where I saw Zombie Wanda. And I don't there think is. She... There's also yeah. zombie Doctor Strange. There's yeah, more there's material Strange, yeah. in the but TV spot that we didn't see. Yeah, there was a TV. There was a quick like 10 second TV. So I was like, see the full trailer online, and it showed zombie Wanda doing her crazy magic. So I'm thinking, so that could be we who see, Wanda was fighting. We well, we see zombie Strange at the end of the regular trailer. Yeah, yeah. yeah we so, see zombie Strange in both in the, both the TV spot and the trailer. So it's like that's cool, but also we get to see zombie Wanda again. So she's so, for sure in the movie. Yeah. What I what I mean well yes uh, what I mean is like both Wanda and Stranger both zombie things so like either they're in an evil dimension or they're both being their life sucked out of them or something like they're both being affected probably by a villain which means they're working together I don't Wait, want her to be a this villain is, in this movie <laughs> this is Jet Li's the one it could be that's I what, did it that's what that's a what if Doctor Strange is building be. up to it could be I I'm just I'm pleased as peaches that it looks as good as it does. And that I, I'm very glad that the story is focused on Wanda and Steven and that's at the heart. And then everything else that's like permeating out, rippling out from those two. Yeah. Uh, that's all I want. And I have faith that we can go forward positively towards this film right now, which is really nice. Same. Because yeah. I was getting nervous. I'm, I'm glad to be, to be again, where I was with Spider-Man. We're like, Oh, I'm actually positive now about it. Yeah. All right. That's it. Should we get into our main topic? Welcome to this episode of Animation Station. I am your host, Sparks. What are you here? <laughs> that wasn't the Animation Station intro, was it? No. 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 <laughs> I'm glad you got scared. <laughs> All right. So full spoilers for Nightmare Alley. This is Gabo Toro's Oscar-nominated film. and is nominated for Best Picture Oscar, Oscar this year. Um, so, is it really? Yeah. It is. Okay. Uh, so let's get into it. Uh, so full spoilers, like I said, what do we think about this one? I think it's pretty good. I'll be yeah. honest. Um, I've seen all of Guillermo del Toro's movies. He hasn't made like a thousand. Like like I like his early '90s ones, where a lot of people have missed. But like, because I was a young film nerd, so I watched all of them. So like, this is definitely one of my least favorite of his movies. That that's not a, a terribly negative thing because he's made nothing but good movies. So like, I think this movie's pretty good. 
I just think there's a lot of things for me that just lack, like, just so many good elements in this movie, but just the overall picture for me is weaker than the sum of its parts, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Sparks of Ben. Do you want to go next with your thoughts? Let me tell you how I think about this movie. <laughs> oh, okay, I guess I'm going next. Um, I I really enjoy this movie, but I don't think it's it's best picture worthy. It's still a really good movie, but at the same time, I was um, unlike Shape of Water, where I going Shape of Water, I knew what I was getting myself into, but I still was in rapture, and I was I was like I was ready for this movie. I was ready for that movie, and I loved that movie. Whereas this one, I went in thinking one thing, and then I got something else. And while the something else isn't bad, it just wasn't exactly what I was hoping for. I think this is a pretty similar to Crimson Peak in the sense that, like, if you go into the movie not not necessarily prepared to meet the movie at its level, it's going to be a little bit of a steeper climb. Not necessarily that, like, you should have to, but um, I think that just makes it harder. Uh, this movie is really, really entrenched in del toro made a movie that would have been made in the 40s but he made it today and yeah. he made it a little longer than it probably would have been made in the 40s but not oh yeah but honestly not by that much he he kind of rides the scene pacing that is of the time and he just brought that so like in that sense of like going for that he he absolutely nailed it 100 like it, you if you put this into a black and white and filtered down the audio so that it sounded like the way they recorded films back then and and did all that it'd be really wild to be like wow what is bradley cooper doing in 1942 yeah. um like it's it's very it's very befitting it's it's shot and made lovingly oh yeah each piece mm -hmm. of design and framing to be one of those movies but made today and in that regard i think it's incredible it's an incredible adaptation of art i, I think a lot of things have tried to capture uh the vibe of old films mm -hmm. uh made today and not done anywhere near as well as this one i think this is like a, a peak level that. of understanding the eye of what that takes yeah the part have you seen the original huh have you seen the original uh no, no. um i have not uh, this makes me want to, though. It does make me want to. Um, I didn't know there was an original. But I think, mm -hmm. but I think the thing that pulls this movie back for me, the the, the like major drawback, and I think it's actually really, really great. I, I I love it a lot. I do think it's a little long in the tooth, but I also was totally fine with it. Like, there's nothing that I felt like I would have trimmed out because I I like everything it's doing for every character, and I feel like every scene is necessary. It's just a slow told story, and sometimes those are those movies are just slow burn and you're either for it or you're not. And that doesn't really say anything about you. You just, you just are like, what are you in the mood for? And I was in the mood for the slow burn. So it hit me right. Um, mm -hmm. But my one big issue with it is that I just, I think Bradley Cooper's great. I've seen him do really great performances. I feel like he's not as charming as this character as this character should be when he's trying to be charming. Not mm -hmm. that he needs to be charming throughout the whole movie, but when he's trying to lay it on, I don't think he's doing it. Uh, this character doesn't seem to be as charming as I think he should be when he's supposed to be. And I just don't understand that part. I, I want, I want a little bit more of the snake oil man to yeah, come yeah, out yeah. of him. He's a in con man. Scenes, yeah, and yeah. it's just not there. Mm -hmm. That performance doesn't elevate that material enough for me. Uh, in certain scenes, in a lot of things, like a lot of things where he's doing his quiet moments, his intimate moments where he's being honest about himself being a piece of shit and he knows it, or things like that, and he's trying to scam someone, but he's scamming someone on an honest level, it's working. But when he's supposed to be like playing up the charm hardcore, that's where the movie really falters for me as far as performance. Sure. Uh, yeah, I agree with 
most of that. I yeah, it's not my favorite Del Toro. I think it's still Pacific Rim, honestly. Uh, but like I think I've seen I've seen Del Toro make some incredible movies that I just love: Crimson Peak, Shape of Water. Oh, my movies, hell. Um, uh, this kind of the lower echelon for Del Toro for me, but I did really like it because I I I I like the pacing of it, even though it was a little too long. Um, but again, like Spark said, I don't know what you would cut because it's very deliberate. I think yeah. it's all it's all done with purpose, and it's it's clearly like expanding those characters. And like the only way to truly cut this film down is to cut a character. And yeah. that's, a, that's the thing. Like I don't, I actually, I really don't have like a lot of negatives about it. But I'm not in love with it either. Mm. Like it's just it's it is so much movie, in like a good way. But like it just like I, I don't think it's paced badly. I just think it's I I just I do think it's too long for the story that it's telling. Because like. Sweet. That's just it, yeah. just like you, Ryan, because there are parts of it where I'm I'm watching this movie and I'm like, man, this I feel like this movie is long, but at the same time, I'm not bored. I'm invested. I want to see what happens. And even when um uh, when Madame Zena does the um does the the fortune telling reading for him and she's like, the hanged man is upside down. That's you're screwed. Bad mm-hmm. things are gonna happen. I was thinking, I was like, he's either gonna he's gonna lose it all, he's gonna die, or he's gonna become the new geek. I've called yeah. that. From the beginning of the movie, nice. From as, soon, as soon as the as soon as I heard the geek say I'm not like this, I was like, oh, Bradley Cooper by the end of this movie is going to be the new geek. I don't know how it's going to happen, but it's going to happen. Uh, and and I think that's that's very true of like the storytelling of those kinds of films at that set set in time is that yeah. you kind of know exactly what it's. It's not a very complicated story. It's mm-hmm. more about how it's given to you. That's the interesting part. It's not that complex, yeah. um, right? Because then it kind of ups the dread level. Because as you see him pick up the pick up the the being a bad husband, pick up drinking, doing these other grifts, like you start to you you like oh this is how it's happening. It creates a, a different t- type of suspense, right? So, you you pretty much know from the outset he's doomed in one yeah. way or another. He's doomed for something bad. Yeah. Um, it's it's the movie's not hiding that from you. Go ahead, Ben. Um, I want to talk about her before I forget. Um, I love Kate Blanchett in this movie. Sure, yeah, she's she's my she favorite. Is, part, she, yeah, she is my favorite. She's my favorite actor. I love Willem, De- Willem Dafoe. Always nails it. Ron Perlman being there, I really like Molly. Um, Bradley, uh, Bradley Cooper also gives a stellar performance, but Kate Blanchett, what can she not do? She heavy, oozes. heavy Emma Frost vibes. In this yeah, she's Emma Frost vibes. She just oozes personality and oozes like, oh, uh, I mean, the only way I could pres- I could I could word this is is like she just oozes bad bitch personality one one. Yeah, like she walks uh, into a room. It's like you love me, but you're also gonna hate me. And uh, I'm hundred. She is just so good at her at that role. And I'm like, damn it, that's just so good. She, she pulls off a uh, and Megan brought it up because I couldn't think of the right word. She pulls off a dirty rotten scandals. On, mm-hmm. on our on our main character and i was like oh i love it i love it so much uh she was grifting him the whole time yeah mm-hmm. uh i get like i i'm gonna, I'm gonna be positive about this movie i like all the performances i i generally i generally like i do agree with you about like i i wish bradley cooper he's good but i think another another actor could have probably brought more to the role uh, i think even he could have done it I, yeah I, I don't understand the choice to not have him just push that out because i've seen him do it i've seen him be charming yeah like i don't know why it, it's not he's here. a limitless and like being like swarmy and charming right so, like, yeah 18 like, 18. like, like yeah. It's, it's right there like i yeah. know he's capable of it i don't know why 
he and del toro or whatever combination there is within didn't decide to push that performance a little mm-hmm. further in those scenes because like again i think he's excellent in everything that's like a quiet intimate moment it's the part where he's supposed to be like really sleezing someone up uh, yeah. that he's just not doing it for me i feel like he's not mm-hmm. he's not as that character convincing me and that might have been a choice to try to say like you know honestly he's not that good at this yeah like he's barely getting by on it and i'm and i understand that choice because that is who he's supposed to be like if he were really good at it he would he wouldn't struggle right he'd be able to pull this off on his own a lot of the time and i get that that's there there's just somewhere in the middle of those two ideas that i needed him to just push the performance a little bit and he's a straight up just murderer too yeah (laughs) what a guy uh yeah oh yeah the murder um i do think and it's probably true to his character but i did find the violence at the end of the movie and del toro does in all of his reddit art movies like in pan's labyrinth like it's extremely violent Mm -hmm. too at times like like he's punching that dude's face inside. Like he, yeah, yeah. his nose was like, gone. Yeah, and I'm like, yeah. I just, I don't know if that was super necessary. He, you know, like, like he honestly, pops, like he takes a pee, he pops a piece of glass out of his fist like a zit. No, it's a tooth. Then oh, it's a tooth. Never mind. He pops yeah. a tooth out of his fist oh, yeah. like, um, and his knuckle I, like a zit. I will push back on that because two things. One, I think the violence is shot incredibly well. I sure. think that un, unlike a lot of it feels again in the tone of old films like each hit feels like an impactful important hit yes whereas i think i've we've all seen plenty of scenes where like you know you're kind of punching into the person and you don't feel the weight of all those punches mm-hmm. i felt the weight of every single individual punch it's yeah. like the the talent that an actor has when they're saying the same word over and over again but differently it's mm-hmm. that same feel the way that this was shot the way that it was performed i thought was really really important and delicate for it i don't think we're focused on the blood too much which is another important part it's there but it's not the focus um and i think that it's necessary because he needs to have murdered the man to go on the run Mm-hmm. like he needs to have like it's because of his because like, the plot his, demands well, it well no 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 because his life demands it at this point this is a guy who you are told he'll murder him if this goes south yeah his life yeah. he went in too deep mm-hmm. and his life is now on the line so he either kills him here or he will be hunted and killed he knows this and at this point in time he thinks i can if i kill him here i can at least get back to get my fortune and escape that's so he true. has to run with that idea because the alternative is I will be hunted and probably killed before I get to my money. I will allow you that. Yes. I, I didn't feel he, he probably would have gotten killed, like beat up by that guy. But like in that exact moment when he's just yelling for the other guy, I didn't feel like he, like, I thought that was too extreme for the moment. If the guy was, a, if the other guy was coming and about to do something maybe, but I just felt like in that moment uh, uh, for me, it, it was just too much, but like that does make sense. Uh, maybe if the execution were different, I'd feel perhaps, about it. perhaps. Yeah. Um, I mean, like you know, Richard Jenkins, credible performance yeah, by the I, way. Richard all Jenkins, the performances. Oh, yeah. Richard Jenkins, amazing in this. Uh, oh, played, yeah. played Ezra as the one he a crazy billionaire. Uh, yeah. yeah. Um. Uh. Richard Jenkins. Uh, has a really great delivery of the line where he's like, "I'm going to destroy you for this." Oh yeah. Uh. Mm-hmm. Right before Bradley Cooper starts wailing in on him. And See, I, I'm going to destroy you for this doesn't mean murder. That means I'm going to destroy your life in my eyes. Uh, no, I get you. Yeah. But. It's it's Kate Blanchett's line earlier in the film that says like you screw this up you're dead mm-hmm. you know he he, yeah. he kills people like, for this like, like you don't screw around with him okay yeah, yeah. like um, when she and mentioned I, like early in the like before when the grift starts she mentions to him like look you it's like there are consequences then later on she shows him the scar that he gave her yeah and then okay, even okay, when yeah. uh, and even when Ezra's like is like saying is like I hurt people I hurt girls and he's like what did you do he's like I hurt them it's like yeah. oh this dude just did. It's kind of a 
there's kind of a one, two, three punch here where it's like, you know, mm-hmm. there's the I hurt girls thing. And now he's got that in his head when when he strikes his his love. And so that throws him into a rage. And then the idea that, that if he doesn't stop, if he stops, this man will still kill him. So okay, he's got to so keep going. Further. I, think what I, I figured it out for me what it is. It's not that it's not the punching. It is that like this entire movie has not been gory or violent until this moment. And then we see a dude's inside of his face hole. That's sure. what I mean. Sure. That's I what that. I mean. and, and I and I can reasonably agree yeah. with questioning the shot of how much we see of the violence yes. done to his face. But as far as the violence that his character is committing. I no, that's fine. No, no, no. Sure. But what I was going to say is like what I really appreciated about it is because I was nervous all the way up to that point in the film. Not necessarily like thinking like this is where we're heading. But I was always nervous that he was going to strike Molly at some point, and I'm really glad we never did it. I'm Once really drinking, glad, yeah. I'm really glad because this is a person who, yes, has murdered people, but he never did violence mm-hmm. to do it. He tried to always do it without violence. This is a guy who doesn't see himself as a violent man. And mm-hmm. so the fact that this is a crescendoing moment is, I think, really relevant to the story that we've told. I'm really grateful that we never saw him slap Molly because it felt like there were moments he was going to. It, and I'm really glad that those things didn't happen. He never did violence to anybody until this moment. So the fact that, like, the fact that that wasn't permeated throughout the film, but instead it feels like this absolute act of sudden desperation yeah. really makes the moment land. I, I can agree. I don't know that we des- definitely need the shot of how violent it was on the man, um, but the act of it itself and everything else around that, I'm like, like that that totally worked and that it totally sense, worked yeah. in the entire build up of the character set up for it yeah because like again yeah. like in pan's pan's labyrinth that is a movie that is like very fantastical and then there's some truly brutal moments of like people's faces getting broken absolutely in. and i'm like i just don't know if that's always necessary when the whole movie isn't that way you know what i mean and like it's to show how extreme violence can be but also sometimes it's like do you need to do that uh and like the violence mm-hmm. itself yes makes sense mm-hmm. that i i will agree to that one but like the, this movie is not really rated r and then it turns extremely rated r to see a dude's face you know what I mean? Like, yeah, no, no, no. Yeah. I think that you could I'm the most violent person here. You know what no, I mean? No, no, like, no. I think I think you're right, like in the context of the film. I I, I will even go so far as to say, like, the only reason the one of the reasons I don't like that shot is because that's the only shot that to me wouldn't be in a 1942 film. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh because you would instead get it like more out of focus. Yeah. Or or very wide. Um, and I think if it had done those things where like you kind of have the vague idea, but most of it's left to your imagination, I, I think it might you, have been better. I even said to you like halfway through the movie, like, this is a very subdued Del Toro movie. Yeah. Uh, in terms of not just violence, but like his style and like being very like like exact. Uh, uh, what's the word? Uh, Extravagant, uh, uh, extraordinary, extravagant, extravagant. Thank you. I had a brain fart. Um, but like, yeah, like again, like he has violence throughout all of his other movies, and this one is like very not violent until it's very violent. And I was like, uh, it just rubbed me the wrong way. Yeah, and I, I talked about way think, too long. I'm sorry. I, no, no, no. I, I think that's a. It's a good contentious point, and I yeah. do think like I agree. I, I think I would agree. Like I would change that shot. Uh, I wouldn't change the violence. I wouldn't change the act. I wouldn't change yes. pretty much everything around it. But the shot, I would have gone wide or I would have put him out of focus. I would have left more of that violence to the imagination. Yeah. Because him pulling out the tooth later would be enough to tell me how- That is all I needed, baby. Right. And that that would be in a 1942 yeah. film where you'd pull that out and you'd be like, oh, that's bad. Yeah. Um, and that would convey to you what you couldn't quite see. That's how bad it was. Uh, like you could Because you can lie to yourself. And I think this was maybe the intent at the time that like, you need to know he's dead. Yeah, yeah. Um, but like, you could lie to yourself and say he's not dead until he pulls that tooth out, and then yeah. if it were vague, right? Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. So I, I can agree with that. Like, I, I think that maybe that the showing of it is a, a step too far. That's just El Toro. Like, he if he's making a movie rated R, he loves his gore sometimes, uh, mm-hmm. which is fine. Um, I. You do have the gore of the chicken murder. You do. That is. Yeah. That is. You pretty much yeah. hit that high hard point, oh, yeah. and and it's really. I think that is a good like 
del toro's a great storyteller and i think that's very much like you know he's a man looking down on this and he's like i would never be so violent i would never be yeah. so grotesque and now here he is he is violent he is grotesque and great, he's like this is what i was born to great be. arc for our main character 100 percent. oh god I, I and like i i do for me i do think the movie runs a little long but like i we needed all that length for him to have a long journey because like nothing makes me more mad than when someone has one drink and they're immediately an alcoholic because i deal with alcoholism so i know what that's really like so like the fact that it took like it took a while for him to really get there and even then he doesn't like become a monster he just he definitely is a different person it just feels it. it just feels like a more realistic representation yeah, yeah. and i i super appreciated that and like the slippery slope of it and when I we get to the it. end when we get to the end where he's in the 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 like the train yard with the other homeless men and he got and he asks for a drink and he gets a drink like and that's when you know he's fallen off the deep end um gives his, the last thing that he owns is his watch yeah, yeah. and then when when what's that guy's name uh uh the leader from the incredible hulk i forgot his name oh um, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah 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 uh tim blake nelson tim blake, tim blake nelson in it yeah um when he offers him the drink the shot Temporary. and he doesn't take and he doesn't take the drink himself I'm like uh, the opium like yeah. the yeah, you, second... know, you know where you were headed and yeah. i think that they did a great job of like giving you that entire conversation scene with willem dafoe's character earlier on the film but not like screaming to you this is the foreshadowing this is what's going to happen like i i thought it was really really well handled and like this is important but i'm not telling you this is exactly what you need to be paying attention to yeah, yeah. And, and, and bradley and, like bradley cooper has this moment when he takes when he gets, takes a second drink and he's like oh i've fallen for it yeah, uh, yeah. uh and he just starts like, laughing and it's like not even that song. like uh, that that was the thing is like i love that last line where he's like I was born for it. <laughs> like he knows. Like he's come full circle on like always acknowledging he was a piece of shit. And he's like, this is how bad of a piece of shit I am. This is what I one, am. One of the things I love about his character is like when we first see him, like when we first see him in the like the first scene of the movie, we see him like with the body he puts in the thing, lights the fire, leaves the house, house burns. And you're like, did he murder what he did? But he didn't kill his own dad violently. He just opened the window, stole the blanket, and he's like, I'm gonna let you freeze to death. Just it's like still just pretty much you're torturing that guy but, yeah. but exactly ben, that's, yeah, yeah. that's exactly yeah. the point i was saying earlier is that like he believes himself not to be a man of violence He'll, he's a piece mm -hmm. of shit and he's a murderer but he's not a man of violence yeah no. until he and is then, yeah yeah that and, was so rough dude that like he takes second, like it from his dad oh my god yeah that's messed up and the second i freaking just love it when he's like he goes to the carnival and he talks and he sees enoch and his radio and it's like oh man that they're his original carnival folded but just the second the guy's like, oh, from one car to another, it's like this job's like, you're falling for it. And he, in the realization, the laughing, the, like the cry laughing that he does. And he's like, I, just the realization that he's fallen so far from grace and he's the person he's always meant to be was just like, ouch. And again, it's like, you feel bad, but you don't. It's only but, temporary. Like he knows no. that line. He was told about like, that. Like he's, he's shaking the bottle. So the, the 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 thing that I really I really enjoyed was that throughout the film he's always asked, Would you like a drink? I don't drink. Never. Throughout the movie. I never drink. And that's very apparent. It's always called out, oh you don't drink. Like it's always there always a fine point on it. And then when he takes the drink from Cape Lanchette, it's it's the music kind of like swells a little bit. It's a it's a subdued moment, but it's a moment of terror because you can see him taking the drink and you're like, wait a second, I thought you don't drink. Mm -hmm. yeah and it's very well done because like that's that's the misstep right yeah. that's when she knows she's she's already she, she's won. in the bag baby oh, like yeah. she's got him because, she dirty because he, trusted, he he went too far in his trust of her uh he let it he let it 
slip. She's the MVP. Done. She's so good in this movie. Like my favorite scenes are when like she's analyzing him and like he's like he's unknowingly like revealing stuff about himself. Like yeah, oh, she's so spicy in this. Movie. I'm really That's... glad he didn't get to kill her. Yeah, I was. That's why that's why she just she just oozes bad bitch energy. It's it's interesting it. because he he like. He he plays off this idea like he knows this is a grift, right? He took the he he thought to himself, what happened to this guy isn't going to happen to me because he's like, you know, you got to be careful. You don't start believing it. If you do this long enough, you do. And he's always like, no, I know this is a grift. I know this is a grift. And he constantly say, says it. But he is so aware of his own. He's trying to be so aware of his own slip up of this, this not being a grift anymore that he misses the fact that it's happening to him right, the exact yeah. same way. Yes. Uh, 100%. That's that's very clearly there. Um, talking about some of the carnival people we get early on, love Tommy Collette, um, love her mm-hmm. husband Pete, great characters. Oh, poor Pete. Poor Pete. Alcoholic, um, dead Pete. Really, really great performance. Uh, yeah. Major, the little guy, he's so nice. Uh, yeah, uh, Ron Perlman, uh, Rooney Mara, Defoe, everybody fantastic over at the carnival. Loved all those characters. That's the thing, is like, I, again, like we go back to, I wouldn't cut anything because you'd be cutting one of these I'll tell people. you what, like I said to you, like I almost mm. wish this was like a mini series because like I I it's not it isn't a real problem but I do wish that we had more time between Bradley Cooper and Rooney Mara's character to develop mm. and I get it's like oh it's like young love and blah blah but I'm like there's a lot of the movie they spend together when they don't spend a lot of the time together at the beginning you know what I mean Yeah um, but it's not, like, it's not like a super detriment uh but like I would have this, liked more time at the carnival This this definitely plays into like the older film aspect that Del Toro's absolutely going for which is like uh you you don't think of it as like I'm building sequel franchise kind of material. So it's always that I'm giving the full story that I have to give right now, yeah. which contributes to the fact of the length of this. Um, and so with that being said, like there's not enough here, right. To warrant a miniseries necessarily, because you'd be extrapolating beyond the, like you, you could, but you'd be forcing a lot new of new out of this. It wouldn't sure. be, it wouldn't be what he's going for. Right. It wouldn't be for that, that film sense. And this is very much that kind of relationship dynamic of a guy who has more or less seen something pretty seen a, a young lady that he wants to take advantage of. And he does so, but like the moment he has it is the moment that he stops being really invested and interested in it, And he reneges on that pretty quickly. Yeah. yeah. Um, and that's that's a common common trope, and I think they do a pretty good job of of recreating it while still giving uh, Molly agency. Yeah, yeah. Um, there's the there's the bit where he reads the cop, the sheriff from Supernatural. What's his name? Yes, Bobby. <laughs> Bobby. Um, there's that that bit's really good. I I do like that. Um, I love the 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 execution of like him doing more and more building into the carnival uh that he's like really honestly picked his target as molly that's my that's my gateway for my partnership to get myself out of here and make myself even bigger than what this place is at the beginning i thought this was a a much more sinister movie than it ended up being i thought he was going to be like i'm here to kill all these carnival people one by one without them knowing it and like i'm gonna well i thought i thought because i always because i figured that he would be he would be the geek by the end of it like i i kind of started to think Okay, what's happening here? Is this a supernatural thing? Like, is 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 what is happening? Is he now trapped in this carnival because like Willem Dafoe like clocked him? He's like he's gonna be, and that's gonna start happening. Like he's gonna start torturing Willem Dafoe, and then it, it didn't go in either of those directions. And I was very happy with the direction it went, but like I was constantly waiting for the other shoe to drop at the carnival in some way. Yeah, I was waiting mm-hmm. for Enoch, the Cyclops boy, to come alive. Yeah, every time, was, every time. I was expecting a- like, or even then. So there's a line that Petey says. Um, about how if you go too deep, like the, his whole worry about don't do the spook show. 
Like if you do the spook show, then you're just gonna keep lying and lying, and then you're gonna believe the lie is real. And then when I was for a second, I thought like at the at near the climax of the film when he realizes the money is all once and he's and he's broke. He doesn't have the thousands or the millions or whatever that can fit in that bag. When he knows he's cooked, I was and she and Kate Blanchett says this is the final therapy session. I'm like, did any of this really happen? Was any oh, yeah. of this all real? I, that was because that was my thought because I went back to Petey saying that you go too far deep you're gonna believe you're gonna believe your own lies and then you're not gonna find reality anymore so i was like is this where we get the, the weird supernatural stuff in the beginning or i mean turns out we don't but at the same time it was still a it was still a satisfying film it was still like still a really good movie um yeah. i something i love about the carnival folks is that you get this uh conning is okay but deceiving is wrong and they draw a fine line on that and i really appreciate that that you know uh don't do a spook show if we've uh taken it too far because we had to create a good show we tell the truth to the person who we've taken advantage of Mm -hmm. um i think that's really a valuable honestly uh, uh, separation Mm -hmm. that they create between what they're doing and what he's willing to do and i think that really works as a strong through line throughout the entire film yeah Yeah. as we've Um, seen so another scene I've been wanting. I sorry, uh, Sparks. Uh, another scene just popped in my head because you mentioned about how when Manzina comes clean to the lady, um, the scene that just shocked me, shook me to quite a bit, was the murder suicide. Sure. Oh mm. my god! I saved that the marriage. Was, he saved the marriage. Yeah, and he was like, yes, and like the, the judge was like, yes, but she's like, we've been thinking, and then she just pulls the gun, shoots him, and then she, she's like, I'm coming, Julian, and she shoots herself. I'm just like. Yes. Uh, I mean, technically, anyway. that marriage is saved in heaven, I guess. Right. What an insane role. What a, what, a, what a small but powerful role for Mary Steenbergen. Yeah, hell yeah. Yeah, tough. Very tough. Both um, the parents from Step Brothers had really good roles in this movie. Yeah, they, they did. did. A little yeah. reunion. Well, yeah. well utilized characters for sure. Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. I uh, I know we talked about it already, but um, Richard Jenkins, like, really, like, really off putting and, like, un- unsettling. Like, I'm like this, weird. like dude is clearly unhinged, but he's super rich. So he can do what he wants. Uh, re- like, and tragically sad. Tragically sad. Like, like yeah, like he has a crazy past that, like he he's trying to atone for, but like he's getting grifted for it. Like, I uh, I want to bring up a, a cameo I noticed in the film. Uh, Tendo from Pacific Rim was in this. He was. He was yeah, one of the carnies. He was one of the, the carny barkers. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I thought that I was funny. Yep. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. Clifton Robert, College Junior. Yes. yes, that guy. Yeah, he's uh, in a lot. Yeah. Mr. George really, Wood. Yeah, yeah. Really quick uh, side note. Um, a uh, guy who played Ezra, you said his name five seconds ago. What was it? Richard Wait, hold Lee. on. Not the tor- He's not the Torchwood dude. Sparks, you said he was the Torchwood, du- the Torchwood dude, right? Yeah. Yeah, he's not. That's the British guy. I'm not talking about him. I'm talking about the guy who does the the, the control panels. Oh, gotcha. guy. Yeah. Latino guy. Because uh, Torchwood, the Torchwood guy is. We're talking about Pacific Rim, but uh, the, the Torchwood, the Torchwood guy is one of the doctors. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyways, but yeah, what's what's the what was Ezra's name? His his real name? The Richard guy who played Jenkins. Ezra. Richard Jenkins. Richard, yeah. Um, just like seeing his beard for for some reason, I'm like, dude, this guy could play like Charles Darwin. He looks exactly like him with the beard. Mm, yeah, got a, a spooky, scary old man beard. Yeah. Yeah, he does. He does, but. Yeah, that was the only thing I was gonna say. Other than that, he was terrifying to be in his like the second we see him in that empty room. I'm like, I don't want to be here. I, I I I'm gonna go that way now. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I mean. Yeah. I. 
the more I think about it, I did I did enjoy it. Like it's not again. Like I I don't know what it is that I'm not totally loving. Um, but it's just like there's something that's keeping it from being like super. Like I I love it. I really like it, but I can't tell you why I dislike it so much. I think it's just yeah. like the the length isn't justified all the time. And I know it's a old movie, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but like still two and a half hours of my life. Um, so like I think it's just like it might be a little too long for me. It's it's weird. The more I talk about it, the more I think about it, the more I love it. But at the same time, the the less I want. I don't want to rewatch. I don't want. I don't have. I'm definitely never going to rewatch it. I'll tell you that. There's a sense that like there's a sense that like I I totally agree with Ryan with the idea that like. Uh, I have nothing bad to say about the movie, honestly. Just didn't quite work for me the way I would have liked it to. Yeah, a lot of, lot of like, again, I'm very thankful to have like a beautiful movie like this even come out. I'm glad that yeah. they still let Del Toro have big, like, big budget esque movies. Well, now he's yeah. Oscar winning director doing with Del Toro, so you can't you say no. Think about it with the way this movie was released. <laughs> yeah, that's true. All right, shall we rate? I think that uh, this film probably would have been like wow factored even harder if it had actually just been black and white it was filmed very clearly like it easily could have been all the lighting mm-hmm. is in the appropriate places to do so oh yeah uh and like it, it's nice to see it in color i think like it, it, the fact of what it's going for if it had been black and white i think i might have enjoyed that just like hardcore just go for what you're honestly going for. i think i might too yeah like and like and I'm like gonna raise it still higher. Like, it, like it's still a good movie, but yeah. like that that niche of like it being unique in that fashion as well, especially because it was clearly made with that eye, mm-hmm. probably would have put it over just because of the uniqueness of it. Yeah. Should I rate it then? Rate time. Yeah. Uh, Brandon, you go first. Yeah, Brandon, you go first. Seven point five. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Ryan, you go next. All right, one second. Let me drink. So Ben, you go next. I'm gonna give it an eight point zero out of ten. Okay. I'm uh, I also, uh, I was, I'm gonna give it an eight and a half. Uh, uh, mm, wow, uh, I'm an eight. I'm also an eight. Uh, Hell yeah, good movie. Thanks, Garamo. Right, Shall we get into our? As an exercise in filmmaking, I think it's almost. Oh, it's like a ten. Oh yeah, yeah. like I love looking at it, hundred percent. Should we get into our book club then? So we're talking about, uh, I picked, so it's my turn. So it's uh, Star Wars, Boba Fett, Blood Ties. I have it collected in this kind of like big Boba Fett collection, but it's only four issues. Mm-hmm. Written mm-hmm. by Tom Taylor. Uh, let me get the artist because I cannot pronounce his name. Um, written by Tom Taylor with uh, art by Chris Scalf. 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 Got it. Um, he, they did, there's two Blood Ties, but we only talked about the first one. Um, a single tie, a single Blood Tie. So what do we think about this? I thought it was a, I thought it was a, a very enjoyable book. I don't think it's breaking any boundaries, doing anything extraordinary, but I thought it was a fun, good read. Sparks a bit. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I would probably echo about the same. Like, I like it. Um, I I think it is a unique idea. I like the, the idea of like, uh, more of like, than uh, anything. I like Boba mm-hmm. encountering the son of him. I think that's the best part of it is like him encountering the son of one of the clones. Like, uh, you know, we've seen in Clone Wars the idea of uh, a clone going off and starting a family. And I think maybe more effectively explored as far as like the intention behind that. But like uh, what, what this is for Boba and how Boba handles like knowing how Django felt about this and taking on his own to uh, fight for this person. And, and uh, he, he, 
if, if nothing else, like the story's all worth it for that build up to the moment of their interactions mm-hmm. with each other leading to uh i've got like three quarters uh i put a bounty on this guy will you accept and like boba got- would never accept i accept. I accept what uh, <laughs> like boba maybe one of boba's best badass moments i've ever seen something so, like, a, a something uh that's nice that kind of carries over even though this came out many years later from the book of boba fett like there's some good comedy that the, that the fats have like they're mm-hmm. both they both got some jokes in them i'm like all right, all right. but boba fett has kind of like this this cold humor to him um like he he knows he knows his stuff and like he's he, the league of bounty hunters they keep mogging because like why would you do this that's that <laughs> so honestly, that's probably my my favorite thing is like this shitty bounty hunter with his league of bounty hunters trying to start trying to make something of himself and everyone's like you're not making anything of yourself i love it ben, yeah. what you think about this? um i i feel like this is one of tom taylor's weaker outings it was it's not bad not it's also one of his first it's also one of his first there we go um, I, I enjoyed it. Um, I do. It took me a while to, to try and piece together that it, it was a son of a different clone, and because at first I'm like, is this like a son of Boba Fett that he also had, or because it took me a while to, to piece they, together. They say it in the first issue. They they very clearly, yeah. I don't know how you got lost on that one. I don't know. That's weird. Yeah, they say like they do, you know they do the whole setup of them killing his dad, mm-hmm. and then Boba encounters him later. Yeah. Hold on. So in, the first, in the first issue, Boba helps Django catch and kill what he didn't realize was a clone at the time. Yeah. And then years oh. later, when he's his own bounty hunter, he finds out that Django was had set up like money for a trust fund, a, 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 a trust fund essentially for this son of a clone because he felt kind of bad. Yeah. Oh. Uh, they even say the they even say the kid's name is Connor Freeman. Yeah. Oh. And then when when we, when he's a when he's a bounty hunter, we get to the part where it's like, "What's this bounty for, Connor Friedman?" Freeman. Ben, ben, did you see the part where Django makes Boba run from a giant dragon beast with a jetpack? Yeah. Did you read the second volume? Did you read this book? I read the first volume. Yeah, only four issues, right? Yeah, and you read you, you saw the dragon, right? Does this page look familiar to you at all? No. Oh, Ben. Ben, ben real quick, did you read Star Wars? Uh, Blood ties, or did you read Star Wars Blood Ties, The Death of Boba Fett? Blood Ties, Death of Boba Fett. No, Blood Ties. No, you read the wrong book. (laughs) (laughs) At least you read a cool Boba Fett book. Real quick. So I think the art is hit or miss. Certain faces look really good. And then certain faces is like, you know what? I'm not going to fix this one. (laughs) Some (laughs) of them look real bad. It's painterly, the, so like it's it's I get it, it's fine. Um, yeah, so so Ben, I, I now understand why you got confused about the kid because that's the first volume is all about that kid. So um, there's a there's a great there's a great thing where yeah, where uh Django is training Boba and he he puts him in a cave and he's like, come back with a tooth, not realizing he has to fight a giant dragon. And there's a great three three panels of just Boba screaming, ah! and then he comes out with a tooth and he's like, I'm proud of you, boy. Yeah, this yeah, is so the dragon thing. Solid oh. Django parenting. Yeah, like throwing your son into like into the water without floaties. That's I haven't really, that. I haven't really said like my overall thoughts on this. I actually really like this. Um, I thought this was a lot of fun. I thought the, I, I really like the portrayal of Boba Fett in this. Uh, like I, I can hear Tamara Morrison kind of in this. Um, even though the the portrayal is different, but like I can feel like the, the I, he's having fun playing like the badass overpowered Boba Fett. 
I love the League of Bounty Hunters yeah. comedy around them and how they're yeah. dwindling in numbers and kind of becoming pathetic and everybody pointing it out. I'm like, this is good, good Star Wars humor that really does work. Yes, yeah, I agree. About the League of Bounty Hunters, I'm like, wait, League of Bounty Hunters? No, they were hired by a governor. I was like, I was, I was getting very confused. <laughs> There's a line. There's a line, Ben, real quickly. Um, so there's a line where, where it's Boba Fett and the kit and Connor Freeman, Freeman, and then the line of all the bounty hunters, and they're just having a conversation because they're like, Boba, we'll kill you. And it's like, you'll try. Um, and the and then there's just like, well, no one else is gonna is going to attack it. And then Bosk just shows up and walks through the panel. It's yep, like hell yeah. the Boba. What's up, Boba? <laughs> and then pieces out. <laughs> yeah, Boba Bosk is just like Man, ain't worth doing this. <laughs> just leaves. <laughs> no, he's because the so the line the line is just Bosk. It's just like Fett Bosk, uh, and then uh, and then he says, um, uh, "You're not hard to find. You drink you drink in the same bar all day." I'm talking about Connor, uh, but you're not worth enough for me to get in the middle of all this. And uh, and he just goes, "Have fun with this with the stupid dead bounty hunters, Fett." Yeah, there's like there's like seven or eight bounty hunters across from Boba, and like they definitely think they've got Boba handled, and Boba's like, "You ain't shit." Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah uh, there are only two of you the, left. How are you guys still a league? The League of Bounty Hunters will never die. Like that's just stupid comedy. Even when there's there, when there's one of them, it's yeah. just like you owe the league this money. There's more than one of you. <laughs> there, there is one line that I that I th- think is really good, and it's when Connor's talking to Boba. And he's like, what? You think your father loved you? I know my father's face well, and it was the exact same face mm-hmm. as yours. You're you're every bit the cold, heartless killer Jango Fett was. You're not a son. You're a product. That, yes. that ooh, that hurts. Because he feels it. It's yeah. kind of it's true. Yeah, that's why he, he rebuttals with him. Like, I didn't feel anything. You're right. I am when I killed your dad. I didn't feel anything when I shot your dad in the head through the window. <laughs> what a rude boy. Uh, you son of a bitch. <laughs> uh, yeah, there's definitely good stuff in here. Um. It is it, it is very brisk, which is not a bad thing. It is no. a nice fluffy yeah. uh, uh, story. I do I do really enjoy the clone idea. Uh, I don't I do think really... it I don't think it overstays its welcome. No, yeah, yeah. I I I I, I mean, the Bad Batch has probably given me this sort of like this is something like I kind of want more of, which I guess that's, that's a show. There's, there's the two there's the two uh, narrations of Boba Fett and Connor talking about how they want to make their dads proud. Um, yeah. and they're like they're like we're trying to make dead men proud and like th- yeah. that's how the that's how the 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 thing ends ben real quickly so you see the the vo- the face of Django and his fa- and his father mm-hmm. and uh in the sky and just as they're parting ways and he's just trying to make a dead man proud mm. yeah Good at the end, after, after they kill the creature uh bobos he's like i gotta collect a tooth yeah he's the first 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 daddy oh. yeah <laughs> at the end he's like at the end of the he's like Boba, Boba Fett always collects. You owe me three, three coins. <laughs> it feels completely consistent with Django and Boba as characters and who they were and who they are. And I think it is nice to have like this, this direct and personal confrontation yeah. with like a, a son of a clone. I think and it's pretty. Cool. There's nothing in here that like that contradicts it being like real, right? Like uh, it's legends or whatever. But like, there's nothing in here that's like Grogu or shit. Yeah, so like, definitely have like this. This is yeah. This could be like yeah. This is part of the pain, and I and I'll allow it. Yeah. Yeah, I. Tell, tell me tell about, me about tell me a little read. bit about yeah I'm actually uh, what, no, what's your no, no. Boba Fett? so uh, so uh, the Empire um, so oh I see a Zabrak yeah yeah there's that oh yeah he's okay so a, a governor an Imperial governor puts a hit out on Boba Fett but he doesn't want it to make a trace back to him because he is like he wants he's like he is like what's the word and he's not psychotic but he's determined to erase all traces of Fett. 
and Fett's family because we realize that he has a wife. Fett has a wife? Oh, what? Yep, Fett has a wife, but then he left, and there, I guess it's like you know Star Wars version of divorce. Or that so- explains the first. Okay, so in this, so in this collection, the first thing that's collected is Star Wars Tales number seven, and I was just looking, kind of looking through it. I, I didn't read it, but there's a there's a family picture of Boba Fett and a woman, and he like walks off on her, and I'm like, what what could that mean? It's weird that oh. there's a Mandalorian. You, she has he has a wife and a daughter. Not anymore. That's- Nuts. Also, so the daughter is really badass because she like smokes like five, um, um, like Taxi. five people gunning, gunning for Connor Freeman. She, she like five smokes people, like like she takes a big gun and just shoots them and shoots them dead. Oh! <laughs> Sorry, you thought it. I thought I was thinking about about the scary movie too blunt. <laughs> Oh, but that is that that is no. I prefer that one too. <laughs> Definitely that right. one. No, Sorry. this is about eleven years old. Smoking, <laughs> smoking fools. Got it. Anyways, <laughs> yeah. So, um, Fett ascent like the galaxy thinks that Fett's dead, and but Fett, of course, finds a way around it, and he is going after murdering all the people who try to kill him. But it comes back to this governor, who this governor is the dad of essentially his wife or his oh, okay. wife, quote, wife. Family drama. Yeah. And he actually straight up says, I will not rest until they're all dead, including his daughter and grandchild. I think I'm going to watch. I think I'm going yeah, like, to read a, this. Yeah. Yeah. But of course, then Connor gets to where he, Connor gets there and the wife is like, you remind me of something. Then she actually makes out with him. And when they get out, they start walking away and Bob was like, you kissed my wife. He's like, well, she's not your wife anymore, dude. And she's like, yeah, you're right about that. Oh, How's my dude. daughter? Young Connor made out with the MILF? Uh, yeah. What All a right. baller. Good. I might read that too, Connor. You little yeah. Oh, yeah. And uh, also, oh, man. Is this? Oh, yeah. Uh, Connor also, his bar gets blown up and he loses an arm. Oh. Uh, oh, yeah. The, the Dexter Jetster guy's bar. Yeah. Oh, the Dexter yeah, Jetster guy. He yeah. gets blown up. I like yeah. I like him in the first in the first volume because he's just like you got a gun back there yeah here you go yeah I got you <laughs> but if you if you shoot if you shoot anyone else you got to pay their tab it's but, on there but you guys were talking about how there's some good humor there was a one scene about the the, the four issues I read which I really thought was funny was um Boba is trying to like Boba sees Darth Vader for like a hot second but he's in storm stormtrooper armor and um vader is just like how could he's like and boba's just like lying his ass off just to get anywhere and then there's he goes into a um uh the barracks or the armory with a bunch of stormtroopers who are like having a, a fight club and this and one of the guys is like hey i know the guy who wore that armor you're not him and he's like and he yells out this order is like troopers attack formation seven and they all get into line into this like this phalanx of blasters <laughs> all aimed at boba and then boba gives like you guys do attack formation seven from grenades and he goes what panel of nothing next panel with a blaster bolt and everyone gets blown up except for boba oh yeah i see that i'm looking at that right now i might i'm like that sounds all right yeah i like it this was... just enough to, to read some more uh, does hey well real quick does the mandalorian show up at all in, in, in these two issues at all no okay cool, cool. i mean boba's a mandalorian well, I guess he wasn't in the original continuity. Not, and nope. he, and nope. his uh, wife and and his wife and Connor do wear Mandalorian armor for a hot second. Cool. So, oh, I'm glad well, you liked it, even if it wasn't the right one. I mean, I still enjoyed it. 
I mean, because when you guys were talking about it, I was like, okay, because I did read this at very obscene hours in the morning. But at the same time, I was like, this is a very, it was a fun, engaging read. I mean, I didn't think it was Tom Taylor's best work, but once again, now that I know this is earlier work, I can forgive that. But it was still a fun legend story. It's like, I, because I remember, I'm. it still harkens me back to when I used to, used to constantly shit on Boba Fett. Now I think Boba Fett is a badass character. Even in the legend stuff, he's really. Mm-hmm. I really like his legend stuff now. Even the one book, even though it was the wrong book that I read, I still think it was really cool. And I wait. So, so you've read exactly one legends thing of Boba Fett? This one, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Ben, there's yeah. literally like a, a thousand issue war of the bounty hunters series that's been going on for twenty years over at Marvel. Yo, that's that's already yeah. out, out of print. That, believe it's that? still going on forever. Why is that not over? Is it, it was over? Well, well. It is over. They're doing the they're doing the rain. The one that brings back Crimson Rain. The one that brings back Kira. Yeah. Uh, War of the Bounty Hunters is over. Um, but yeah, War of the Bounty Hunters was was printed. Only had one trade print uh, print run, and now it's completely mm-hmm. out of print because of the paper shortage. Wild. Can't even pick it up anymore. Damn. Oh, well. I mean, the event be, that happened a year ago. It'll be back. Marvel Unlimited. Sure. Well, um, that's pretty cool. I guess I like it. Yeah, the, it, this was this was brief. This was fun. I I enjoyed it. I really liked the 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 how the story played out and some of the badass moments, like with the rancor and the dragon. Yeah. Um, okay, well that'll do it. Sparks, what's your book club next week? My book club is Star Wars: The High Republic, <laughs> Volume One, Issues One through Five. Ben, The High Republic, not The High Republic Adventures. The High Republic, Issues One through Five. Uh, who? Kevin Scott and Kevin I got Scott. It. You got it. Kevin Scott, Ario, and Anandito, and Mark Morales. There you go. I mean, I have those issues, but also I have Marvel Limited. Mm-hmm. But okay, High Republic, not High Republic of Interest. Thank you for the clarification. And for those of you trade trade people, it is it is the High Republic. There is no fear. Yep. Woo! Star Wars month. Excuse me. All right. I'm actually really excited. Because I remember before the High Republic started, I was so excited, and then I abandoned ship. So I'm excited to finally dive in, see what all these crazy Wookiee Jedi are about. Um. All right. So that'll. Don't goof this up again. Don't goof up. <laughs> that'll. Um, yeah, magazine. Better, take care. We, we definitely you too, need to get better about book clubs where when we start and we're like. Yo, I feel like I'm missing something here in the story. Just ask the group because we did this with Vox Machina too. Once a year, yeah. this app like once a year this happens, and it's really funny. And you're and we're always like, were you all as confused? And it's like, when I went no, to the when I went the right to the part when I went to the place where we read these books, I typed in Boba Fett blood ties uh blood ties and that was I the knew, first thing that popped I knew, up. You, that was I knew you made this mistake because I did it too I did and too. then I, I erased it and said Star Wars blood ties yep. and then found the correct thing. Because I did the same thing and I and I look and I, I uh, always because of you Brandon because you always pick uh, post up the picture I mm-hmm. always look at the picture on the fake nerd Instagram before I read a book because I'm like is this this because I'm right. that box of mocking happens. I'm glad that's helpful for someone. It did it is. <laughs> put that nope not the right one, but I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, <laughs> put Boom. the pressure on Brandon so that every every time now he's like, is this the right picture? Is it? Save <laughs> my library. There. So that'll do it for this episode of the Fickner Podcast. Um, next week, we're going to be talking about um, a what-if scenario. Uh, what the ramifications would be uh, should Lucasfilm uh, retcon the sequel trilogy. Mm-hmm. Oh, there yep. you go. Stay tuned for that. Make sure to like this video. Make sure to... 
Keyword there being is. Yeah, we're doing a what if discussion. What if? Um, what if something what bad happens? Uh, well, that is technically the plot of every what if. Um, That's not true. Party Thor is just a good time. But then something bad happened at the end of that because the yeah, kid... but that's not what that story is about. That's what a different story is about. That's true. I hated that. Let's re... divert. But I, I hated that interview. I was like, yeah, all the what if, all the what if shows have to end with a bad thing happen because it can't be better than the MCU timeline. I'm like, you're not, wrong. Not the T'Challa Star Lord. Well, okay, fine. Yeah, ego. But yeah. Clearly, they were fine. It wasn't a big deal. Give it ten minutes, and then then it's bad. Okay. Um. So I'm just saying what the guy said. Make sure to like this video. Make sure to subscribe to this channel. You can check out all sorts of things that we put out, such as our fitness watch series, where we are currently going through. Well, I am currently going through once again with Mac, Michael Carl's the Damn Nerdy Podcast and Cookie from Just a Little Podcast will be joining us. Uh, we're going through Star Trek Discovery now that it is back from its mid-season break. Um, so stay tuned. So check that out. That'll be up soon. Star Wars Boba Fett, the Book of Boba Fett. Uh, that's uh, coming up this week. A fitness watch for that. There's a whole thing. And Peacemaker, Peacemaker's coming. We're going to record the Peacemaker one after this final episode, so stay tuned for that. And check out our Basement Arcade, our Basement Arcade series, Mortal Kombat X, a new episode I'm sure is, is upcoming. Yep. Uh, such as Basement Arcade Pause Menu, I'm sure a new episode is coming this week. Nope. I've decided it's on hiatus. Okay. Just like that. Ouch. Sorry, Ben. Okay. <laughs> that's that's what you, that's what you get when you don't edit your own shit. Uh, again, I'm kidding. <laughs> um, all right, Figner Book Club Animation Station. Check those out. Crafted by Z Mass. We've got some 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 masks still available. You can check those out in the link in the description. Our Patreon and our T Public is still a place where you can support us financially. Both those links are available below, or you can check out our website at FignerPodcast.com, where you can find links to all of our shows, all of our all of our uh, Patreon, our Patreon, our T everything's there. Um, thank you to Jeremy Bellucci. No, I mean no. yes, but thank you to, to our listeners for thank you to the people who listen to the show. Thank you to the people who watch the live stream, and thank you to the people who watch the rewind. We greatly appreciate all your support. We love you guys. Um, thank you to Jeremy Bellucci. As I mentioned before, uh, you can find him on Instagram at Jeremy Bellucci Keyboards. He does all of the music that you've heard tonight, and all the music for all of our shows. And you can find his podcast, Suburban Proctologist, at Facebook.com slash Suburban Proctologist Official or Instagram at Subproc Podcast. Of course, you can find the show on iTunes. Thank you to Mike Batola. Uh, he did he did uh, a couple of our logos. Uh, great guy. Does some great art. You can find him on TikTok and Instagram. All at Mike Batola. He's put up some very funny TikToks. Reels. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. All at Fake Nerd Podcast. Fake Nerd guys at gmail.com. If you'd like to get in touch with us personally, I'm at BT McClure on Instagram and Twitter. I also write for Screen Rant, and I'm doing uh, uh, revisiting the Infinity Saga series on Atomic Geekdom, and I'm an editor for Kaiju Ramen. Uh, ben? Uh, you can find me trying to uh, balance my life with my PlayStation 5 at BenMac27 on Instagram and Twitter. Also writing for OldSchoolGamerMagazine.com and the actual and the magazine itself. Uh, writing for GoNintendo.com once that, oh, once that starts up. And finally, Fusion Gaming Magazine. Sparks? Uh, you can find me at SparksWitty on Instagram and Twitter and only at those places because I have nothing else to contribute to society. What? You're the most important person in my life outside of my girlfriend. Wow. 
That really says more about you than it does about me. Oh, <laughs> Brian. Uh, you can find me at DJ Tony Snark everywhere because I also don't do anything because I'm lazy and you don't deserve it. <laughs> that's the that's the true answer. They don't deserve it. There you it. go. Make, earn it, bitches. <laughs> uh, subscribe Just to us on. Subscribe to my Patreon so I can call you a piece of shit. Yeah, I'll also <laughs> give you a ship in a bottle, bitch. <laughs> When you're when you reach a certain level of followers, you'll release your Ghostwriter video. I'm, I, you know what? Every day I wake up going, I'm going to work on that video, and then it doesn't happen. Hey man, take your time. Yeah, it'll happen. It's the miracle. We call it bad miracle. Childbirth? <laughs> what? I don't know. I would. I would Your actually. Check test. Bing bong. I don't know. This is fake news after dark. People, we hate childbirth. We've gone. We've gone too. I don't want to have a baby. I'm just saying. We've gone too far. Personally, <laughs> give birth. All right. Subscribe to us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, TuneIn, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music and Podcasts, and Pandora. Rate and review wherever you get us. We greatly appreciate it. Until next time you see us, stay fake nerds. Bye.